All right, we're live. Painkiller already, episode 264. We have two sponsors tonight. Our first is Dollar Shave Club. We'll be talking more about them later in the show. Shave time, shave money, Dollar Shave Club. And our second sponsor of the night is Club W. So uh, Club W is the easiest way to get great-tasting wines straight to your door. New sponsor for, uh, for us, and once again, you'll hear more about them later in the show. Awesome. Big guest tonight. We yeah. Milo, I have seen hours of you on YouTube. I, <laughs> I, so yeah, if, if people don't know who Milo is, he is like a pinch hitter special guest. This is my uh, impression of him anyway on, on these news shows. When some like fucking whale of a feminist comes on and says that my dorm room at Yale with the Steinway piano downstairs is not a safe space, they bring in Milo to harpoon her. When some feminist says that we are not making equal pay compared to guys, uh, they bring in Milo to point out her humanities degree. A modern day Ahab. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the, the best thing is um, I have I have a very young fan base uh -huh. and as a result they are the most enthusiastic like memers and photoshoppers and whatever. One of the most popular, one of the most common things they do is they do me as like Ahab on like a movie poster with a giant harpoon and this sort of huge whale and pick whatever feminist of the month it is that I destroyed like on, on Sky News <laughs> most recently. This poor little feminist in the whale's head. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's my, fa I, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a metaphor I'm very fond of. So thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I, I hear I thought it was original idea. I thought of it while driving today. Oh, I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever um, you thought of, 4chan got there first and probably six months beforehand. You're, yeah, undoubtedly. Um, <laughs> uh, so how do you like this job of yours? Like, it, 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 I don't know. Is this a good gig? I get paid to be me. I have the best job in the world. Mm. I get paid to ridicule and to humiliate the worst people on the internet. You know, the bullies and abusers, the social justice lunatics who are most guilty of all of the things they preach against. You know, they are the people who are the bigots, the bullies, the, you know, the, the harassers. They are the people who make people's lives a misery for no good reason. They are the people who come after people on the basis of skin color, sexual orientation, you know, the, fam the famed evil straight white male. Um, my job is to make these people's lives miserable because they deserve to be miserable because they are <laughs> terrible, awful, abusive, you know, dreadful people. And I get paid to do this. It's I the disagree. best job in the world. I think... I think they're wrong, but I think their heart is in the right place, no? No. Um, I, my view on this is slightly different. Uh, I mean, you can take a charitable interpretation. You can say, well, you know, social justice, isn't that a good idea? I mean, like in principle, don't we all want to be equal? Well, yes, we did. Um, and we do, of course, like everybody believes in equality of access and opportunity. Everybody believes that, you know, that everybody, regardless of skin color, sexuality, orientation, wherever you come from, whoever you are, you should have an equal, you should have equal access to all of the institutions that Western civilization has to provide, has to offer. Um, that's not what feminists want. Um, femi feminism has morphed into a sort of female chauvinism, into a sort of female supremacy that is intent on ridiculing and demeaning and belittling men. And it's also not what the Black Lives Matter movement wants. Um, you know, it isn't, it isn't interested in equality. It's interested, again, in black chauvinism. And amazingly, like mind-blowingly, it's interested in segregation. It wants black people carved off into, you know, separate dorm rooms, separate safe spaces. The KKK and Black Lives Matter don't use much of the same language, but the world they want us to get to is that different. Um, so my mission in life is to remind people that equality was a good idea 
when people were actually fighting for it. But the current generation of social justice warriors we have, in my view, are just a new generation of authoritarian bullies. In the 90s, it was perhaps the religious right who wanted to tell everybody else how to live. The people at Marilyn Manson and Brett Easton Ellis were, were annoying on a daily basis. Those were the guys, you know, who everybody likes to wind up because they were the bad guys, they were the authoritarians, they were like trying to tell everybody what a, what a morally virtuous life looked like. If you want to be a bully today, you don't join the church, you go get a job at Gawker. Um, and these people aren't virtuous, upstanding citizens. These people aren't fighting for equality or justice. These people are bullies. Okay, so there was a study that came out in 2013 that, that showed that girls got higher grades based on how attractive they are, regardless mm -hmm. of the, te the gender of the teacher, whereas with guys, how attractive they were had no impact on their grades. Yes. That doesn't imply that there's still progress to be made? Um, no, it doesn't. No, 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 not at all. I mean, it, it's it's what people don't understand about you know like women having competitive advantage for for being hot is that it's precisely that a competitive advantage. You know, if you can if you can be bothered to make yourself look good, you will get advantage in the workplace. And let's remember that you know this isn't like you know you don't get born as like some sort of hideous blue haired land whale. You choose to become that because you decided to drop out of society and you've decided to give up on beauty standards and give up on yourself and be you have such low self-esteem or you hate the world, you hate your parents so much, whatever it is, um, you've decided <laughs> to eat, to become fat, to get piercings, to get blue hair. You've decided to turn yourself into the most unattractive and repugnant specimen that you can imagine. Um, that's fine, but you don't get any of the benefits that go with looking good. Um, you know, and the difference between women and men is women can make themselves look good. Men are kind of stuck with what they have because there's a limited amount, so, you know, there's a limited amount that any of us can do. You know, we don't have the hair options, the clothes options, the, the figure options, you know, um, one of the things that my uh, female friends who work in technology always tell me is that, oh, there's all this sort of stuff about, you know, where a hot woman walks in the room and everyone's looking at her. And, you know, these crazy feminists say that this is an example of sexism. And my friends are like, are you fucking kidding me? I spend like, you know, three hours a week in the gym. And if I walk in the room, everybody's looking at me. All eyes are on me. That is the most extraordinary competitive advantage, which no man has. And it's there for the taking for any woman who chooses to, um, to take advantage of it. And it's, it's also not um, a zero-sum game. It's not something that, like, if some women have it, other women can't have it. All women can be hot if they choose to be. And if they do choose to be, every man will be like, <laughs> you know, like kind of following them around with their tongues rolling out. Um, you know, look at, the, look at the extra attention that women get when they run technology startups or indeed anything else. You know, look at any supplement where, like, you know, women, are, like, women in tech, women in politics, women in business, women get more attention attention, not less. They are immediately listened to. They get more plaudits, more platforms, more money, more special treatment. And that doesn't just go for the workplace, but right the way down to education, where there are special programs for women, programs to get women into you know, any subject you care to mention. There will be a specific grant bursary uh, scholarship for women. There's nothing for men. Um, you know, any, anything you care to mention, you know, women are, are structurally advantaged in a way that men perhaps, yes, used to be. But that has changed, and it's changed very quickly. It's changed inside a generation. It's changed inside the last 15 years. But the young men growing up today, who are younger than anybody on this, on this show, um, the young men growing up today of 20, 22 years old, do not recognize the world that feminists describe. They grow up in a world where they're put on drugs in school because they, um, they're told that you know, they should be, they're, they're, they're held up to sort of feminine behavior standards. And if they're too boisterous, they get put on Adderall. What is it, one in seven American kids on Adderall now? Why? Because teaching and behavior standards have become feminized. The exams have been changed. 
change to suit the way that women learn better, more coursework, less exams, because that's what women are good at, with the result that women are now going into university more. There are more female, uh, uh, more, female uh, more women at university, more female graduates, women get higher grades, lower attrition rates for women. You know, it, it, the, the young people, my audience, people sort of 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I mean, lots of older people read me too, but the people I really kind of work for, I guess, but are the people who are living through a society that is structurally engineered against men. And that can sound so preposterous to anybody our age, but it's reality. You're making some very strong points here. I, I, I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid. I, I, yeah, I already drank. That was great. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why Milo is however many debates he had and zero as a win-loss record. It's Yeah. yeah. I, I like no, the way I, that you I use your, your gayness as like a an invulnerability shield too where it's like if you were a straight white guy saying all this same shit going on TV you wouldn't have you wouldn't be high enough on the victimhood pole to get away with it they no, would shut you I'm down an example of why they should stop this ridiculous identity politics I'm like say, you know so you let me say this stuff and could get away with this stuff and by get away with you mean I mean like you let me tell the truth on TV because you don't let men tell the truth on TV men telling the truth on TV they lose their jobs they lose their reputations they get you know they get slaughtered um, but I'm allowed to say it why because I like dick um, like what how does this make sense? Um, and the problem that what progressives are realizing is actually maybe this identity politics thing where we give people special privileges because of what they were born as isn't all it's cracked up to be because we've got to a point in society where gays don't mind being conservative and blacks don't mind voting Republican. This isn't what we had in mind. We never imagined this was going to happen. What you know, like, I, I, you know, gays are supposed to vote for Democrats. Um, now we're at a point where, like in the UK, for example, in the last election, 50% of homosexuals said they were going to vote for the Conservative Party. And The Guardian, our left-wing newspaper, reported this statistic with horror. Um, you know, we're not supposed to go off ideological reservation, you know, we minorities. Actually, the reality is this. One, that if you get born black or gay or a woman, the dirty secret that they don't want you to know is you have a fucking ball in life. You have a passport to everything <laughs> you want. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. You can be outrageous. And I'm living proof of this. Um, and two, that um, because of that sort of privileged status, and it is like gay privilege in my case, progressives don't know how to fight you. So they've created a system which is going to destroy them. They've created a system where they privilege certain people above others on the basis of skin color, sexuality, or, uh, you know, or, or gender. And now they're realizing that those people they've put in special victim categories might turn around and, you know, horribly ungratefully, how dare they, say, you know what, I don't agree with this, well, just, um, just and start moment, to destroy them. Though, if gay rights are a top issue for you, Undoubtedly, the Democrats represent you better than the Republicans. No, gay rights aren't an issue for me at all because um, because everything that gay people wanted, they already have. And in they fact, they got this term. Well, um, obviously, I'm a Brit, so we, you know, we've had uh, civil partnership for a very long time. We had a sort of cosmetic change; it became gay marriage. I understand that it's different different in America, um, but you know, this is the inexorable flow of history is moving in that direction, and it was a conservative uh, administration in. Britain that brought in gay marriage. I can and promise you it absolutely would not have happened under a conservative administration in America. Do you know, um, I, I find it difficult to sort of buy into the victimhood culture and the grievance culture when I think about all of my American friends who are homosexuals and I ask them, well, what is it, what rights, you know, what is it that you can't do in life? What way have you been disadvantaged? Um, versus your heterosexual friends and they struggle to come up with an explanation. They struggle to come up with an answer to any of this stuff. Um, you know, the marriage thing is now rolling ahead in the US and that's great and that's wonderful. If you look in, 
look at how homosexuals are endlessly mollycoddled and pacified and sucked up to by the, by the progressive establishment and by by the media and you know and conservative media too by the way um and even you know some republican politicians fine that party may be a little bit behind you know some some other people but you know i just don't buy the argument that homosexual women or all women are some kind of oppressed class in america now i can name I th things though like it, it if you know, prior to the marriage thing um if you were gay, especially if you work for a smaller company, it was harder to include that person on your health insurance, right? They just viewed him like a girlfriend would be. Has that changed now because of marriage? Well, if you're married, yeah, then absolutely that person gets treated like a spouse. And, and you can so enroll exactly in a family plan. Yes. I don't know the intricacies of American law at this point. Um, so you're inevitably going to be able to, to suggest things to me that, that are, um, you yeah, know, great. I've got more. I could talk about taxes. I, I could talk about, of course, sure. the big well, one is hospital visitation rights. That pulls heartstrings. Well, it doesn't really affect that many gay people. I mean, how many gay people are really in a relationship for that long? Uh, you know, they'll, they'll tell you. That this, this, they're all, Dan I mean, Savage look, is in a long-term relationship. <laughs> You don't like Dan Savage? <laughs> There's one person who's done more damage to the image of gay people, aside perhaps from Lily Savage or something. It's, it's Dan Dan Savage. I, I mean, modern, awful human being. I um, like Dan Savage. Dan Sa I, I don't know anything. you do, because he's the friendly, it. lovely homosexual who makes you laugh and has nice progressive principles. And, he's, and you know, John's he's, in a long-term relationship. He's, he's your, you know, like, Dan Savage is the lovely, friendly pocket gay who's never going to step out off the ideological reservation. He has all the opinions he's supposed to have, and he beats those nasty, big, bad Republican bastards in, in debate. I'm sorry, uh -huh. Dan Savage is a sociopath. He's a nasty, cruel, hectoring <laughs> person who is incredibly vicious to gay people who don't follow his ideological Did position. you guys have a bad I'm... breakup? Is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm feeling some um, <laughs> stuff boiling up right now. I... Here's, here's my impression of Dan Savage. If people don't know, he does this uh, podcast called, is it the Savage Lovecast? Do I have it right? I don't know because I don't listen to him because okay. he's an abomination. But, I haven't listened to him um, for a long time because I don't drive what anymore. I will, what I will tell you, though, is that, you know, I don't really talk about gay issues a lot, which is, you know, why I don't know a lot about this stuff, because I don't care about it that much, because it doesn't affect that many people. What I talk about is heterosexual relationships. It's easy for journalists, and most of most of, most journalists these days write about stuff that affects them directly because they're more activists than journalists, and they, you know, brought up in this identity politics tradition. They believe that, you know, certain um, political positions should flow from who they are, and they go through a lot, you know, journalism is becoming um, you know very feminized particularly in new media um, and women are just you know paid to write about women and how awful men are these days um, I took a decision a while ago that it would be easy for me and very lucrative for me to sort of become the kind of like anti-gay gay journalist for me to be sort of the gay against gay marriage the gay who's kind of like hates something and I thought no actually I can make much more of an impact telling the truth about you know, 49% of the population who are suffering, um, and that's men. So my most of my work is actually about heterosexual men, um, not about homosexuals. I don't care that much about gays. I think gays are doing fine. Um, if there's a group in America today, you know, who <clears throat> who do deserve some attention and are owed something and have some valid grievances, it's probably blacks. Um, I don't think the right way to help them is the Black Lives Matter movement, but I think there's some there's there's some valid grievances there. I don't think gays have very much to complain about anymore, particularly not now gay marriage is sort of steamrolling through. And I especially don't believe that women have anything to complain about whatsoever in America today. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back you up big time on the, uh, on the girl the thing. Women. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you, you can fucking cry those tears all you want. I, no, no. I, I, I don't believe it. It's much easier to be a woman than it is to be a man. I, well, of course I, I, it is. Mostly. For a multitude of reasons. I, if, I, if I were a hot girl, oh my God, the things 
the you things that I could accomplish. But yeah. wait. It's like the, the Rick and Morty joke. Like, oh, he's not a hot girl. He can't just drop out of his life and set up shop in someone else's. Like, you can do that <laughs> as an attractive you woman. Laugh, you can just quit true. life and you outsource all responsibility. You laugh, but it's true. And, you know, the interesting thing is this, you know, um, women who are successful, who are making a go of their lives, who are disciplined and aspirational and uh, optimistic, um, you know, who, who look good and work hard, they don't need feminism because feminism is a philosophy for people who have lost at life. And most of the time they've lost at life through their own bad choices. Um, you know, I'm, you know I, I'm not some kind of like evil monster who doesn't believe in a safety net for people whose lives haven't worked out you know, as they were hoping. But feminism as, as it has become, moving, you know, it's moved on from a, from a philosophy about equality of opportunity and, you know, eliminating bias and sexism into, as I said earlier, sort of female chauvinism. And I don't, you know, but hold on, it, it's almost, it's almost gauche just to, for, I've never understood the women's equality movement because I don't understand why women want to step down to equality. Women already had all the power and they continue to have all the power. <laughs> to play devil's you know, advocate here, but I'm sorry to jump in, but we all fall out today, aren't we, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm too sexy. I can tell you're the problem. No, I can tell you're going <laughs> to like me. <laughs> no, 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 I adore you. <laughs> the, um, um, if you're a girl who's not really succeeded in school, right? You're 25 pounds overweight and you're trying to earn a living in this world. I yes. think if you're a dude in that same situation, there is a career in masonry for you in which you can make real money, right? You can be a lumberjack. You can take these difficult but dangerous jobs as a guy that his girls are just closed off to you. I feel like as no, a guy, that you're... Is, that's that's just, a, are, we, are, you, are we in a production-based economy anymore? Uh, I, I feel like you're inherently more valuable as a strong guy than as a well, weak girl sexist. if everything uh, else no, is put that, to you. No, you know, uh, dude, there's... valuable just by, by virtue of being a man. That's no, the kind by of virtue of being strong. Have you heard of prostitution? <laughs> some, <laughs> okay, some strong counter. that kind of thing offensive. I oh, mean, you, know, yeah, you, yeah. Should, you shouldn't make that kind of generalization. Some people <laughs> don't like that kind of thing. Dude, um, no, look, I, I mean, the fact, I, the fact is... Women suck at carrying shingles on the top of a roof, right? They're typically not good at it. My girlfriend... I don't think I was aware of just how weak women are because I don't get into the habit of like physically restraining them or. or I don't, even I don't. You should try it, it. I don't know if any. <laughs> you know, not when they're really. But but like I was I was like I was massaging my girlfriend the other night. Her muscles were really sore from working out, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, show me that." I was like, "Yeah, show me that muscle," and she's like, "Nothing. She's got nothing there. She's, she's like really a wrist skinny. all the way to her shoulder." Yeah, she's really skinny, and, and I'm just like, uh, I was oh, I was tickling her, and I like I don't know I I like. Got her in some half-ass jujitsu thing, and I've got all of her, all of her limbs controlled, but I've got a free arm, and I'm tickling her. And I'm like, she's screaming, "No, stop! No, stop!" And I'm like, "Is are, are you resisting right now?" <laughs> I was like, "Is that all you've got?" She's like, "Yeah." I think, and I think I'm holding her wrist together with one hand. She's got nothing. Yeah, I mean, well, it's look, because I the reason that it freaks people out is like, I always wonder, like when I was tickling my girlfriend or whatever when she like seems like she's genuinely freaking out like she thinks i might not stop and she might suffocate <laughs> i would always think oh that's so silly and childish but it's like if brock lesnar pinned me down and was tickling me like i wouldn't have a moment of like oh brock you silly goose it would be like you gotta stop fucking stop brock like you can kill me like i'd have such an erection um <laughs> 
Oh, you only <laughs> like black guys. Stop! Stop! <laughs> uh, the, the black thing isn't a hard and fast rule. In fact, my only hard and fast rule is hard and fast. Um, no, so I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have a specific rule on the black. No, look, if your argument uh, about women not being equal in society is that they can't be lumberjacks, I think that women are pretty much good. Uh, you you know, made it sound much... stupid. Come on, I make it sound stupid. Can I step in and just say, like, there's a perfect job for these slightly hefty dum-dums. It's called waitress. It's <laughs> you get, I, I swear, that's it. That's what the service is. But they're no but, good at it because they forget things the, the, and they get in a tizzy and if you don't tip them enough, they get really pissed. Like, women make terrible waitresses because they're so passive-aggressive. I never want a female waitress. The counter to what Kyle is saying is I feel like if you're, you know, if you're not being an engineer or doctor or whatever, right, if you're in, in one of these other jobs, what women can do is a subset of what guys can do. And no, that's I don't ridiculous. know that we need to give that's, them that's any ridiculous. I'll tell you why it's ridiculous. Go on. Um, when you look at the professions that are male-dominated and the professions that are female-dominated, the professions that are female-dominated don't require as much strength or intelligence, um, meaning that pretty much any woman can do them. And, and you know, if you look at the academic professions, you can plot majors um, by gen but, you know, gender versus IQ, right? Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an awkward graph. No one no, no, really wants to talk about it. Um, but, you know, you got up with the male-dominated uh, majors like physics physics and philosophy and astrophysics, you know, totally male-dominated. Um, all the STEM stuff is all the smart people and it's all male-dominated. The other end, nursing and, you know, health and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, look, there are some exceptions here. Women dominate biology, for instance. Women dominate veterinary medicine. Um, and, and those examples explode the claim that there is some kind of sexism in science. There isn't, because if you think there's sexism in physics, you have to explain why there isn't in biology. That's all nonsense. But the number, the, the number of jobs that women can do um, is huge, and the number of jobs that women can do and be remunerated well for without having any particular skills or aptitudes is also huge. And of course, women have the option of not working at all, um, which most men don't. Um, you know, the, 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 the reality is um, that women are systematically favored from primary school through high school through college into the workplace. And if you think that women have, you know, some kind of disadvantage because they're not physically strong enough to be lumberjacks, I'll point you to, you know, this thing called globalization. Like nobody's really doing that in America anyway in any way anymore. And in working and actually in developing economies, well, it's the gender splits that you in pointed to these... lumberjacks because there are plenty of people doing roofing and framing and masonry and Why would you want, what kind of a society wants women to be doing these jobs? We should be holding these, you know, these beautiful angels on a pedestal. Like what kind of fucked up society <laughs> wants to send women to the front lines and have them and it's funny when you say that but when you talk about like, what career kind of a options. monster are you why do you want to send your wife <laughs> on a roof where she could die equal like, opportunity look, monster women don't women don't um dominate in these professions not because they can't do it but because they don't choose to because they're dirty and they're dangerous and they're horrible look there's no there's no woman who is incapable of being a bin man right of being a trash collector you would say no woman is incapable of being a trash collector but there aren't any female trash Kyle's collectors. girlfriend is totally incapable of being a trash collector she could she can't take, she can't not, take my trash out but she's, she she's not incapable she's not incapable time. she's unwilling um, and you know that's perfectly fine because I don't want to send women to do those jobs anyway but what I would like at least is some acknowledgement of the fact that it is men who keep the world ticking over I feel like it, 
I, I, I've watched a lot of you, and you are very happy to acknowledge that there are actual differences between men and women when it works to your advantage, right? You'll say, hey, look, the reason that women aren't becoming computer programmers is that for whatever reason, women choose not to become computer programmers. It's not that we're shutting the door to them or not encouraging them yep. to, that, to do that. And I can tell you, as a, I coded for like 15 years, um, they are absolutely encouraged and supported, and they are special fucking snowflakes, even if they yes. suck at their jobs. I promise yes. you that's the truth. So I many would even admit that if it's hard to be anything in that career, it's a white man. Yeah. <laughs> so we've talked about the hiring practices at Cisco oh, and how they were, gracious. everyone there seemed like they were from fucking India. I'd go like <laughs> a decade without seeing a white guy's resume. Like, You're like, no white me. guys want to work here? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, what's interesting is we're constantly told but, that women are discriminated against in these kinds of professions. Actually, studies are coming out was, now showing very dramatic um, uh, gender bias in the opposite direction. 2015 you. Cornell where, study where, shows where that women Where I was women headed have, to, though, to, to finish my other point, is, is, yeah, is you absolutely acknowledge that there are differences between men and women when it comes to sure. things like going into engineering. But you don't yeah. seem to acknowledge that there's differences between men and women when it comes to being a bin collector. No, I do. No, I do. And it's why I don't want women on the front line. It's not just that I think it's un ungentlemanly and, you know, horrible to expect women to do that, but they're also incapable of doing that. I completely accept that. I completely accept. I don't think that any woman is incapable of being a bin man because I don't think be being a bin man, ha you know, is some kind of terrible physical thing that people couldn't train for if they didn't want to. Um, like any woman could get healthy and fit enough to do that in three months if she wanted to, if she needed a job badly enough, if she needed to feed her kids, right? And anyone who says otherwise is just lazy. But I, there are things that women can't do. Women can't be in combat units on the front line. Now, this is a huge thing that I'm going to be writing a lot about in January and February. Um, women are not well-placed on the front line in combat units. Now, I, I've done a huge amount of research that I haven't published about this yet. Um, you know, if you look, even, even in the fire service, when they have to water down the entrance, entrance requirements just so women can pass, you know, just so women can be what, we, what we're now obliged to call firefighters, um, you know, uh, I mean, the worst, worst thing in the world is you wake up and there's a smell of smoke in your nostrils because your kitchen's on fire. And, you know, you think, oh, my God, my life is over. And, it, and you think it can't get any worse. It can because when the fire engine pulls up and two, two chicks get out, you think, fuck, well, that's my house gone. You know, <laughs> right, guys, we're all alone here. It's, it's like you're it's saying it's like, like, picked but up, like lost nails on the floor instead yeah. of carrying me out. The U.S. Um, military has made good steps towards that. I, I, if I understand what they've done recently is they've taken the, the steps and they've taken the uh, physical requirements and made them job based instead of gender based. Well, yeah, but this is not this is not a good thing because what they're trying to do. What, um, so the interviews I've done suggest that the top brass in the military are um, th their incentives and their priorities are set by civilian overlords who are generally like politically correct establishment politicians who set them objectives like equality, gender diversity, like gender split, all that kind of shit. Now. Um, I'll tell you something, I can't give you too many details because this is quite a big scoop for me and I'm going to publish it in a week or two. But there's a very well-known um, female, how can I say this without giving it away? Uh, there's a very well-known, very well-publicized um, uh, female army officer um, who was famous because she passed what is widely regarded as the world's most difficult um, basic training. Except she didn't, because what happened was the instructors who timed her and failed her something like eight times said, you know what, there's no point putting this woman through this. She cannot pass this test. The instructors were sent home and the brigadiers came down from London, uh, you know, in a, a rare occasion in uniform, um, 
timed her themselves, and lo and behold, that day she passed. Um, you know, and what Good happens when you lower the requirement? Like, um, <laughs> this, this, I mean, you know, you can fill in the blanks there yourself. Why was this done? Politics, not safety, not security, not the best military thing, no, and also not. In the, it's not this this sort of thing is not in the best interests of our soldiers. When you talk to Marines. For example, the Royal Marines in, you know, for the, the uh, Navy in England, now they have the, what is widely regarded as the hardest uh, training in, in anywhere in the world, harder than anything in Israel, hard, harder than anything in the U.S. Um, when they're, sorry, sorry, guys, but it is. Ask anybody in the American military, they'll be like, yeah, the Royal Marines, okay, that is tough. Um, so they, you know, they get asked about this stuff. They have women fed into their combat units. They know when they do training, and they know also because they've been in combat in Afghanistan with women on the front line. What happens? Men die because men have to carry women over because the women get exhausted and can't deal with it. Um, you know, women are much more prone to PTSD and they suffer from it much more, uh, much more uh, acutely when they do get it. They freak out on the front lines. They are incapable of performing their physical function. So uh, here's and also heard the that uh, to do this. It causes women, or not women rather, but if they're on the front lines, at least in tests, I've heard that it makes men act in dumb ways where you know Absolutely. if it were a man who got shot yes. they would the rationally unit, think the i can't cohesion. get to him yet yeah so cohesion and morale are the two measures um you know for, for sort of combat units both of them plummet when a woman is introduced why because she starts fucking one of them um and she's having sex with one of the guys and it causes complications and problems and issues with the others um you know this is a, this is a serious thing like if you want Frontline female combat units. The only way to really do it is put all the lesbians in the one unit of their own, um, and you know keep the heterosexual women out of it. Because the it, Dyke Squad, they'd be so fucking hardcore. They would they'd not so do hardcore. well. They would. Do you know what? You could like you could call it like the Dungaree Squad or something. You know, <laughs> you know the send in the carpet munchers. <laughs> 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 you know, like, the enemy would fear that, though. To, I, I feel like to be killed by the carpet munching squad would. <laughs> you're not getting those virgins if that happens. That's got to be a great dishonor, uh, right? You're, you're getting like you're not getting 72 virgins. You're just gonna get butt fucked forever by some black guy or something. You know, like that is it. Is you're, you're going to end up in what is? Does Muslim have a hell? Yeah, they do. They have like they don't have Satan. They have Iblis. Seriously? I can't remember. Serious. Uh, so so I that. think. Yeah, I, I think there are lots of issues with the women uh, in, in combat roles. So. Let's let's say that um, let's put it in. You ever have you seen that Tom Cruise movie, The Edge of Tomorrow, where everybody's in those I've fucking seen all Tom Cruise movies, all Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> you ever notice that that his teeth don't line up? You, if if you ever notice his look at his front teeth. No, don't teeth. tell me that because I'll never it's be able to see. I'll never be able to unsee it. Yeah, no, do it, don't. do it. They're no, fucked. fuck you, fuck, fuck you. Now I'm never gonna be able to unsee it. <laughs> they're not they're, like like the middle. It, it's it's off. Did you just stop now? Stop. Yeah. That's enough. Done. All right, you have done that. All the soldiers are in those fucking exosuits, which would eliminate, you know, any uh, any strength issues. You know, you get a woman in an exosuit, lift a car up, whatever. Yeah, but, but it doesn't eliminate reflexes, and women are no good at that either. Here's what I'm thinking. I feel like we've spent million we've spent millions of years evolving to be a certain way, and, and I feel like the men of our species have certain those of us who are still here descend from a group of men who were badasses who could defend the tribe or who could go out in the forest and hunt and kill and when needed they could go to war with the with the other tribe kill them all and take their women on the other hand i don't feel like women have evolved that same sort of killer instinct that so, same sort of fight well, and no, if you're most women get the chance to procreate whereas most men don't if my understanding is correct that's exactly right. So men have to try harder, and Mother Nature knows she's got to. Uh, so the, the the politically correct way to explain this is that um, nature uh, there's a higher degree of variability in men. 
right? So sexists will say, well, men are just smarter, faster, bigger, stronger, and better. And many men are. Um, you know, the best, the best men at things are always going to be better than the best women at things, generally speaking. Hmm. Um, you know, that's that's broadly true because because for example of the way that Marie Curie just doesn't stack up with fucking Einstein, does she? Well, another win for us guys. Well, <laughs> not in a bad way, but I mean, know. she irradiated herself to death. I mean, let's not forget that. <laughs> that is a big strike against her. She might have discovered radium, but it killed her too. So. Yeah, no. Uh, the way that IQ is distributed, um, actually, the more we find out about it, the worse the picture gets for women. We used to think that um, women tend to cluster around the mean and that men have a sort of shallower distribution curve, meaning that um, there are more male geniuses, but also more male knuckle draggers. So that's why men fill prisons, but it's also why there's no female Mozart. Um, that situation has changed slightly with some of the more recent data, some of the less politically correct gerrymandered data. And now the suggestion is that there are simply a lot more smart men than there are women. Now, there's a good evolutionary reason for that. And it's exactly what you said. It's what men, uh, men don't get the, opposite, the opportunity to breed as often as women do. So they have to compete more. It's sort of men are sort of where there's greater degree of evolutionary variability, right? So there are lots of men differ more from each other than women do. I would argue that if you go, certainly anywhere in recent times, that intelligent men are not our most prolific breeders. Yes, that's true. Um, That's true. And and in fact, it's something I talked about on um, Drunken Peasants recently. Um, I have a theory. Well, it's not really my theory. It's it's a Japanese evolutionary scientist. Steal it, steal it. That's what we do on the show. Right. (laughs) Mature poets steal. It's your theory now. Whatever. Okay, it's mine now. (laughs) I've got this theory because I'm like gay and really smart that like being gay is kind of like a function of being smart. Um, no, so um, I have this theory that gay people basically are where Mother Nature makes her, you know, her experiments. We're kind of like the ultimate alpha, uber alpha males. Um, you know, we're so alpha we don't even fuck women anymore. We fuck dudes. Um, <laughs> and and this is this might explain why gays are so overrepresented in great artists, inventors, you know, military commanders, you name it. Um, we're pretty much overrepresented in all of the best classes of human. Um, there are more homosexuals than there ought to be, given the number of gays in society. Why? Because gays are where Mother Nature makes her experiments. And this is why, to go back to an earlier bit of the conversation, I find gay marriage a shame. Because it's not so much that I have a problem with equality or that I don't think gay people should be able to shack up together if they want to, but that sort of domestication of homosexuality that Christopher Hitchens used to talk about is sort of a disaster because it takes gay people out of the environments in which they are most likely to make their greatest discoveries, innovations, or creations. All of the you know greatest creative homosexual minds in history have all had dark, seedy, private lives. Alexander the Great was gay. Your present, your present guest, your present guest is no exception to this. Rule. <laughs> um, you know, and um, you know, and, and taking people out of that. I mean, you can see even even heterosexuality. Look at Steve Jobs. You know, he said that um, uh, he said that taking LSD was the most transformative experience of his life and dictated his you know all of his latest success at Apple. He came to see the entire world differently. Well, we fags do that every night, sister. Uh, you know, we're, we're on like mind-altering substances and having crazy like um, you know irresponsible experiences. You know, four nights a week, and that's what makes us great and better and create the sort of innovations that push society and culture forward. Um, so I sort of agree with that. And I sort of, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a sort of chauvinistic argument that, that, you know, not only are men better, but homosexual men are the best of all of us, um, which I'm beginning to buy into, not just because it's, you know, 
horribly and transparently self-serving, but also because no, I see the truth of it in my own life. I disagree, though. I, I think that... Uh... Woody, Woody, I thought you would be all on board, seeing as how you're at least 60%, 70% by now. So you're, you're right <laughs> up there, least. too. Uh, yeah, Milo. I have this... Are you semi-gay? Um, not in actual sexuality, but like there's the this... kind of women that he is attracted to are a little. All right, let me let me let me pull back a little. I'll give the example. We all Woody and myself and another guy went on a whitewater rafting trip. There was a guide on this trip. She was pretty and very fit. She had a six pack. Uh, Why'd you describe her as a guy? <laughs> Go on. Because Guys. she had because she had a happy trail. She had hair growing from her belly button down to her crotch like a thicket and woody was like that's that's fucking sexy that tells like me that. a girl gets down like i i, I see so. that I and i think that she will you've told me everything i need to know to in the kinks this. go on you're attracted to high t women you're attracted to women with high testosterone counts very often successful powerful strong interesting like intriguing women uh, are only like that because they're more like men uh, <laughs> because they have high testosterone counts and you'll very often see this with for example female newsreaders you know they're like very powerful um, commanding Rachel Maddow well, well but yes you know, uh, she's really pretty like you know I'm on a I'm, 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 I'm gonna need a bucket soon if you keep bringing people <laughs> up Dan Savage Rachel Maddow yeah. next year one week next you year know I like um, is it Megan um, Kelly the pretty blonde on Fox that doesn't really narrow it down uh, yeah. she's so Fox, hot Fox, she's so many hot chicks those example. She's, she's a perfect pretty. example of a very high T woman. Yeah, she's yeah. that very defined jawline. Um, and and also the you know it's not just the jawline, but also the 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 characteristics. You know the personality characteristics. So my hunch is, on based on the little that I've just heard, that you're attracted to high T women. That doesn't necessarily indicate homosexuality. He it's, likes straw jawline. He likes the happy trail, the the body hair. He likes um, he likes flat. He likes the lady. He, big boobs are not even a concern to him. He prefer them to be smaller. Um, yeah. So he, uh, you're not really interested in breeding because you're going for all of the things that don't make good mothers. You're interested in partnering. Um, so you're going for women with high testosterone counts because they're likely to sustain your interest like another dude would. Um, but you're not necessarily that interested in what kind of a mother she would be. There we go. Know, buddy, this seems like hard you. science to me. Now we got a little psychology mixed in <laughs> yeah, with the gender you know, politics. He he was really <laughs> doing well, I think, in my own uh, compared to my own introspection. But uh, except that, I really do value the mother thing. My my wife is a, I'm married for twenty years ish. Does she have the trail and the small boobs, or is she different? She has small boobs, uh, no happy trail. Yeah, trail um, has yet to been disclosed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't um, even know women. Have what if her? she does, and you just don't know it? And like she's been waxing the happy trail for years, and you have no idea. <laughs> but she's a really good mom. Like Kyle has described her as a professional homemaker, a super mom. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the way you just described it is very objective. You're kind of like going into sort of like she's a good mom because people call her a good mom because she's not no like no. Not so so his wife takes the job of homemaker to a different level. She views it at she works that job as if she has a salary and a manager looking over her shoulder. And she's she hungry for bonuses. She sounds she sounds not just perfect, but she sounds like a man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get breakfast in bed about four like times a, a week. Most recently. How much accountability does the typical homemaker really have? 
It's not the 50s anymore. You can't come home and go like, yeah, burn it again, Alice. <laughs> like, it doesn't work anymore. You got to be like, yeah, be it's better world no, no, I like it this way. Mm, <laughs> it we got to be a better world if we could, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> I want, you know, I want my husband to come home and say, I said six o'clock, bitch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dinner's cold again. <laughs> you know, like a clout round the head, bed. rip off the clothes, quick yeah. sort of angry hate sex. And then Maybe this is a good topic next. Dinner we tonight often... was followed up with homemade apple pie a la mode. We often, discuss, we often discuss whether it's correct or not to hit a woman and the situations in which it's okay to, to strike a woman. This oh, has yeah. been a, a topic some... discussion for us many times. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and so none of us think that we should be the aggressor in virtually any situation. I don't think there's anything that a woman could be able to say to me to instigate a, a, a physical reaction. Yes. However, if the woman attacks me physically, I feel like I am 100% in the right doing whatever is necessary to make the attack stop. Even if it's not with a weapon and she's doing like that windmill of, of nothing attack. I, I will, I'll take like it a step further. I would I say. punch, But I will push your ass off me and I might choke your ass. In this hypothetical situation, if she goes in to hit you. This all just sounds like sex to me and as you, a gay guy. And you're, <laughs> this all sounds like foreplay. If she goes in to hit you, right? Then you're allowed to win that fight, right? You don't have to just apply the absolute minimum force to deter the threat. No, like if she tries to knock you out, I give you permission to try to knock her out. Yeah, idealistically, yes, but I don't think you should because no one will take your side. You can't even be a gay guy like Milo and get away with that. Like, even I couldn't. Even I. I'm couldn't. discussing right and wrong. Get away with if he were black, he could. I have to. Not even then, I don't think. If she was black and he was black and he was gay, then he could beat her. Yes, <laughs> like some, yes that's true. That's true. Some that's liberal true. math. You're like progressive stacking right now. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Trend. He's three it's levels of, of, uh, up from her. She's got the one female level, but he's but he's got the gay level. He's got the black level, and he's being attacked. It's a hate crime. What she did. Yeah, no, no, true. I could like go full saw three on her ass, and like I get, like, I get out, I get away. They try to get you for domestic abuse, and you're like, oh no, this was a hate crime, you see. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I hate hate crimes. You know, I hate that. Why is it, why should it be different? If if you attack someone, it's because you hate them. If I go, if I hit someone with a wrench. If I hit a black guy with a wrench versus hitting a white guy with a wrench, I hated them both fucking equally. That's why I hit him with the wrench. I didn't attack the, the black the, guy with the wrench. That's almost inappropriate. Like, well, from a legal point of view, so it, it undermines what ought to be a core principle of our legal system, which is equality before the law. What hate crime does is it makes it more of a crime to hit me than a straight guy. Now, I'm thinking to myself, frankly, like, I'm kind of an ass. Like, it's probably quite reasonable to hit me. Like, you. why should it be more of a crime to hit me than some other poor guy? Anyway, I have two <laughs> thoughts on I have two thoughts on the on the hitting women situation. Um, one is my natural chivalry, because even though I'm a homo, i still I'm still a man, and I think yes, yeah, Dennis, that right? I can't help it. I still have. I know. Like, I just I'm trying to get it out of myself. I just can't. Um, my natural chivalry would instinctively I want to say restrain but don't hit back like even if you take a few knocks to the face like it's a woman like put up with it um, that's kind of like that's just sort of my natural instinct but then I've never had like some crazy bitch come at me with a saucepan so I don't know um, and the second I mean the second thing I would say is you're you know like don't ever I, I would just run 
If I was a man in America today or a man in Europe today, knowing what I know about how law enforcement treats these cases, and this is my, you know, like I read a lot about this and I talk to policemen off the record all the time, you know, what they're instructed to do in domestic violence cases to the men versus to the women, like it could be a man's house and he's out of there irrespective of what either of them say. If it's a domestic violence situation, the woman is just believed, full stop, no questions asked, like, until months later when it eventually comes out in court. I would say, like, if a woman, you know, it's not, it's not a natural instinct for a man. It's not your natural response. But I would say, as somebody who has heard from, because, you know, I write a lot about men's issues, so people write to me with this kind of stuff. As somebody who's heard from dozens of men who got into domestic violence situations that they did not instigate, that eventually um, involved the police, if a woman comes at you with, um, it just comes at you generally, wanting to physically attack you, the only safe recourse is to run. Because if you don't, you're the one that's going to get arrested, you're the one that's going to get charged, you're the one that's going to lose your shit, you're going to lose your kids, you're going to lose your marriage, you're going to lose everything. Um, no matter and this is why every straight white man... This is why every straight white man needs a lesbian friend. You bring her in, she whips the shit out of that bitch. That's a walks good right away. Nobody does shit. You need uh, a lesbian friend a to keep your woman in line. We finally found a use for lesbians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have done what I have been trying to do for 10 years. I'm so glad <laughs> I came on this show. We found well, a use for lesbians. There should be a Craigslist section for just that. for lesbian bullies. Or yeah, an app for that. Yeah, yeah. They're like flexing. <laughs> Aren't they terrifying? She's got, Aren't they she's got a pretty chick in a headlock, like right. fucking her. Neck tattoo, <laughs> short hair. <laughs> you see, you laugh, but what you probably don't know is that the lesbian domestic violence epidemic is one of the great untold scandals uh, of Western civilization. Nobody wants to know about this because no research is done into it because it's politically incorrect and none of the gay charities want to want, want to tell you about it because it breaks the narrative of gay people being like perfect, special, glorious snowflakes. Um, but uh, the lesbian domestic violence epidemic is an astonishing thing. I, I wrote an article about it which I very sensitively titled um, Attack of the Killer Dykes. Um, and this, <laughs> this piece was about, you know, just the sheer statistical volume of like, you know, woman on woman attacks. And I'm like, and I, so I started, I said like, you know, if you hear of a woman, you know, being kind of like beaten up, left for dead, you know, choked and, and all the rest of it, you know, in a, in, a, in a house near you, chances are it's not a new male serial killer. She probably just got into an altercation with her girlfriend over a triple word score in Scrabble because um, <laughs> the sheer volume. Is that what they do? Scrabble. Scrabble that culture. Saga. Do you have Saga in America? Like Saga cruises? It's like cruises. It's like a catalog for old people. Like you get to fifty. Uh, you get to fifty years old, and you can sign up for the Saga catalog, and it has like cheap holidays and like special offers for old people. We have Skyball. Anyway, so lesb lesbians like those, uh, like cruises, cats, knitting, um, Scrabble, um, and not having sex. Do you know about lesbian bed death? Do you know what that is? No. Oh, you know that? It doesn't sound lesbian as hot as I hope it is. You can work it out, right? It's like a great <laughs> porno. <laughs> there's not, there's not, yeah, well, yeah, it could be like, you know, like one of those, like, um, one of those snuff movies, like Lesbian Bed Death. That's what I was, I was, like I was picturing, three, yeah. That's where you went, isn't it? Um, you yeah. got like three really hot lesbians and the guy just comes in, like, fucks and stabs them at the same time. Like, I'd watch that. Um, so, yeah, Lesbian Bed Death just describes the phenomenon I was where... The match, that strap on that's a blade from the movie Seven, though. <gasps> Oh, that would be amazing. Like, if the strap-on, you just, like, sort of took the sheath off, like, the strap-on, like, the, the dildo was actually just a sheath, and it revealed this kind of, like, serrated blade. Oh. Yeah. oh. This is my vacu-lock Rambo knife. Could you guys give me a minute? Because, um, no. Uh, <laughs> this is really a turn-off for me. Like, this seems... Just... 
Yeah. Not having sex with women with a knife dildo is, is the least attractive thing I can imagine. Are you more like kind of like soft, tentative, intricate symbiosis? For fuck's sake, you don't have to be that not to like serrated knife dildos. We're talking I about actually can't. Woody is very vanilla with his dildo use. <laughs> I'm getting to the stage where I can't come sure. unless there's a gun to my yeah. head, or I've got like a knife to my throat or something, you know? Because I have like I have thug taste in boyfriends, mm -hmm. um, so like I have to, I have to have like you know he has to be calling me like a white whatever and like with a gun to my head, otherwise I find it very difficult to get off. So loaded my... or unloaded? Huh? Loaded or unloaded? Oh well, <laughs> it's only happened loaded once, and it was pretty much the hottest thing that ever happened to me. I was just I was just worrying about him slipping because I knew the yeah, there has to be a real risk. Well, this, I knew the safety was off because I looked, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, honey, this is hot, but really, like, don't fall, because <laughs> I could die. That's awful. Well, geez. Well, that took me out of my game right there. Yeah, I didn't know that we're, we're in a slightly different universe. I'm not sure how we're going to get back. <laughs> have you seen that movie, uh, Woody Seven? You know, with the with the dildo strap on and all. I, I have seen seven. That's the one where at the end there's a, a head in the box. Yes, for anyone who's never seen it before. Seen it. Well, there, that there is gigantic. Such a it's gigantic. It's like a 1999 movie. I've ruined That'd that in fewer words. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> next favorite, time, next I'm giving away the end to Gone with the Wind. What's in the box? My favorite tweet of mine ever um, was a very cruel thing to do, but I figured I'd left. I don't know what you you guys think about spoilers, like what your policy for spoilers is. But I felt that by Christmas Day, anyone who really cared about Star Wars ought to have seen it by now. <laughs> so I just tweeted in capitals: Han Solo dies. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like, How many unfollows did you get? Like. 400? <laughs> I, I went back, I went like, I went like down a whole thousand on the website. Someone um, sent me that spoiler. Uh, he had seen it on opening night and I literally saw it, the movie when it was like 36 hours old and it was spoiled for me. Yeah, that was kind yeah, of a dick yeah. move. That's funny, but that is such a spiteful, mean-spirited thing to do. Just to, to ruin their ability to see it. Mm. Just pissed away. I just think like, you know, it, it was like 10 days after the movie came out. If you really cared about it that much, you would have abandoned your family and gone to see Star Wars. You know, like if you don't care, if you don't have that kind of investment in it, then I'm sorry, but like, you know, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what yeah, to do I'll for you. Sign off on that. I, I mean, ten days. I, ten days is enough. I feel like I watched it like two uh, after the second don't day. Spoilers just mean like before it comes out. Like you don't want a spoiler like before the movie hits theaters, but once it's hit theaters, it's open season, isn't it? I mean, like, and I didn't even do that. I waited like ten days, ten days. Like, and that movie made so much money in the first week. I was like, come on, everybody who wanted to see it must have seen it by now, but apparently not. Uh, yeah. People were very four hundred people. I've seen it twice. It was literally. It was just all caps. Han Solo dies. Merry Christmas. <laughs> people got so mad about it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I, I can't co-sign on that one. I don't like it. <laughs> so I don't know if you, I don't know if you follow the Howard Stern show, but um, I think, I think these two a little bit. Do does anyone here know who Riley Martin is? He was a whack packer on the ha Howard Stern show. He's this black guy who believes he was abducted by aliens, and uh, well, he speaks like this. Um, yeah, that guy died over uh, uh, over the uh, the holiday, I guess. So they're down oh. another whack packer, and they were having this interesting discussion about how they're running out of whack packers. Yeah, move you know? over, lumberjack. There is a new most dangerous possession. 
and they had a little bit of a discussion about Perfection. why they're running out of whack packers, you know, because uh, Eric the Eric the Midget uh, he died two years ago, and then uh, oh, not Eric the Midget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric, little the Eric, you know what to do. He, this this little guy, like like all right, so he's a midget. He's in a wheelchair, and and he talks like this. And he's like a huge uh, American Idol fan, so he loved like D- uh, Deanna DeGarmo, I think her name is. She won one year, and so like they arranged for him to meet her. They have they have her come into the studio, but before they'll let him meet her, he has to agree to be measured for a real doll sex doll. And they have the representatives from Real Doll there in the studio, and find- he's like, "Now, Eric, we can get Diana DeGarmo in here right now if you'll agree to get measured." And he's like, uh, uh, "Okay." So they measured and made a sex doll. But anyway, the Whackpackers have been dying off. Wait, don't gloss over that. They made a sex doll of Eric the Midget so people could fuck Eric the Midget? I, I know they measured him for it. I don't recall if it ever went into production, but that was the intention, and it was if for a long sale, time. I want it from my room just to fuck with people. You know? It's horrifying <laughs> just, at several yeah, thousand. Maybe like a macabre <laughs> Halloween decoration. If not I want before. it to fall out of a cupboard mid-sex and for it to like, <laughs> totally fall out of this game. You know, and just be like, what the hell is that? Just like, That's oh, careful. Sorry, that can startle just... the black guy with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might be like shooting holes in my, in my sex doll. Well, they pointed out the reason for this is that nowadays there's a lot of early detection for these syndromes and, and various maladies that create a good whack packer. There just aren't as many retarded people being born anymore because they're all being aborted. And I think this is a big problem. And, and I'm starting to reverse my stance on abortion because of this. I feel like... Because you want more whack packers. Yeah, in another generation, there'll be no one to mock anymore. There'll be no one to laugh at. <laughs> what are we going to do? This is a real problem. I, I'm starting to, to reconsider this whole abortion thing. I, so you're going I, I just, pro-life. pro-life. I might have to go. Retarded people. So I, I'm, I'm for abortion in situations where it, there's rape, there's incest, or you, you, know, you just don't have time to deal with that whole baby thing. But oh, if there's something it. wrong with the kid, stop it. I, if there's just something wrong with the kid, that's not good enough. You, you should have to bring that one into the world just so the rest of us can, can have that in our lives. Because I, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to... Stern signed for five more years, and if he doesn't get somebody to, to replace these people, he's just going to be out of them. He's, he's only got so many left. There's he's a lot of handicapped people out there. He'll find someone. People are getting yeah, really boring. It's, it's not just handicappedness. There, there's, many, there's, a, there's a plethora of things that go into being a good whack packer. Right? You've you, you, you got to have some kind of physical malady. It helps if you're extremely slow. If you've got an odd voice, like, like high-pitched Eric, you know, it's a, he's a 430-pound, look up high-pitched Eric really quick. He's a 430-pound buffoon of a human being living completely on government care. He, I, they, they took his IQ once. I think he's somewhere around 85, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in there, 80, 85. Sort of in the and, feminist range. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a little high. And, yeah. and, and, he, and he's, he, his voice comes out incredibly high-pitched due to no physical malady, just because, you know, he's, he's touched. And he's because he's a retarded so, person. Yeah, retarded. And, and you laugh at him on what, the radio. What do you guys call it? Dark-sided? He's like dark-sided? I haven't you know, heard of that term. Oh, it's like a, it's like um, it's a religious. There's a very famous clip on YouTube of an American reality show. Um, it's I think it might be Wife Swap. It's like the ultimate Wife Swap episode where she comes back from the family and she's like, I "Ain't going back there. They're dark sided." Yes, she's like, yes, she's you are devils. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like really religious, but like crazy religious, like Westboro Baptist kind of like. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a great one. Yeah, that is the best one. And she, yeah, and then she's like, I ain't going back there. They're dark sided. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she's so screaming it. Like, 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 he can, when the way he said it, 
sounded okay well i guess she doesn't like those people but she's screaming this in a piercing grating ah kind of yeah, yeah. accent no, she's great that's I a great her. episode yeah her. yeah i wanted more i wanted her to get her own show like, like i would watch a show all about her it would have been the best spin-off ever that would have been fantastic you know you, hmm. one of the things that annoys me about america is you take our shows and you make them so much better I mean, like, Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. I'm a devotee of Gordon Ramsay. But the, but the Kitchen Nightmares in the UK is kind of, like, slightly genteel and a little bit sort of sympathetic and mocking and a bit subtle and slightly sarcastic. And it'll sort of do these, like, sort of funny cuts to, like, you know, people just going, mm. you know, like, a little bit funny and a little bit waspish, but not really, like, outrageous. The American one is, like, bam, 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 crazy music, like, dum, 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 dum. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What are you doing? You can't serve this. You can't serve it. This lamb is raw. You know, you just... There's you just, an exception to that rule. Yeah. Top Gear. Just, Top Gear. Yeah, the uh, the American British Top version. Oh, is yeah, so you much can't better. Beat the British version of Top Gear, but that's because it's such a quintessentially English show. Um, you know, and it's not a reality show. Reality shows are about you know crazy people being crazy, and it just they find their their highest and most perfect expression in the United States. I feel uh, like Monty Python was was way ahead of its time. It was amazing. I feel like it's on an equal playing field with uh, Saturday Night Live. I know Woody doesn't because he doesn't like that kind of humor. The Ministry of Funny Walks just doesn't do it for him for some reason. <laughs> I love that shit. Um, what a snob. What a snob. <laughs> Probably the funniest thing ever to have been committed to videotape. It's How not dead. even remotely funny. I just, like, I... I... I, I could sit there straight-faced at all of the Monty Python stuff. Even the the dead parrot? No one expects the Spanish Inquisition! <laughs> Woody's like, what the yeah. fuck is I, like, Oh my god. I it, expected it. it. It's like shitty Saturday Night Live. You know, like the, the guy who, um, <sighs> he's a knight and you cut off like one arm after another. They're essentially just telling the same joke for like 15 minutes. That well, that's, yeah, repetition is funny. Mm, it's well, that's, bad. Uh, well, that's the Holy Grail. That's just a movie they made. I yeah, that wasn't okay. from the sketch show. Okay, well, I have to ask you guys something. I've, I, and everyone, all my fans hate me for this, but hmm. um, I have, a, I have a movie much loved by geeks, much loved by pretty much everybody that I get on with, much loved by you know pretty much everyone my age, and that movie is The Princess Bride, hmm. and I think it is the biggest like sack of garbage that I have ever seen in my life. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Rob Reiner is a genius. Billy Crystal stood out to an. Oscar, Oscar-worthy percent. Uh, oh, okay, Carrie Yules is so charismatic, so witty, so funny. It's great, and uh, I can't think of the woman's name, but now she's in House of Cards, and she's still fucking gorgeous. Is so pretty in that movie. It's stunning. I'm so attracted to her. E every word that comes out of her mouth, I'm just staring at her lips, like I just want to fucking touch them. <laughs> and the story is hilarious. Andre the Giant, and I think his only acting performance, so great. Domingo, you killed my father. Prepare to die. That's so good. That's so. I I still remember that, and I watched it when I was a child. Fred Savage even is good in that movie as the little kid. Even the grandpa reading the story is great. You sir, are wrong. <laughs> well done, Kyle. Well. I, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't compete. There it that. is. Hey, now Milo is, however many debates he's had, less one. <laughs> Over Princess <laughs> first loss. I'm trying not to laugh at Billy Crystal. I didn't laugh. I, I'm, I'm doing the same thing that Woody does with, with, uh, with uh, Monty Python. That's, that was my experience with Princess Bride. You know, I just sat there and I was like, this is garbage. Mm. Um, 
Okay, well, we're going to have to disagree on that one. I just, I, f I figured, you, you, as men of, as, as discerning men of taste and uh, and uh, <laughs> experience, I thought that I would throw that out to you guys. But you guys disagree with me too, so fine. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. I love like that movie. It's I not President like it's Milo. a terrible movie, I, but it's not. It's just oh, every time I've seen it, me, I great. feel like I, I, I'm consciously trying to like it more because I know everybody else likes it so much, and I feel like but I'm I missing think, out. You know, I think the princess. But it's real Bride, middle of the road for me. Do you know maybe why I hate it? I think Princess Bride, Princess Bride is a bit like caviar. It's one of those things no one likes, but everyone says that it ha feels like they have to say they do. Um, and yes. it's one of those things that you know it's become like a thing that you have to like because everybody I does. And nobody actually really likes it. Nobody like actually enjoys it. Like if I have I to like hear the word, if I have to see the word inconceivable, like on in a forum ever again, I will literally cut myself. Inconceivable. Like, yeah, like that. Just you just, keep saying this word. I do not think you know what it means. Because you were so hot until you started all this shit. Um, <laughs> you know. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, now and now you guys are arguing over the correct wording of the <laughs> least funny and least interesting part. Um, you mentioned how attractive I was. I, I saw they put my face into that uh, like attractive meter or whatever. Did very well. So so. you so have a very cool. symmetrical face, and that's most of them. Um, so yeah, the way these things work, I I did this because I commissioned at my last my last company. I commissioned somebody to put all of the men members of One Direction through that to find out who was objectively the hottest. Um, and it lied. It said Liam. And of course, we all know that the objectively the hottest <laughs> member of One Direction is. Oh, you're so uh, right. Objectively, the hottest <laughs> member of One Direction is, of course, Zane. Um, and <laughs> it, Liam's got no talent anyway. Yeah. No, awful. And fat. Wasn't he fat? He was fat, wasn't he? He was always fat, always struggling with his weight. And it's like, how can you struggle with your weight? You're it's one of the most famous, Lewis richest in guys in the world. You can pay for any kind of trainer. You can have any food you want. You if know you what, right? Eat, if They're you want to eat like a zero-carb, like mega-protein diet and work out, you can have the most delicious zero-carb, like, you know, food in the world. You can have anything and you're still fucking fat. Um, you know, like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse whatsoever. The for excuse is those guys are not fucking. They all have those like uh, promise rings that they won't have sex or whatever. They're all virgins. Supposedly. No, that was oh, the Jonas Brothers. Oh please, they're like they're not oh, that's fucking. Right. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And no, no, no. Potatoes, no. potatoes. But some of them, some of them did have that slight aura about them, so as not to kind of disappoint the female fans. A bit like you know Britney and Justin did, and everyone. Uh, that, any of us above the age of 16 were like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I'm no, really no, no. confused but, right now. Are you saying Britney and Justin are gay? No, Britney no. Spears and Justin Timberlake were having sex. Mm -hmm. Back right. when they were parading around. Before their they were supposed to be. Oh, I follow now. I'm, I'm a little slow. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, before they were supposed to be. So, no, obviously Zayn is the most attractive member of One Direction, there, although he's not in it anymore. Um, there's absolutely no question about Such that. tragedy. Um, but I put all of them, I had my writer put all of the members through and it came up with Liam, which is just so disappointing. But your face is very symmetrical. And what you also have is the right distance between the eyes, the right like length of nose. I mean, you have a, you have a, a very, like a, a very kind of like objectively perfect face. I've got I a huge cock. I've said he has the perfect length yeah. of nose. Just, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Could you turn to the side for me? Like look the other way. No, like proper to the side, like proper profile. Oh, it's nice. It's big. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Are you Jewish? I uh, no, no, I'm not. No. no okay, fine. Well, it's fine. I am That's... circumcised, though. Nobody's perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you you have you have you have a very 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 good face algorithmically. Kyle, can you turn around? Can we see your ass? Clothed or unclothed? <laughs> I've actually got my me undies on tonight. I I think. Yeah. Oh, which color me undies do you got? I've got yeah. I got the camo ones. I think. Yeah. 
Well, this is you haven't heard of MeUndies, Milo. Oh my goodness, I did not know this was coming. Wow, okay. <laughs> so to speak. This, this, show, this show just got me got so much more interesting for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that it wasn't yeah, already yeah. lovely. So MeUndies are made with a revolutionary material named Modal. It's twice as soft oh, as Oh, I cotton. love Modal. I have, I, have, yeah. I have Modal socks. They're, they're wonderful. Like, oh, they're so good. They're so good. No, honestly, I'm... I am a Modal. Uh, I don't have Modal underwear. Um, I, I'm I'm a Modal addict. I love it. Well, you, sir, you're making good life choices. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great underwear, great nose. It's, it's been broken. In place. I, it's you know, been most broken of the things you like about him weren't life choices at all. <laughs> the nose was. The nose was. I had. I, you know, I had my nose broken once. I was like, let's make that thing nice this time around. You know. Oh, and did you have it sort of slightly differently beforehand? set? Nah, I just made sure it was straight. I was like, you know, make sure everything's straight in there and it looks good when you're done. So you and, uh, basically had a nose job? Nah, I mean, they didn't shave anything off, but they made but they, sure... But you sort of had a nose job. You sort of did. My mom gave me a nose job. Well, she didn't do it. I was at a doctor's office, but I shattered my nose, and I had one of those weird nose humps when I was a kid, and she just oh, yeah. said while I was in there, no requests for me because I was 11. She's like, you know what? While you're in there, just kind of just take care of that. Just shave it down. And so yeah. Yeah. I square uh, nose down. I should have Thanks done to my that. Mom. Woody and I have often talked about going, going and uh, getting like gr couples plastic surgeries together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Together, I get like a new chin. He gets a new nose. We walk out of there, and you know, we're like, yeah, that's pretty good, right there. Yeah, all right. You know, you get those goofy like pec implants where they basically put like cut in half grapefruit right under there, and it's just always. Oh, have you seen, have buff. you ever Googled pectoral implants? Like the oh, yeah. horror yeah, stories. they're, they're pictures. horrible looking. They're so bad because you know what it, I, I have. I think they're just designed to look good under t-shirts because they do look good under t-shirts. Because I, I know a lot of gay guys who have them in Los Angeles, and they look great under t-shirts. But as soon as the clothes come off, you're like, yeah, you know, you look like a sort of like robotic human, like cyborg kind of. Like, I saw Ugh. a guy the other day who had lost a tremendous amount of weight and then become like a bodybuilder or something like that, and yeah. his pec was really well defined. You know, there's a line there, but his nipple was underneath it. Like Ooh. underneath the line of the peg, so like his nipple should be here, but Ooh. it's here now because of all the loose skin and the That's you know. Horrible. Yeah, Did you just guys know I'm, I'm working out at the slim. moment. I'm actually working out at the moment. I'm five weeks into a new program because I'm I'm uh, just over thirty and Greek. So if I don't like sort my shit out, I'll look like a kebab shop owner in five years. You know, like I'm. Is I'm that really... the thing for Greek guys? Like, like if you yeah, were... you're like call me Kostas. Um, <laughs> you know, like it, it will not be hot. And as a gay person, you know, like looks is looks is everything, particularly when you're the girl. So um, I have to like I, I, I'm on this new program, and uh, I have like a trainer. Like I'm lifting three four times a week and doing a little bit of cardio. Like my I have this whole like my whole kitchen has been taken over with like my protein kind of like jerky and wafers and huge tubs of crap and i just get a call in the morning he's like mix a pot of the yellow crap with some milk and drink it I'm like, okay um you know and it's really working like i have arms i never had arms before like it's 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 really it's really hot free so, weights yeah. are you doing free weights nice. or machines or mostly free um like i'm doing some rowing and some lap pull downs and stuff and then the rest is mostly free weights i'm just i'm not having like a i'm just doing like gay bodybuilding so i'm not interested in any kind of like holistic health i don't care if my heart is better i just i'm just like just glamour down. muscles just yeah like Squats yeah, and kegels. Yeah. Literally just glamour muscles. So like just you know. <laughs> nobody caught that with me. <laughs> he, he said the gay workout is squats and kegels. No, <laughs> <laughs> that got by me entirely. That's funny. This is why I, this is why I sleep with black guys now, you know, because I had so much sex, like you sort of couldn't like it was just well, it was like a sausage down a corridor. Yeah, so I had the to bottom's gonna drop out sooner or later, you gotta be careful. 
Right, so I had to upgrade to you know to colored gentlemen, and now I can feel it again. No, that's not true. Um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 what? I said yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm actually I don't know what it is. It kind of seems to like after a couple, no, anyway. Um, wait, wait, are you saying yeah, white guys not... have bigger penises in your experience? This can't be true. No, that is not what he's saying. Oh, I misunderstood no. then. No, no, I was saying that I'd hit sort of exhausted. White men and S oh, I heard that as the broader over theme, but then there was sort of Upgrade. a actually no, upgraded to black guys. What was the subtlety that I missed there? You were there was like a well in reality there was. The, I don't even know if there was a subtlety. Well, I just then. think no, that it, you, was, you it was actually just pretty guys. crass and straightforward. I didn't miss it. I invented it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, so I'm very excited. Do any of you guys work out? Off and on. Been for like the last month. Need to get back okay. on it. I get on like fitness kicks where I'll uh, kind of do what you're talking about right now, like a really reg regimented diet. Um, like P90X for like four weeks and then you kind of give it up. Yeah, four or six weeks or something yeah. like that. But I've got, those are the like, fucking worst exercises. Those P90X like, where you watch that super in shape 52 year old do shit that you can't keep up with and you feel he's like a it's beast. Done. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the middle of your living room. And you just sit there and eventually you have to sit down on the sofa and you just think, I hate you too much to watch you anymore. Like, yeah. I can't do this video because you are a terrible human being. And he's smiling at you, but you know that he knows. Yeah, come on, you got it, come on. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck you, asshole. This is, we're 45 minutes in and you're still perky. Fuck you. <laughs> no. Because, and because you know, that. when that camera cut, I know that actually 24 hours passed and you went home. And, you know, I'm not home. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody they got a breather because he's got like his slaves there actually really doing the workout nonstop because he's kind of just kind of jogging in place in the background like yeah this is great <laughs> but meanwhile like they seem like they're just fitness they're, they're, they seem like athletes because they're you it they seems like an do you like the it. passive aggressive thing that he does where like they'll be on push up thirty eight of fifty and they'll like be starting to get a little weaker. And he'll like jog over, plop right down next to him, and then do like four perfect push-ups. Like, all right, keep it going. Like, you got it. But it's like, all right, you just did four, and you showed off that you could do it faster than them. But that black dude's been doing this for 40 minutes at this point. Like, and this is take break. two for this video. <laughs> yeah, this is take two. <laughs> Damn it, I've been going since 8 a.m. Yeah, uh, we got a boom in the shot. We're going to need you to run the other six miles. Like, <laughs> I, I think none of us have made fitness a real core part of our lives, but, uh, but we all try to stay in shape because we, we, we all we, have defined a get, this is completely unacceptable line and when we start yeah. threatening it we're like no gotta gotta fix I it i get really really into weightlifting every so often but mm -hmm. not i i fucking hate cardio i hate running well, no man needs to do cardio you gotta no make man needs to do cardio there's just no reason ever to do it you just eat a bit <laughs> less and do your weights like cardio is like a masochist way to burn calories there's absolutely no need just lift and Fix your diet. Um, you know, cardio is for girls. No man ever needs to go on a running machine. It's ridiculous. Like, warm up on the cross training before you start lifting, but otherwise, like, <laughs> listen to me. I've been doing this five weeks for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. I, so I would have thought you could appreciate a man with some cardio, but apparently not. That's, no, that's, I mean, that's me. stamina, but like. Stamina and cardio are pretty analogous. Do you know, frankly, like, after the first 20 minutes, it's kind of, it kind of gets dull. <laughs> it's like, I have my fun, like, I don't want to get into too graphic detail because I'm sure none oh, of you Oh, heaven forbid. This, but, um, <laughs> you know, like I have my fun and then it's kind of like, all right, flip over my turn. And then like after 20 minutes, you're just kind of like, I just kind of want to check Twitter. <laughs> See, it's interesting you said flip over my turn. It only takes because... so much butt fucking. <laughs> well, I don't want, like, you know, he's just like, he's still pounding away and I'm like, dude, I'm kind of done. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've always heard gay sex defined as like, you know, you have a pitcher and a catcher on this thing, right? Yeah. And, and hypothetically gay me would expect both. Is that not that okay? Thing? So I'm just the girl. I, I only do the catching. Yeah, it just depends yeah. if you're a top, a bottom, or versatile. Of course, there's then, then there's twinks and twanks. But wait, pitching has no appeal to you? Why do you miss so much of this? Yeah. <laughs> I watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, you do? There was a whole skit about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that they were like that. It was common to only perform one of those roles. I thought it was just like Woody was saying, like everybody kind of does everything. Oh no! The reason that you think that is because gay people always lie about it. Um, so if you ever ask a gay person, they'll be like, "Oh no, I'm versatile." Uh, <laughs> it's like the <laughs> campiest, lispiest little like twink. You're like, you're "Yeah, like, oh. I bet you could sling some dick." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, I'm really versatile." <laughs> it's like, shut the fuck. <laughs> yeah, the only the only thing you've ever seen is the pillow. Um, yeah, so the reason you think that is all gay people are liars. Um, you know, it's it in in most cases it's like ninety to ninety seven percent one or the other. Yeah. Wow. I can't relate to being the catcher. I, I feel like um, that would be something. Look, not everything you do during sex is your favorite thing. That would be the thing that I would put up with in exchange for getting to be the pitcher. Well, well, see, I, I think you're looking at it wrong. You're, you're not looking at it as a sense of pleasure. You, you think of it more like getting a blowjob, maybe. Well, you That's know, because totally there's, there's a huge cluster of nerves up there. You know, Mother Nature designed men to be fucked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's the, the, the prostate gland, that huge concentration of nerve endings up there. You know, you will never feel anything quite so, like, preternaturally, like, spine-tinglingly pleasurable as having a dick up your ass. You, I, I urge you all to try it at some point in your lives. Um, just, just, it's just basic. It's basic. <laughs> <laughs> it's basic biology. I mean, you know, you're never going to feel anything quite like it. Um, and, but no, but I get it. But I'm interested in what, if you, you said that, like, there's things in sex you don't particularly enjoy doing, um, in which case you should probably not be doing them. What are they? Oh, um, well, this is more a line that I give to get the things I want. Uh, you know, Eating, strangulation. Well, okay, here, I'll say this. Missionary is not my favorite position, but I, it's, it's my wife's. I see. We do I that. See. Why? Because you know what? I don't get to just do my favorite things. Okay, I, only, I get to do all my favorite things because my favorite things are like, you know, sucking dick yeah. and putting it. So. And there's a huge chasm of difference between, you know, oh, I have missionary, which isn't my favorite, but it's okay, and just taking it up the ass <laughs> as some sort of weird concession so that you, you say can tomato, up I the say ass tomato. Later. <laughs> yeah. No, taking it up the ass is way easier. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything if you don't want to. Just like. <laughs> well, I hope there's some preparation involved first, but, but other well, than that, I suppose. Probably like some enemas. More of a weight game. Most well-groomed gentlemen will make sure that the situation down there is good. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst. You don't want any poop dick going on. I, I, I've, I've, um, I've, I've, I find that to be repugnant. If there's, have if you, there's any <laughs> shit on my dick. Have you had that with girls? What's that? Have you had that with girls? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have had that happen. Let's see. I've definitely had a girl squirt on me before. Like, like on top of me, and she just like squirted all over me which i recently i think that's just urine it has been determined that it is urine but it's got more of um like women have a have a the, the female version of a prostate gland i can't think of the the medical name for it but apparently that goes into overtime during sex and it okay. extracts a lot of this other chemical into the bladder and the bladder rapidly fills but yes it is mostly urine um so the that's whole idea right. of like female squirting being analogous to uh, male ejaculation. Uh, male ejaculation is just way off. The female ejaculation is more is that white creamy stuff. It's that's, like that, incontinence. 
yeah yeah it's more <laughs> like in con and, and i didn't mind at all i was i, I was like well that's a, that, nothing that's a she that's thumbs up that's two thumbs up from her that's what that is well, like, <laughs> your I, bed no it was a hotel bed oh, no. but i've uh just didn't give a fuck <laughs> yeah, i don't care um but but yeah I mean, that doesn't sound great i'll be honest um, to me, it was like, have you ever played a slot machine and you get yeah. triple cherries and it, everything goes crazy? Ding, 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 ding. And like, you know, money's pouring everywhere. That's what it was. It, it was like, hell yeah, that's a jackpot right there. I nailed it. I see. You know, I, see. I, I, felt, I, I felt like that was a compliment. I was, I was very happy that I made her achieve that. It was that. sort of a moment of achievement. And that was from a poop dick experience. That that no, that was not from a poop dick experience. Um, um, that, what I just mentioned is, is kind of a, a sexy surprise that I was happy with. But the sexy surprise that I'm never happy with is if there's like shit on my dick. Because I don't yeah. want any shit on my dick. I would, much, I would prefer blood on my dick to shit on my dick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I, most people would. Yeah, I've had the blood. Um, but I don't, want the, I don't want the shit. It's, it's just... How did you handle the it's shit? Uh, how did you lurk your way out of that situation? Oh, I'm like, so polite. I'm so polite. I would never even mention that it happened. Um, I, I'm always hoping that she didn't even mention it happened. And I'm just, you know, getting the condom off and, like, cleaning up and walking away so that, like, she can keep her dignity. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, you shit all over me, bitch. You know, nobody <laughs> wants that. We're not getting around to that. She needs to know if she that. doesn't know because she needs to, like, wipe herself and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just transition That's... it into, like, some shower fun. Where it's like, oh, you know, some old spice. Yeah, but you know, that's never, there's no subtle way to do that. It's like, I just, I just did you up the ass and now like I'm leading you to the shower. Ooh, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's, there isn't a nice way to do that. Yeah, yeah. I was, the, um, the best thing I think is just to have a discussion with your partner beforehand, especially if they don't know much about anal sex and, and educate and link them maybe to an article that will educate them. That way you don't have to have that awkward thing like, no, you want to really use that enema good until eh, nothing comes out, you know? I don't this know. is this is a great conversation. I'm happy about this, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of a tame show for us. We usually <laughs> naked by now or, or something like that. Oh, really? Pants. You get naked? Yeah, yeah, we, it's a uh, we we upload yeah. RedTube and YouTube. Uh, we, we put the censored. Well, why version. you want best behavior for me? That's very disappointing. You know, they, we are actually on Pornhub. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, we had. You guys are on Pornhub? How did I not know this? We had we, uh, we had a porn star as our guest. Her name was Ariel something. Do you remember her last name? Aria Aspen. Aria Aspen. All right, Aria Aspen was on the show, and okay. uh, and for whatever reason, a, a fan or somebody just took it and uploaded it to Pornhub. So yeah, it's I'm kind of a big deal. Sort of really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had heard of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh, hey, you know, I've been—I've I, two topics I've been—I meaning to ask you. I'll start with one. Who do you like for American president? Trump, obviously. No, I—I've I, had a thing about Trump. It—the people who are voting for Trump are dumb. Right, objectively. Nope. Well, hold nope. on, hold on. The hold numbers, on. the numbers say you're wrong. I let you go for a long time. The numbers say you're wrong. Um, the, 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 the least educated people are going for Trump. Nope. Uh, where are you getting your numbers? Washington Post. Washington Post. Pocket. Liberal rag. Here, let, oh, let, please. <laughs> it is. No, though. no, no. All, all the studies are saying is that the stereotype of Trump supporters does not hold. He's disproportionately popular with women, with ethnic minorities. Blacks love Trump. Um, you know, it's not the it's not the stereotypical angry white male everybody thinks it is. Um, and actually, with uh, co college educated women, love Trump. 
Um, you know, there's so many do there's dozens and dozens of polls. I'm, not I'm gonna be able on to the Washington Post right now, and their article is titled, Donald Trump's surge is all about less educated Americans. How did this come to be? It has to do with education. His support is uh, strongest with Republicans in the Midwest, conservatives across the country who do not have a college degree. And those who report yeah. legit, uh, negative views of immigration and Mexican immigrants in particular. Now, hold on. And where is this If from? I go to a restaurant and everybody there is fat, then I think less of that restaurant. I think, why am, what am I doing here? This is where fat people go to eat. Oh, if I am small. voting for a presidential candidate and everyone who's also voting and everyone who is also voting for this restaurant and i think the food here must be fucking great all right if i go to if i if i'm picking a presidential candidate and all the people who agree with me are dumb then i start to second guess my presidential candidate but for some reason in politics if you're like highly educated that's a negative that's a, a thing that, you know, no, if you're highly the, the educated, elite. it's a negative in life generally. Look at where the highly educated people have got us. Look at the media. Look at academia. Look at the entertainment industry. Look at politicians. Look at the, look at the, like, the D.C. circuit. These are supposedly the smartest people in the country, and they have fucked up. They have completely they led run the world. The they have country. invented the life-saving drugs. They have invented the man-killing No, no, weapons. we're not talking about scientists. We're talking They're about They're highly people. educated. We're talking about people on Capitol Hill. We're talking about people in newspapers. These are some of the dumbest people in the world. We're talking about like, the voter base. The, the, the highly educated people are okay. getting. So what the what, what the, what the, the Trump, what the Trump statistics say is yes, there is a significant base of support from um, you know people without college educations. But in addition to that, there are huge swathes of highly educated and unusual dem um, demographic slices that are uh, coming over to Trump in their droves, including women. Um, you know and. What, look, I think the Trump project is so crucial and so important, so absolutely essential to America's future political health. Um, the precisely... Trump supporters are the they took our jobs guys from South Park. See, I feel like this, it's like a you mischaracterization. That like it, that's Even... almost like saying that, uh, oh, you know, all these Trump supporters, they're just uneducated idiots, you know, lump them all together. Meanwhile, you can't say all these Bernie Sanders supporters are largely young people who don't have a ton of real world experience. Like, that's not a fair accusation against that big group I of fans. It it's is. not fair and, to do it and the you other know what? way. And you know what? But not this, to write off like, everything they the say. Trump supporters are like, these guys took our jobs. Those people are right. They're right. That's exactly what has happened. Their wages have been pushed down by immigration. Um, you know, there are problems in communities. We're importing crimes that we never even heard of Their before. Their wages are pushed down by globalization, like, not immigration. Sorry? Their wages have been pushed down by globalization and automation, not immigration. Well, actually, all of those things. Uh, all of those things. You know, the, the Silicon Valley is not the friend of the working classes. Global, you know, globalization is not the friend of the working classes, but neither is immigration either. Um, and those people who say, or those people <clears throat> are expressing frustration that their wages are going down, that they're losing their jobs, that people are coming over, you know, and finally, darker skin color, who cares? Um, you know, who are prepared to work for less than they are uh, because they don't have families to support. Those people are right. That is exactly what has happened to the working class in America. These people are correct. So you can say, you know, oh, these are the, these took the, you know, the, the guy, these guys took our jobs brigade. Well, yeah, some of them are, and they're right. Eh, I, I don't completely disagree with you, actually, but I, I will say this: I, you pointed to the working class jobs in particular. My exposure is it definitely is happening at the white class level in the tech sector. Yes, it is as well, and that's interestingly why uh, you know so many Trump supporters, very vocal Trump supporters, 
are um, from what you might call the sort of cultural libertarian, dissident, college-educated, internet-savvy, millenn- like millennial generation, the people who hate other millennials, the disaffected liberals that like me, for instance, right? Um, you know, that sort of 30 to 40% of society who are like, I am so tired of being told what to do. I am so tired of the nannying, hectoring, pearl-clutching, limp-wristed liberal losers who have destroyed this country, who have taken it away from all the stuff that I believe in, who are encroaching on my free speech, you know, who are telling me the acceptable limits of thought and speech, uh, you know, crushing the Overton window and shoving it to the shoving it to the far left, you know, who have ruined this country. Um, those people, I think, and it's kind of like what your your sort of the way you framed this and the sort of like, if you'll forgive me for saying this, the snobbery that kind of like immediately came out of you when <laughs> you started talking about the people who uh, are going to go vote for Trump Almost reminds stars. me of reminds me of the way that people talk about men's rights activists um, and that men's right, rights activists very often are rough around the edges very often are you know not camera ready let's say um, they're not you know they're not the most articulate um, you know uh, not the most predictable not the most you know uh, socially adept people but you know what their arguments are right they're right about everything they are right about feminism they are right about the way that society is structured against men and not just the 20 year old stuff but the unfairness built into divorce built into child support built into you know the the domestic violence laws that we were talking about earlier i can't think of unfairness a is not built into child support by the way say again unfairness is not built into child support by the way well we can argue about that but um you know from from my point of view you know uh, men's you can you can you can be a snob about men's rights activists because you find them gauche but I can't think of a serious argument that men's rights activists make which doesn't at least have merit and is not at least worthy of discussion. I happen to think they're mostly right about most things. Um, I think much of the same thing is going on with Trump's, Trump voters. They might not be the people that you want to hang out with at the weekends. They might not be the people that you want to invite into your home and have dinner parties with. But they're not wrong about much. Hmm. Uh, on the child support thing, at least in North Carolina, that's done with a chart. They just look at his income and her income and the um, you know, where, where the kids go and apply that. It, it, I think no, it varies around the no world. gender uh, in, in that calculation. It's there's a chart. It's income. It's whatever number of kids. I don't know enough to talk about, you know, yeah. state to state in America. Fair I know, enough. For example, Fair enough. That, I know, for example, in England that it's horrific. Um, and certainly the divorce <laughs> laws are insane and domestic violence, that the the praxis of domestic violence law, if not the legislation itself, is completely insane. Um, the, so you the, know, the most, fact that most of what these guys talk about is reasonable. It, globalization and automation has crushed low-skilled jobs because you can take those things and either automate them or put them into a place where people will work cheaper. Uh, yes. The... The typical protectionist policies that you see saying, hey, minimum wage should be $15 an hour is uh, it's going to be coupled well, with makes shipping jobs poorer. somewhere else. We, we know, you know, any any educated person knows from from economics that, that you know, like rent control, which doesn't work, uh, the minimum wage makes people poorer. But you don't have to be a protectionist to believe that if there's no need to let in massive numbers of unskilled people who don't offer anything to the economy other than cheaper labor for jobs that are already be done, being done by the working class white people, you don't have to be a protectionist or a racist to say, no, thanks, I don't want that. You don't have to be a racist or a protectionist to say, do you know what, if we've got the choice, like if we can pick anyone in the world, and as Americans, you can, because there is one country in the world that everybody everywhere wants to go to, and it is America. If we can pick everywhere, why wouldn't you just pick the best? Work out like Australia does, have a point system, like look at your country and say, right, we need doctors, we need plumbers, and we need lorry drivers. 
So we're going to go get those. And we're going to get them from anywhere. We're going to get the best skilled people from wherever we can find them for those jobs in the economy that need doing that we can't fill ourselves. Could even be Silicon Valley. Now, there's, so people have, um, you know, the I'm H1B you, in visa. The, in the tech sector, that's abused. I think that's where you were headed. Right. I mean, like, you know, the H-1B visa is very controversial because companies bring in people who maybe, you know, shouldn't be on that particular visa, whatever. So Silicon Valley is a, is a specific case, but they don't really employ that many people anyway. Um, you know, it's a very it's a very low number of people for the sorts of figures and, so, you know, involved in, in you know, for, the, for the, the amount of money flowing around there. It's not it doesn't have a huge impact on employment in the, you know, in, in the in the country at large. But they're alpha jobs, so it really matters, you know, like it. it so I live in an area <laughs> called Research Triangle Park in North Carolina. And what they've done is they, they've taken this big spot of land, I think it's like 500,000 acres, and they said <laughs> the zoning for this area is privileged to favor tech and bioscience companies, right? Pharmaceutical companies, IBM, Cisco, things mm -hmm. like that. And then what happened is when they brought those, what I'm calling alpha jobs in, the doctors, the engineers, the scientists, et cetera, each one of those created half a dozen beta jobs, the waitresses, the housekeepers, uh, et cetera. I don't know if that's a that's got to be like an omega job, right? Waitress? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think waitress is very high on the 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 imaginary totem pole of jobs. Yeah, that that's I, why I call it a fish. beta job. No, oh, no it's I, not. And you know, and in real terms, I, I from the point of view of the Trump, from yeah. the point of view of the Trump Delta voters, job, that, you know, at least. Okay. Trump voters that um, that you don't want to have dinner with. Um, that's not job creation because the jobs don't go to them. The jobs go to Mexicans. The jobs go to other people, right? Um, so from an American's point of view, there's no benefit to me as a working class white American having, you know, a Silicon Park next to me because all of the cheapest jobs aren't going to go to me. They're going to go to immigrants. Um, and I'm not educated enough and don't have access to the education system to um, get myself into a position where I can have a decent job there. That park doesn't help me. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know what the solution it doesn't, is. It doesn't make my taxes lower. It doesn't make my wages higher. It doesn't give me any uh, greater pro realistic prospect of employment. That park, in fact, probably is a net negative for the area. It doesn't help you. It helps it me, will price right? Me out if, of, if my roof gets if, shingled cheaper, then... Yeah, but it won't because that's not what sure? happens. When you have these hubs, people get priced out of the surrounding areas because the employees in those hubs want to live where you live now. So there's gentrification. This is ba very, very basic. I fucking love planning, gentrification. Right? gentrification. I don't know the, a counter argument for it. Gentrification is glorious. Oh, you take neighborhoods and make them nice? This is like the, the gay person playbook. Yeah, yeah, like my fellow homosexuals do this, but it's also it's also kind of like class cleansing because what happens is you take poor areas where people could previously afford to live in cities and you throw them out into the suburbs and then when the suburbs are full, you throw them out into other cities. You are shoving poor people who cannot afford to live in the areas that you have decided ought to be nice. Now because I'm getting an erection. Because you've bought a lovely new science car. Well, do you know what? Like, I'm I'm gonna lose I'm gonna lose my Republican like membership card for this. I'm sure. But you know, but but following your argument to its logical conclusion is not a good thing for the for the working class Americans that you hate so much. And um, you know, and, and you can't define me like that. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I've been every time I said it until you objected. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. On the barbecue thing, he's really mischaracterized me here. But I'll, I'll let it go. Get to me hating white. white people. Well, I was I was. Teasing it up every time I invoke them to see what I, you would I follow. Uh -huh. um, uh, you know, the, the, for, for those people, none of the things you're describing um, are at all helpful. They're actually really counterproductive and and destructive. And those people who don't have control over over um, automation and don't have control over globalization do have control over immigration because they can vote for a candidate who doesn't want it. And that's what they're expressing in this election. Did you watch the most recent uh, season of South Park? I have been. 
I've been uh, uh, getting some of them. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen I've seen the safe space one, and I saw the opening, and I saw a couple of the others. Yeah, there's yeah. there's one that's very the gent there's a lot of talk of gentrification, and in particular, they they do what you said. They go into to, so Kenny obviously is the poorest guy in town, uh, second to to Cartman or. Uh, Cartman's the second poorest, it turned out. But anyway, they, uh, they changed Kenny's uh, neighborhood to Soto Sopa. And uh, they had the villa. <laughs> so they build like this nice district around his shitty house. And like above yeah. it, they have the villas at Kenny's house. And it's all this high, yeah. high end uh, real estate and stuff. That, yeah. yeah. That's, and like two episodes later, it goes back and shows it. And it's just a run, shambling ruin apart. Again because it's yeah. not yeah. sustainable. No, this, if you go yeah, to Denver, is... it's, it's like that. If you go to downtown Denver, especially those more liberal cities, you'll see those goofy named little sections of the town that suddenly a ton of rich hipsters move in and price everybody else out of there. And you know, it's not just about not being able to afford your own home anymore, it's also like a Whole Foods opens and you can't afford to eat there. You know, like you can't, like most, peop most people cannot buy their food from Whole Foods, you know? Not, a, not every meal, no, it'd get very expensive, yeah. I mean like, I could do it, but I would really notice the difference, you know, and I earn a lot of money, like I'm ridiculously overpaid. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I, 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 We can I relate. Would, <laughs> That's... No, okay. You guys, you guys are doing good too. Um, and like, if I if I did my entire food shop at Whole Foods, I would notice the difference every month. You know, like I really would. It's a lot of money for like only slightly better food. Um, but you know, people people cannot afford to be where they are. Um, so yeah, look, I, I have a, I'm a, I'm I think the reason I'm fighting you on this so strongly is that I most of the people I write for are in that situation in life. Right. There's an issue with those people that you write for. I, I feel like, it, so I graduated high school for perspective in 1991. And mm -hmm. if you were to talk to my class, every fucking one of them thought they were going to be millionaires. All of them. Like it was a standard thing. You know, even the guys who barely got out of high school were like, oh no, I'm going to be the next, you know, big chef in an Atlantic City hotel. And mm -hmm. that was their plan. Every one of them just had high hopes. Now, it feels like so many of the young people buy into this narrative that's been put out for like Bernie Sanders election campaign that they can't get a fair shake in life, that regardless of what they do, the deck is stacked against them and their success in life is not at all related to what they put into it, to their education, to their achievement yep. level, to their whatever natural abilities that, that like, oh no, the door's closed. There are no more successful people graduating high school and college right now. You're just fucked. And I don't like the defeatist attitude and I, I agree know. with you I agree with you on that and you won't find anyone who hates victimhood and grievance culture and defeatism more than me mm. um, you know this is my entire career is fighting these things right I hate them too but there are some respects in which those people are right <laughs> you know there are you know young boys for example are systematically discriminated against and however hard they work if there's a woman who is as good as them the woman will get the job now that is just a fact of the jobs market it's a fact of the education system so these people do have some valid grievances um, and I suppose I've always thought like journalism is supposed to be about sticking up for the voiceless um, you know and speaking truth to power and the way I see it at the moment um, you know the sort of entrenched liberal establishment is the power um, and young people struggling to find their way in the world who are constantly derided and told that there is something defective about them not just you know morally defective about them simply because they were born straight and white and male um, you know these are the messages that we're sending to people is it any wonder they're defeatist about life I've when always they get... had objected to the Republican victimhood 
<clears throat> you know, you've got the number no, one no, no, news station in the planet I'm talking, mostly talking about, about how the other news stations are the mainstream one. You're the mainstream one, motherfucker. No, you're no, no, dominating I'm not, this I'm not, cycle. I'm not talking about politics. You're mm -hmm. you're you're unfairly characterizing what I'm saying because oh. you're hearing something I'm not saying. Well, what, uh, good for the goose, good for the gander. No, no, you're hearing you're hearing, <laughs> you're hearing something I'm not saying. Most of my readers are disaffected liberals. They're not conservatives at all. Um, I did a poll, and you know, like the people who could reasonably be called Republican represented about 12% of my readers. Uh, the majority of my readers are disaffected liberals who think they have been, been uh, let down by their own people. Um, and these guys, you know, with some justification, um, have, they, they, have, they, they haven't just... I think there's a difference between the victimhood and grievance culture and thinking, whatever I do, I'm never going to be good enough and I should, like, use victimhood as currency instead because I'll never make anything of my life, which is the route to feminism. Um, and... Somebody who looks out and makes a fact-based assessment of their prospects and realizes that they're fucked. Um, <laughs> and that is a situation that a lot of young men are in today. I disagree. I, I, I feel like that situation you described is, again, using victimhood as currency. It, it, it is you know, another thing that, that I see too much is using uh, being offended as a position of strength. But, um, no, no, but I'm talking the opposite. These are people who hate offense culture, who hate grievance, who hate, you know, victimhood. None of these people, these people like are screaming against this stuff all day, every day on Twitter. They don't, con they don't consider themselves victims. Um, they just, I, I they're just like realistic. You tell about them, the fact dude, the is fucking buckle down and achieve. Uh, they'll say, oh, no, you just clearly don't understand. You're out of touch with what's going on today. No, I, I don't think so. The, 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 you know, my, my fan base isn't like that at all. Uh, and, and one of the reasons um, I was I was talking the other day to on, on just a kind of like silly, lazy, like late night live stream with a, with a YouTuber about this. And it's sort of becoming a thing. And I'm sort of I'm sort of breaking this on your on your podcast, um, although I'll announce it properly in two weeks. But um, I'm going to be doing like a scholarship fund for precisely the kind of people we've been talking about. Uh, Whites only. Whites uh, only. Well, it's only I mean, men. It's, it's actually it is aimed at the aimed at the much maligned straight white male because they are the people who are falling behind in education. Um, look at all the statistics. It is young poor white boys who are suffering the most, who aren't getting into college, who are falling behind in school, who aren't going you know aren't going on to university partly as a result of um, you know, lack of confidence partly as a result of the fact they have no support networks whatsoever. They're constantly, um, you know, they're whacked on Ritalin if they're boisterous in the playground. They don't get into college because women are favored, not just with financial help, but with more encouragement and more programs. So, yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm setting it up myself and I've reached out to a couple of, you know, of rich friends who are on board with this. And so, we, you know, we, we've got a reasonably large amount of money um, to you know, the, the difference between a young kid who doesn't have a lot of money going to college and not going to college isn't like twenty or fifty thousand dollars. It's when you look at the finances of a family trying to send a kid to school, it's more like two or four thousand dollars, right? Because most of the stuff is loans. You know, although it can be very intimidating for somebody who doesn't have a lot of money to take on that kind of financial burden, the the real stick sticking point, like the, what what makes them turn down their offers, is often. $1,900 or $2,200, right? So we want to give out like between two and a half and $5,000 to precisely this kind of kid, like very promising young boys who are being systematically discriminated against by the education system um, to try and like level the playing field. And How are you, you know, going to choose the individual people? Yeah, no the application process. Oh, we'll do it. <laughs> like, you want some money, man? Um, we're going to do a combination of like uh, video essays and I mean, these days everyone has YouTube, everyone has 
has you know all this kind of stuff. So we'll do video essays and we'll do an application essay. We'll obviously look into them all properly, make sure they are enrolled. Um, the the really smart, clever way to do this is to not take freshmen, so that you know that you can confirm that they're enrolled at the university. But of course, it's precisely people trying to get to be freshmen that we need to serve. So we'll have to do some background checking, make sure they're enrolled in the school that they are, and check all the documents and everything. Do the best you can. We'll get a couple of couple of you know things will slip through the net I'm sure but the idea of this is you know you can help a lot of people and transform their entire lives with not very much money you know say for example I managed to put together 50k a year yeah and that figure will grow over time we launch a 50k a year um, and we give like two and a half thousand dollars to a boy who wouldn't be able to go otherwise and and we give him a mentor network, right? He wants to be a journalist. We've got four journalists who he can pick up the phone to if he wants to. Um, or he wants to be a scientist. We've got like Brendan Ike, you know, who got kicked out of Mozilla for having the wrong opinions, who sympathizes with his position when he says, you know, I felt like my teachers were kind of like giving me a hard time just for being a Duke. Um, or we've got, I mean, Brendan is not on board, so I don't want to speak for him, but I'll certainly be reaching out to him. And if he's watching, please do come and join us. Um, you know, or, you know, if, if um, you know, if he wants to be a scientist, you know, he could, somebody like Matt Taylor, you know, the guy who landed a probe on a comment, all feminists wanted to talk about was a stupid shirt. People that they will have heard of that they'll be looking up to and relating to, you know, they can just pick up the phone. He's like, how the fuck would I ever get to this guy otherwise? You know, we'll start off with like, 20 a year and if it gets really big I'll have to hand it off to somebody else to, to run it because it's not my job and it's not what I'd be best at but you know this is something I've thought about enough to be that far down the road with this kind of project um, because what all of the what all of the studies all of the research all of the facts tell us is that it is young poor straight white well not straight necessarily but young poor white boys who are suffering the most in America suffering in the UK they have the worst educational prospects of any demographic group anywhere why because they have because they are born with disadvantages as a result of their skin color because they and their and their station in life and you know rather than ascribing to them a sort of you know victimhood um attitude which i don't find that they have actually um what i would rather do is say to them well you know what get yourself into a good college like you go and do it then you come to us you say here's what i want to be here's why you should bet on me and we'll make sure that you, you know, we'll make sure that you don't have to turn that down that college place because you don't have a thousand dollars. One thing, just to like harken back to what you said about the male right or men's rights activists, that I think is a bit of a turnoff. That I just thought about now. Like I don't know enough about them, but what you were saying as far as like your audience, they don't adopt that victimhood cape and hide behind it constantly. They don't. They don't. Uh, the brief men's thing I have read from the male rights activists, it's like it's turning, it's off turning because it's not like, hey, take a look at our problems here. We have. It seems to be a constant just angry berating of like, oh, women, they have it so fucking easy. You know who really needs the help? These true victims. And it's like a no I think true you're right about that. fallacy. I think there's a lot of bitterness. And it's almost yes. like feminism reflected in a mirror, you know? And so there's a, you know, where the problems that I have with feminism, like the sort of female chauvinism, female supremacy, the sociopathy and the victimhood and grievance culture and the offense taking, a lot of the men's rights movement seems to be that in, in reverse but just from the other from the other sex's point of view, and I don't have much time for that. Um, you know, I don't have much sympathy for that. Um, I do, however, see pockets of you know gr pockets, little communities here and there, and pockets of resistance against what is a very unfair. Of an unfair environment in the media. It is a horrible thing to be a man, and you know, to be a man covered by any news right now. You know, if you ever get in trouble for anything you say, like you crack a 
the wrong joke or you support the wrong political candidate, you could get fucked. And you know, you, and why? Because you were born with the wrong skin color. Because they won't do it to a black guy, but they'll do it to the white guy. That is racism. Um, you know, if you if you you know if you're for a man who cracks the wrong joke, you will get crucified where a woman w wouldn't. That's sexism. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things that they do have valid grievances about. But I take your point, and I agree with you. And where where the men's rights movement looks like. A mirror image of the worst of feminism. I hate it too. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really achieve anything. Just kind of, I get no, for me, it made no. me not want to even read any further about it because it's like, well, this is just going to eventually make me either angry with you or angry at you. And yeah, I'm not and you know, there's actually something a bit. I don't know whether this is my sort of like. I don't know whether this is an unexamined prejudice of mine, but I, I. I expect maybe this. I don't know which. I don't know which direction this sexism of mine is going in. But I sort of find it a bit like I don't want men to behave like that. I think it's slightly beneath men to like whinge and carp and bitch. And it sort of it seems like unbecoming to me for a man to behave like that. You know, to sort of like uh, to to take on the carapace of grievance and and victimhood and offence taking that that feminism has done for decades. When men do it, I kind of find it even worse. It makes I you grit your think, teeth, doesn't it? Where you're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, yeah, oh, it's, it's somehow more like fringe you. when a man does it. And I don't know if that's me being sexist. And if it is, I don't know if I'm being sexist towards men and women. I can't work it out. But um, but I, there's something about it when men do it that I find even more distasteful than when women do it. Um, I definitely so, I, I, I just really men... admire someone who, who takes the reins on their own life and achieves in spite of whatever fucking is lined up against them. Me too, but I think sometimes people need little legs up and helping hands when they, particularly because I think a lot of the guys I write for, like the gamers, for instance, in the, you know, when I wrote about the the sort of the lies, that I've never seen an instance of systematic malpractice and journalistic failure like I did with the Gamergate controversy, where the whole media lined up with these sociopathic feminist liars and painted an entire communities as misogynistic harassers, abusers, and threateners, and that was not what happened. Um, it simply wasn't. And if you've read any coverage that says so, that journalist was either lazy or lying. Um, you know, it just wasn't what happened. And I've never seen anything like it in my life. And a lot of the guys that gravitate towards me are more, I guess, more marginalized. They might be quite high up the autistic spectrum. Maybe you don't have great social skills, but they're really smart. <laughs> and nobody's ever stood up for them before. And they've just, they come to me and it's like, what is this like Republican fag? Like suddenly is the only person I've ever seen on the TV who speaks sense. Like what the fuck? Um, you know, a lot of these guys do need a little bit of a pep talk, even if it's just a pep talk, you know? They're not victims. They don't think of themselves like that. And they're perfectly capable and willing to make success of their life on their own. Um, they don't want handouts, you know? They don't want the government to kind of like cradle to grave them. But they do need a little something, even if it's just a pep talk, which is one of the reasons that I like to do what, um, is it Rob Ford, the mayor of Toronto, the crack smoking? Yeah. 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 Yep, yep. The thing that I love, I read a, a profile of him and I saw a little of myself reflected in that, not the crack and obviously not the Canadian thing, which is far worse than being a drug addict. For sure. But, um, yep, thank you. Um, but something, something really, something jumped out at me when I read this profile of him. And it was that at the height of the controversy, when he was in trouble for, um, you know, getting, he was on film smoking crack, I think. Um, he would come out of his house every day with a huge binder full of messages he had from the public. And it was covered in post-it notes of him kind of like, what would I, why would I say in response to these people? And for hours, every day, he would reply to people. He would call them up. And if they didn't answer, he'd leave a voicemail. He'd be like, hey, Susie, I got your message. You know, there's not very much I can do about this, but I really feel for you. And listen, um, you know, have you tried doing this? And, you know, if that doesn't work, 
try giving the, you know, the office of you know, the DMV a call, see what they can do, and if you still have a problem, maybe write to me again in a month or something. And he did this hundreds of times a day. And Trump does this. You know, lots of these populist politicians do this. And do you know what? Like, I, have, I publish my phone number like, on the internet, and I have like, a WhatsApp you on do? his phone. Yeah. What? Um, Why would you do I that? I get hundreds of WhatsApps a day, and I reply to all oh of them. Oh, my God. I reply to all of them, and it's what I do for fun because I find it so rewarding. I love it. I'm, a, I'm starting to sound like a very earnest person now. But, you know, I'm, I, just, I, just, I just take a step back. I am Dude, a cunt. I will put my um, address on the internet. I will give you a home tour that includes how to use a bidet, but my phone number is private. Well, see, I have, I have, I, like, I have another phone for like, you know, the people I really give a shit about, but I have a WhatsApp mm-hmm. number, and any, any of these guys can like drop me a line and say, like, I'm – you know, can you give me some advice or I'm unhappy, I'm miserable or just or just thank you or whatever, you know? And I reply to every single one. And I noticed this and, and what happened with Rob Ford, the people of Toronto want to re-elect him even after the crack thing. They still want him back um, because he actually gave a shit. And I try to do that with my career as well. I've never seen another journalist behave like this. Um, and I, I've never worked out why. Well, I didn't until I realized because they're all liberals and they all hate their readers, and they all want to close the comment sections, which is what they're all doing now, of course. They're all closing the comment sections. Um, and they actually want to withdraw back into the era of broadcast media, where you could just, like, spew a load of lies and then run away and not have to deal yeah, with and the Yeah, and then nobody can comment. I, I don't even watch debate-style videos or, like, the re-so-and-so says so-and-so is a racist kind of videos anymore if yep. the comments are disabled and there's no rating. Because it's like, all right, exactly. you're trying to because pull Because you know you're being lied to. Yeah, you're trying to convince me that a bunch of other people haven't figured out your bullshit before and that I'm just the first, you know, doe-eyed idiot to stumble onto this video and be bamboozled by you. Like, it's very condescending. I don't like it. I don't understand Gamergate. I've heard that the coverage of it was unfair. I've heard that... um, So, I don't don't know how you know our stuff. We know gamers, right? I've been involved in gaming for like 10 hours a day for the last six years right that that's more time than than you might have guessed and um um i can tell you women are not treated the same you know i Mm -hmm. i i have um the best minecraft server in the universe or multiverse woody woodycraft.net and um (laughs) if a girl dares to wade into our faction server she will get attention in a way that guys don't you know she is (laughs) instantly known especially if her name uh if her in-game name implies you know being trixie xxx 69 you know it it might have jennifer in it which i feel like isn't the same cry of like you know like blowjob giver 22 or something like that you know it's jennifer it's her name (laughs) right that's actually that's actually my name like uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure you should be broadcasting that live because people are going to start like messaging me like it's very wouldn't want to blow up your spot there's other stuff that that to me, it might just be a, by, uh, a byproduct of being feminine. Like they, we had a, um, a player whose name had Enchanted in it, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that that's... People a, presumed it was a girl. It was. And, um, but it, it's, you know, I, I feel like that might... Girls are different than guys, and then they might be attracted to a, a, an in-game name that says Enchanted in a way that guys aren't. So, uh, uh, and they come on, and all of a sudden, like, every guy is... I was going to say pounding them, that that has a whole other thing. Like, every guy is kind of, like, giving her attention. And came not back al- at just the right moment. <laughs> not always <laughs> positive attention. And uh, um, Yes, but you know why? You know why? Because these guys are, like, marginalized. They've never seen a woman before. They're, this isn't – look, the difference between his, – his, just one of the many subtle but deliberate mischaracterizations of the game, of the gaming media and then the rest of the media is, like, they talk about stuff like this. And, yeah, there's some truth to some of this, sometimes in some places. But this isn't an example of some kind of like 
predatory rape culture where a woman reveals herself and she is descended on by, you know, like um, misogynistic harassment and abuse. You want to see a rape culture look in Cologne where they've imported, you know, um, young men from a real rape culture into Germany. This is like, in many cases, this is in many cases like marginalized autistic guys just sort of spurging out that there's a woman there you know <laughs> and, and, and you know i don't i don't that's a new word for me spurging out i like oh, i love that play. Spurging it's, it's good out. isn't it um, yeah. and i don't mean that with any disrespect to these guys and i don't think they would mind me saying that many of these people are my fans and many of these people love me and i don't think they would mind me saying that um but in many cases it's just it's a sort of um it's an event. It's a spectacle, and they're grateful for the girl there. And if they don't always know how to behave, that is a um, that's a failing of social sophistication, etiquette, and appropriate behaviour. Not sexism, not abuse, not harassment. And you know, wait, wait hold, when you, let me just interrupt. Yeah. It, 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 while sure. I don't completely disagree when you say it's a failure of uh, I don't know social norms. I, I can't quote you, even though it was ten seconds ago. Um, but it's also what happens when you add anonymity and a lack of repercussions. You know, it, 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 I, there's something about 4chan. I don't know if you're familiar with 4chan at all, but it's very a, familiar. Okay, well then everybody That's is favorite anonymous. website on the internet. I've tried carefully. <laughs> all right, so everybody in 4chan is anonymous, and because of that, like you've probably seen the thing about the girl advantage being removed, right? You know how they don't have to be interesting. And yes. It, it, okay. Yes. Um, for people not familiar with it there's this theory i hope i get it right where they say like oh the reason girls are treated is it's tits or get the fuck out because they don't they, they, it's the only way that they get to regain their girl advantage uh, otherwise they're just judged purely on the way that guys are by how clever or fun exactly. they are. women don't like that so tits, tits or get the fuck out isn't a misogynistic um isn't a reflection of misogynistic culture it's actually even worse for progressives it's worse than sexism um tits or gets the fuck out is incredibly threatening to prog to progressive orthodoxy not because it's sexist, but because it seeks to eliminate identity politics and it seeks to destroy the basis of progressive thinking, which is that what you are, uh, which is that who you are and what you're able to do and what you think stems from what you are. Um, and that is a that is a, an, a that is a direct assault on the fundamental principles of modern progressivism, which is why they hate it. There's, there's something interesting about 4chan and that everybody's a faggot. Everybody's a nigger. And um, and it's just like this is what happens when you pull away the repercussions and there's a there's like an equality to it too you know yes. so anyway circling back to the gamer thing when you apply the same level of anonymity it allows their inner douchebag to come out and it's not just like oh you know they're, they're not being taught social norms no they're put in an environment where social norms have no repercussions and this is what you get but that's that not always such a bad like thing. Online, that's like an online forum thing more so than in game I notice like people I feel like people are way more likely to be a douchebag in a forum that's anonymous, like Reddit, yeah, then like take, if you get into a Paul, Call of Duty lobby and there's a chick in there, nine times out of ten, it's not them yelling awful sexist things at her. It's them trying to get her to like join a party or being friendly. Like exactly. that heavily outweighs. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, if your yes. voice is involved and it's not text based, mm -hmm. absolutely. They, they oh, don't I've want seen that so many times. So they don't want to chase come... the woman out. They want to play with the woman. They want the woman to. They want attention from the woman. They yeah. want approval from the woman. They don't want that woman to leave. They want them to come in. I've um, seen it so many times. I. And, I have female friends that I used to play with on a regular basis. I would get on every night, and there was a girl who would get on and play with me. And as soon as someone heard that voice, they're like, and she would tell me, obviously, because we're actually in a private chat, but they're pinging her with messages. Hey, come play with us. We're really good. We'll take care of you. They're, they're, they're literally like trying to be some alpha yeah. male out in, they're going, they're, they're de-evolving to cavemen. They're like, oh, oh, we protect you. <laughs> 
You <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of women find that. Strong try. Of, she was a, a good player. A lot of women find attention at scale to be very threatening, right? But it, that doesn't mean that what they're getting are threats. Women find that uncomfortable. Women find that, you know, like difficult to deal with. They don't like the volume of attention they're getting, but that doesn't make the attention hostile. It doesn't make the, the, doesn't make the, um, the motivation hostile. It simply means that the social dynamics of that situation are, you know, such that they don't necessarily always suit very sensitive women, okay? Well, uh, but you cannot, you cannot compare like Call of Duty or any of these other games, even if it's like Dota or something, it should be very aggressive. Um, you cannot compare that with Pol. Where what was that with Pol on 4chan, P-O-L. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Thank you. You cannot compare it with Pol. And what the other thing I find infuriating about games journalism, um, these guys all lived in these worlds. They've been on 4chan. They've lived in these video game communities. And what they do is, you know, they shit on their own past and their own hobby and their own, their own um, you know, teenage years. When what they do is they'll step back and then pick out, like cherry pick elements of what I find to be a beautiful, fragile, fascinating subculture where some of the most interesting conversations on the internet happen. You know, which is why preserving anonymity is so important. That's a whole other conversation. We have a whole other four-hour show about like why anonymity is important. But you know, I think it's one of the most important things on the internet. It must be protected at all costs, um, and and it gives rise to these incredibly incredibly valuable um, uh, fragile subcultures. What these journalists do, journalists who know better, they deliberately lie to their readers by, for example, pulling out faggot and saying, "See, it's homophobic," or they'll pull out nigger and they'll say, "See, it's racist." Um, Tits will get the fuck out. See, it's sexist. And what they do is they construct this specter, this this horror show, this uh, this um, uh, uh, hypothetical horror show of a sexist, racist, homophobic, um, transphobic, straight white male bigot. And they use that stereotype to um, fuck over the people they don't like and to bully people. That person doesn't exist. He's a construct. And he's a construct put together by deliberately disingenuous cherry-picking of a culture that everyone on this call understands. And those journalists understand too. They get it too. I don't know that I'd want anything to change because I'm afraid that the alternative is worse than the reality. But that, like, you say, hey, it's an overwhelming attention that women don't like. I, uh, I, as a minor league internet celebrity, sometimes get that overwhelming attention too. And it's hard. You know, it's hard when people target you. In Call of Duty, after you kill someone, you can hear what they say for a couple of seconds. They're calling out my position. They're saying Woody's in greenhouse, but, you know, first floor. And it's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, this is making it so much more difficult. But would you call that harassment? No, not or harassment, just, but I'm yeah. saying... But that's it, what the journalists do. A, a level yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what these, they're that's what Harassment's not the right term for it, but it's a more difficult playing field when you get more attention than you would have otherwise. And I, I see it in game, on, on even on Minecraft, which is probably... But you know what? Many strong women, and I would join these strong women in saying... Um, Oh, you're popular. Well, boo fucking who? What an awful life for you that everybody wants to know you and everyone wants to be around you. You go on as a woman in these environments and suddenly everybody wants to be your best friend. What a problem to have. You know, like get a grip. Yeah. There are people who cannot deal with this situation. Those people shouldn't put themselves in environments they're not going to be comfortable in. This is just like the real world. If you're not comfortable in, you know, areas uh, that you feel unsafe in, like, for example, walking down, uh, you know, a ghetto back alley at 3 a.m. In the, in, the, in the morning, don't put yourself in that situation. Why, why should we sanitize and police and, you know, and, and control every online environment, um, you know, to make it like it's, 
midday in the middle of Knightsbridge or, you know, like in some nice bit of town where no one's going to speak to you or look at you or, you know, and in fact, many of those nice bits of town, you know, have just as much crime as everywhere else. Um, you know, we've got this idea that um, we should create some sort of, you know, bizarre utopia online. Well, the world isn't like that and people aren't like that. People need to let off steam. People need to explore their own sexuality, identity, to explore who they are. You know, 4chan is like a really essential pressure valve for a lot of young boys who increasingly don't have anywhere else in life to let off that steam. If they're in the playground and they get a bit too boisterous, they get whacked on fucking psychotropic drugs. So what do they do? They go to they go to poll and they let off steam and they pretend to be an anti-Semite because it's shocking and it's fun and they try to be like you know, <laughs> the worst, most outrageous person in the world. I find it funny. If you don't find it funny, don't fucking go there, right? But don't, knowing better, go into that community, cherry pick, you know, terminology from it and habits from it that, that you know exist to protect that community, not to attack anybody else. You know, people from Poll don't go out in, into the rest of the world and cause havoc unless they're forced to. Look at what happened with, um, with uh, Gamergate and 4chan, right? Um, Christopher Poole banned Gamergate from 4chan. What happened? Gamergate spilled out into the whole rest of the internet. It, it, Gamergate would never have been such a big thing if two things hadn't happened. One, if I hadn't got involved, um, you know, forgive me for the conceit. But um, and two, if if he hadn't banned it on 4chan, because where did those people go? They went to Reddit, they went to Twitter, they went to comment sections. They became so much more visible. They started they started showing up in other people's houses. Yeah, what you sh what should have happened is just let it let it happen in a safe environment rather than going in and destroying what is actually a sort of male safe space, if you like. We're constantly told about safe spaces for women, safe spaces for black, safe spaces for everybody else. Well, sometimes young men need safe spaces too. Older men need them as well. Pubs, golf clubs, all of those are going because feminists say they're all sexist environments have got to be shut down. Men don't really have anywhere to go to be men anymore. And young boys feel that need acutely. Young boys really need those spaces. Um, and it's a very poorly understood kind of safe space, but it is a really essential one. And when you attack them, by deliberately misrepresenting what they are and what they do and who is there. Um, it's just, it, you know, it doesn't just do a disservice to your readers, but it is the sort of ugly sociopathic um, behavior that I hate from when feminists do it. And I hate it when these games journalists do it because these games journalists should be the people sticking up for those guys. They should be the champions of those guys. They should do what they did in the 90s when Jack Thompson was saying video games, you know, create, um, you know, school shooters and turn everyone violent. They should be doing the same thing with sexism. There's no reason to suppose that video games don't make you violent, which there's, you know, there's no evidence that they do. There's no reason to suppose that video games can make you sexist either. Um, you know, none of the studies suggest that this is the case. There is no evidence whatsoever. The worst you can can say is that the jury is out on both of them and even that is you know you have to be incredibly charitable to the other position to 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 to, to arrive at that you know journalists ought to be sticking up for these guys they should be defending these these as as what i think they are which is precious fragile fascinating subcultures places where conversations happen that don't happen anywhere else on the internet you can go and read poll and if you're the sort of person who can just set aside the you know the faggot the nigger the you know the the jew stuff you find incredibly brilliant minds debating stuff that really matters in a way that is censored everywhere else you go on the internet. You look at Reddit, right, this week. You couldn't talk about Cologne, honestly, on Reddit because you'd get banned and censored, yeah? The stuff that the, the, we wrote stories about this at Breitbart Tech. Um, at, at least two of you are nodding because you recognize this. Um, you know, you, you, you couldn't go onto Reddit and talk about the... Um, physical attributes of the uh, you know of the assailants for about no, that's 18 racist. hours until it became impossible to to lie about it anymore. But you can, could do it on. Can 4chan. you outline Cologne for people who don't know about it? 
Yeah, so in Cologne, um, a thousand Muslim immigrants um, I heard got from together. Syria. Uh, North Africa. Almost all from Syria. So of the 15 arrests, 14 Syrians, one Afghan. Um, but so, so Muslim is t technically accurate rather than just Syrian migrants because this is a sort of religious cultural problem. Um, congregated around a train station in Cologne, which is a city in Germany, um, and proceeded to sexually molest and in two cases so far rape young German women. Um, the police could not deal with the outbreak of it. The police then lied about it and said that well, they didn't realize there was such a problem. In actual fact, on the streets, the police simply couldn't deal with the volume of it happening everywhere. The government said that um, the government blamed right-wing websites and said that what's going on on chat rooms is at least as bad as what happened to those women. Um, and this is progressivism gone crazy. They're lit. They're saying, effectively, that um, words on the internet are at least as bad as rape. They, yeah. This is the situation the German government's got itself yeah, And into. they formed it's a lies. gauntlet. I think that's important to, to realize. They formed a gauntlet that these women had to walk through. You know, yeah. on either right. side, they're men. Right. You had no way out of it. And, and the only way these, is forward. And they were tearing and, off these women's clothes. Yeah. They were tearing off these women's clothes as they walked past. And the mayor of with the hands. city. And the mayor of the city. And there's a thousand, like, you know, 22-year-old, like, you know, Muslim men. Terrifying. And the mayor of Cologne in the most hilarious, like, and well, sort of tragicomic, I guess, um, moment I've, you know, possibly of the year, well, definitely of the year so far, said, um, I think there should be a code of conduct for women so that they you know how to behave so they don't get molested. That is like, that, well, there's this thing in victim feminism. Victim blaming. That victim flies in the face of exactly. everything. It's it like sounds like it came right. saying like, for years. If you it, hadn't been going out late at night in a short cool. skirt in the wrong bit of town, you wouldn't have got raped. Um, uh, like, I are we fucking Did you have your burqa on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mother, can you see I the chat? felt like the next words out of her mouth were going to be something about Sharia law. Like, like, like maybe you should get a male, uh, a male family member. Male escort and not go out after 8 p.m. And you know what would be a really good idea? Um, like, why don't you get a niqab? Because then they won't look at you at all. Yeah. <laughs> but so don't drive. Not allowed. No, actually, no, I have to disagree with you on that because I, I, I'm uh, that's about the only thing that Saudi Arabia gets right. Um, no, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you see, I've made this joke so many times, but no one's ever, no one ever seems to notice or enjoy it. So I keep making it until people laugh. Well, and now you have it. Now, I can now retire. People who watch this will have heard me make that joke about five times. Now I can retire it. <laughs> have you heard about when the king of Saudi Arabia goes and visits with the queen of England? And uh, I guess she was a driver uh, in some capacity at some point. So she's got driving experience. And she drives the vehicle that they're in and like does some off-roading and scared him apparently. Oh, well, she loves that. She loves that because she's like um, – I, I don't know the specific instance you're talking about. But she's like she loves like getting behind the wheel of her Land Rover and driving around her estate and stuff. And she's quite down to earth. In fact um, – the the very aristocratic families of Europe look down on the British royal family as a bit as being a bit bourgeois. Uh, the Windsors are seen as a little bit low rent compared to the very grand, for example, the very grand families of Germany. You know, the Turn and Taxes family or the von Habsburgs or something. Um, oh, you know, Habsburgs. The, yes. The, the, you know, wow. the the great dynasties of Europe um, are not really represented. The British monarchy. The British monarchy is seen as a bit low rent, and the Queen. I think is my friend. I think my friend Jeremy is descended from them. <laughs> you don't know Jeremy, but lineage. he's absolutely. Not <laughs> While we're taking a moment here, I want to tell the fans out there a little, bit, a little bit about Dollar Shave Club. You guys, we figured it out. We here at PK have discovered the key to an amazing shave. It's simple. That's exactly what DollarShaveClub.com does and why we're proud members like millions of others. DollarShaveClub.com delivers amazing razors right to my door for a third of the price of what those greedy razor corporations charge. Joining DollarShaveClub.com means that you, sh you can afford to shave with a fresh blade anytime you want 
which feels fantastic. And for the smooth, smoothest shave ever, use fresh Dollar Shave Club. Uh, use a fresh Dollar Shave Club blade uh, with their Dr. Carver shave butter. And I, I've tried the shave butter, and I like it. It works very good. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not like shaving cream. It's clear, so you can actually see you know, where you're putting the razor blade. Uh, and sometimes that's important. Uh, and for the smoothest, um, excuse me, it's not your average shave cream. It has high-quality ingredients that make your skin feel soft, smooth, and moisturized. Your blade will just glide gently across your skin. So if you want the most amazing shave possible, take it from me. Use a fresh Dollar Shave Club blade and Dr. Carver Shave Butter. Two reasons to join the Dollar Shave Club. Dollar, that's dollar, dollar, dollarshaveclub.com slash PKA today. Link in the description. Yeah. If you I shave, listen to Dollar you Shave Club anything. is the way to do it. <laughs> I could listen to you read anything. What is your accent from? Where is it? Um, I am... Uh, south somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the south somewhere. I'd bring it on out if you'd like. We could, <laughs> if words will just pour out of my mouth like my... Oh, do you mind if I just... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but all I do, a couple of accents. You never know. I could do, you know, whatever you'd like to hear from me, I give it to you. Yeah, I just lost my boner. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's I feel like I, I would like like Russian or Romanian guys, those big, yeah, that's, hairy, powerful guys that would. Do you know? Do you know actually, I, I was just be, I was just being a dick because I do like Russians. Yeah, um, everybody likes Russians. They're wonderful. Where Where are you from in the states? Uh, Georgia, uh, which is Georgia. South. Oh, I think I'm coming to Georgia sometime soon. Yeah, I have this lovely. huge, I have this huge, ridiculous tour this year. Perhaps Cal could have an like, eye-opening experience. It's going to be great. Um, I'm going to. Um, I'm basically visiting everywhere I've ever wanted to go in America. Uh, I don't have enough dates yet in the, in the proper South, like real America, sort of Kentucky, Tennessee. But I'm working. Are you on into that. guns or anything? Are you going to take advantage of that while you're over? I here? love guns. I grew up. I grew up with horses and guns. Like I'm. A, I'm actually a country boy. Um, so I'm going to be shooting everywhere I go. I've got two weeks in Texas in April. So I'm basically going to do like a talk at a university and then spend a day at the range. Talk at university. Day of the cookout. Talk at university. Day on the range again. That's a big um, part so, of what I do for a living. Uh, my YouTube channel is all guns. Um, Kyle may oh, have yes. the best armory of anyone you know. Yeah, he's got I get more guns see, than any person I know. I get to see you shooting. That's like the best porn ever. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. It's, it's, we have a real good time. <laughs> wow, check that thing out. Yeah, I, I, I like to... It's a shotgun. It's a double-barreled shotgun, but it's a pump, which is kind of a revolutionary oh, silly so, thing. And it's just covered so. with shit, you know? <laughs> How many right. guns do you have within uh, arm's reach right now, Kyle? It's like kind of like a bull. You don't even want to know. There's within an arm's reach right now? There's an RPG right. behind him. Yeah, this is, a, <laughs> this is an RPG round. Um, not a, America. America. Okay. Um, All right. Well, listen, if, if, I, I, come, if, I, if I come to Georgia, I'm going um, to call on you to take me out and, and blow something up. I can absolutely handle that. <laughs> so, oh, look at you. His <laughs> his inner ten year old just came out, didn't it? Oh wow! That's, hang on, I can keep this going for a while. <laughs> they're literally, they're literally all in reach, aren't they? <laughs> no, this is just a small fraction of the. Uh, no, the yeah, collection. he has. He, I, I'm not going to say anything other than the fact that he's very well armed. Well over a hundred. Um, this is oh, this is just a duplicate of the one I showed you before. I've got five of those. Um, the Glock here. <laughs> Hang on, I got. This feels like a UTAS 15. Yep. That's exciting. Yeah, I got to. Are you anxious having that much money in guns just sitting out while not in a safe? 
Of course, be... They're gonna have a hard time taking them from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. You're uh, you're like the living embodiment of toxic masculinity. The uh, fe the yeah. feminists will hate you. Yeah, I uh, that's that's what I do. I do a lot of machine guns and uh, I don't know fireballs and explosions and shit like that. Right. Well, if I if I come to Georgia, we're gonna blow stuff up together. Okay. Certainly. I ha that's what we do here. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of building a giant castle out of hay bales so I can burn it with my flamethrower. Oh, dude. With your semi-retarded uh, employee. He <laughs> is a little dim. Um, <laughs> I, I'd like to have him tested. Um, just, just so I know if I'm violating some state law by, like, employing this guy, you know? Like, or at least take like, him to the doctor and get him fixed, you know? <laughs> there's no fix in that. Maybe they'll, you know, fit him with a helmet. But there's no, there's no fix in this. You can prevent, all you can do at this point is prevent future damage. You know, helmet, maybe <laughs> something like that. Uh, you know those things when like a two-year-old can barely walk and it's, he, like, he's in that little ring that keeps him from falling over? Yeah. He needs one of those. All. He just fucks shit up all day, every day. Guy can't dig sounds, a hole. He sounds adorable. And where, where are the, the other guys from? Where, where are you two from? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, you're in Missouri. Okay. So I'm coming to Missouri as well. So uh, well, I'll buy you a St. Louis or Kansas City? Um, I think I'm going to Mizzou. So oh, yeah. So you'll have fun that with uh, that big nonsense breakout that's where i went to college uh oh it is past uh past like it wasn't nearly as bad when i was there it seemed to have changed a lot even like the last three four years but uh yeah it's getting out of control with their pc nonsense there well i'm gonna go with a t-shirt that says black dicks matter um and i'm gonna yeah thanks cheers thanks i'm actually you <laughs> know we I'm... steal that and put that in our shirt store <laughs> yeah, yes. all right yes. well let's do that um <laughs> You can. Uh, it's just, I've got self. a t-shirt. I'm going to do it in my store too, but you can have it as well. Nobody's um, going to buy that shirt. <laughs> do, it. do it. Do it. Well, I've got like two, uh, I've got a black t-shirt with two cutouts of my face and then just in white letters like black dicks matter. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to wear that on the Mizzou campus and see what happens. Um, and, um, you know, actually I agree with these guys. I am, I'm a black supremacist too. You know, like I have so much in common with Black Lives Matter. I think, I think they're great too. And, and Woody, where are you from? Uh, North Carolina. Raised in Jersey, but I've lived here for, what, 16 years? What are the years. cities in North Carolina? Remind me. Raleigh is a big one. Uh, Raleigh? Charlotte is probably the next big one. Okay, great. Yeah, 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 I've heard of those. I don't think I have a date plan there, but I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, let me know. <laughs> I, I'm half tempted to invite myself to your event with Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, you, sh you really you should. should. If you, yeah. we should do, want to shoot some guns, like that's literally what I do. Like I've. Well, got... We could do like a, We could we could redo this live. We could do it from uh, from the burning the second floor of your burning castle. That, that sounds <laughs> like the wrong floor. That's maybe a... in his nice house. Yeah, yeah no. Either way, maybe pre-burn. Oh, 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 yeah, that's a really dangerous what way happened? to hold a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd have to let Milo try out the flamethrower, but he'd have oh sure. so much fun. Yeah, yeah I've got so a few flamethrowers. Are you? Is that a flaming joke? I don't know. Oh God! I just got it. Oh, <laughs> or maybe it wasn't intended. <laughs> and it's like I don't need a flamethrower. Uh, yeah. Milo, I have a question. So you, you probably know my videos, but I, I ran this series called Mail Monday for ages, where people would ask me for life advice questions, and one of the ones was gay guys in high school. I mm -hmm. want to know your opinion of the advice I would sometimes give. Okay. In I'm general, just tell you that you've ruined people's lives. I hope yeah, not. <laughs> but I would often advise them not to come out during high school. That it's a tough environment, and that I, I really like adults that come out. I feel like every adult that come out that comes out and, and says, you know, like, this is me. I'm normal, except for uh, yeah, and with an extravagant taste in the bedroom. Um, like move the whole gay movement forward. But in high school, you're young, and you don't need to take that kind of 
potentially negative social repercussions. Uh, mm-hmm. I almost like you closeted until you're dealing with, in the adult world. Thoughts? I don't think gay people should come out at all. I disagree. No, no. It was much better in the 50s when gay people were living like secret double lives. They had uh, wives. They had kids. They were doing their gay thing on the side. Um, society wasn't um, uh, missing out on that 2 to 5% of the population. Because you know we're all so much smarter than you. We're like a standard deviation cleverer than you. Like gay people are like a master race. I don't you? know. That, that is a time when they die. They, they viewed homosexuality as a mental disease. And some of those guys were getting, uh, what do they call it when they remove a bit of your brain? Lobotomy. Of lobotomy. Lobotomies. And yeah, chemical, well, that's just ster- because, lobotomy, that's just chemical because, sterilization. That's just because the straights were jealous we were smarter than them. So they started cutting in bits of our brains out. That's to, like, not actually a thing that I worry about. I can't no, tell I your beliefs go um, from your beliefs to just satire. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, I, what? No, There's a seamless I, transition. I'm clearly gay guy a going, very, you know what? 50s in the USA, way better. I would have loved to have been you know, very strung up next to the black guy. I, look, I very sincerely believe that the best, the best thing for society generally would be if gay people kept breeding and they're not breeding anymore because we're, we're really smart and IQ is like 60 to 80% heritable. IQ, not a great measure of everything, blah, 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 but it's the thing we need in a globalized information economy. It's what makes great mathematicians, physicists, chess players, you name it. Um, and it's 60 to 80% heritable. And I want all of the smartest people in, in the world to continue to breed so we can compete with China and Russia, um, you, you know, and, and India and everywhere else. Now, um, in the 50s, gay people would shack up and have relationships with women and they would go out and do their gay thing in the evenings and they would you still- You get yourself a beard. Exactly. People would still have kids. Um, these days, gays, if they have kids at all, adopt them, and that's bad for everyone. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think that... Now you've just got I fabulous, would, stupid children. The, oh. yeah, <laughs> the advice Gross. I would give is, like, yeah, who wants fabulous, stupid kids? Like, it's not no, my genetic no. kids, so the best I can do is, like, put it in a tutu, and then what? Um, the best advice would be stay in the closet and then when you get to an age where it's becoming really difficult like go get off to a camp and you know try to pray it away so are you going to reproduce ever (laughs) (laughs) well i want to know from my life are you going to donate sperm i'm kidding (laughs) you get a surrogate involved i'm sure maybe you pick up that's what um oh god damn it what's doogie hauser's real name uh he's got three names Oh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Like, like oh, I, I heard oh, his interview on the Stern Show, and he, he goes oh, into length about he and you don't like this guy. Come on, uh, how can you not he's, like Neil Patrick? He's so Harris. talented. He's everything that gay people shouldn't be. What? Like boring, domesticated, like married, safe, and here is a gay. How person old are you, Milo? You're not supposed to ask a lady that. Um, <laughs> I would be like. 31 or 32, I think. Yeah, 31. Huh. I wonder if your opinion on this evolves eight years No, ago. no, I'm going to get worse. I mean, it's going to mm. evolve in a direction you won't like because I used to be more liberal than I am now. Um, <laughs> no, I... Um, he's exactly what gay people shouldn't be. Neil Patrick Harris, perfect example of like a pet gay. He is a safe little gay package that the liberals can be like, oh, look look how lovely and, and enlightened and non-homophobic we are. We've got Neil Patrick Harris. He's never going to say anything dangerous. He's never going to say anything interesting. He's never going like to say Wayne Brady for black so, in, so instead you would prefer if they put someone like a Mr. Leather contestant on the pe- and that pedestal no, and say, this I is what a gay guy is. No, I want them to start celebrating like drag queen culture properly. I want somebody who just goes out there and cracks outrageous jokes 
pushes the boundaries of what can be thought and said, you know, like breaking all the taboos. That's what's great about gay culture. And that's why gay people are at the forefront of culture. And it's what, and it's what about the gay brain like we were talking about earlier. You know, it means that so many gay people like visionary inventors and artists and, you know, like, um, what's his face? Alan Turing, for God's sake. All the brilliant visual artists are homosexuals. Why? Because they push All boundaries. of them? Really? No, no, sorry. No, I'm speaking. All <laughs> oh, the good so, ones. Gays yeah, are, gays are so are, untrue. <laughs> No, 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 of course. course. That's funny. Sorry. I should be very specific. I should be very specific. I should be very specific here. The very, 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 very best of everything tends to be heterosexual. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm sorry. The best painters are heterosexual. The best chefs are heterosexual. But there's a gigantic class. Da Vinci and Michelangelo were both gay. There's a huge, gigantic underclass beneath them. Of, of gay people who push, you know, the boundaries and who enable those great discoveries. And, of course, gays are overrepresented in genuinely transformative world figures like Abraham Lincoln, Alexander the Great, you name it. Um, so... Um, how do you know? How do you know all these famous gay people? Because I'm I told Lincoln's not gay. Oh, we have we have them in our handbook. You know when? No, you they are. No, no. There's a handbook. lot of. There, apparently, Lincoln had. The, yeah, no, I did a little Apparently, research. I've done research on this too. Apparently, Lincoln sometimes shared a bed with a guy. And they use that to interpret that he was gay. But at the time, bed like the fact Shakespeare, went, Shakespeare went into the cathedral once, so he must be Catholic. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. apparently, like sharing beds with guys. Even like I've shared beds with guys, and it doesn't make me gay. Um, okay, so I think the general, the general point. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, but I, I usually get bunked with um, Joe Lozon in those situations. Yeah, you're. Yeah, because of the snoring. Yeah, I I, I have definitely <laughs> spent. I, I have shared a room with you for sure. Because on that when we went up to yeah, uh, Boston, Boston, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you are a snorer, my friend. You are. That's. Are you I would really remember badly? something like that. What's that? You snore really badly. That's really? a lie. No, yeah. it's not true. It's, it's you, tremendous. I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like I've. I've fallen asleep next to hundreds of men, and you do look like a snorer. My nose has been broken many times. Uh, <laughs> That'll be it. Yeah, That'll be young it. me. And uh, I, I, like, I had the opposite experience as Taylor. I, I went to the plastic surgeon after my nose was broken, and the guy was like such a douche. We didn't go back, and it was one of my life mistakes. And I would even because I was like seventeen, maybe a dude book that shit you can have a new nose mistake. next everybody yeah. in america have a broken nose i haven't so much as broken a finger or toe like, we were mine, like rowdy kind four of times yeah. yeah well were you into sports at all milo yeah you would think as much of an no. asshole as you are some of the yeah right I, I figured you'd have like yeah oh yeah my orbital socket both of them <laughs> Oh, yeah. these are my teeth, and uh, yeah, so, like yeah. I'm <laughs> I half the asshole a... you are, and people punch me in the face way too often as a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've broken my heart with that impression. That <laughs> that my uh, my manager is is British, and uh, uh, she's from London, and, and so as I was coming downstairs to do the show, she was she was like, "Oh, this is funny. You can't do an accent in front of him," and I was like, "I'm totally gonna do it. I don't I don't <laughs> care." She because she hates it too. But yeah, when, I, when I imitate her, you know, and make it all cockney and dirty, all high-pitched, <laughs> says, look, I've got a bit of shit in my mouth, you know? And, and that's and she's very posh, of course. Well, she you also Alex, do it as, directly to her face. Yeah, as, as every finely, fine uh, young British lady uh, is, I suppose. She went to allocution classes and all that bullshit. So she speaks very properly, actually. None of that, none of that. And, uh, and so I like rubbing it in her face. And I speak very nicely because the kind of like low rent guys that I go for find it a turn on for me to be like kind of like gobby little bottom and then they get to kind of like break it later, you know? 
So sort yeah, of like the naughty little bottom. How filthy, you know? <laughs> like said, so like, the 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 more obnoxious and mouthy and posh you are, like it just kind of like makes the it it, it sort of heightens the anticipation for the eventual hate fuck, you know? I see. I see. Yeah, so he's, really, like, he's gonna fuck like, you into your place. Right. No. Exactly. It's like with girls. You know, you want to break something beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like fuck this is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I know. I know you understand what I'm talking about. Very nice, a little right? bit. Yeah. I know. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> anyway, well, I am the something beautiful. Um, no, what were you we talking about? We were talking about uh, I don't know. It again. started with gays in high school. Oh, with broken noses. Broken um, noses. No, before that. Oh, no, you I... had one. I asked you about sports, and I've I've heard you before online talk about how great American sports are. Compared oh God, to so good. All football, of the best sports. Which I love. Hearing I love American people sports from across the pond lauding American sports. It's great. I love American sports. I mean, we only have gay sports. We've got soccer, which is for women and homosexuals. Cricket. Uh, cri I mean, cricket. What the fuck is cricket? What? No. <laughs> I love American sports. Like, ice hockey is Although great. it does come with that paddle. Oh, ice hockey's the best. Oh, there is no, no equivalent to ice hockey. This is American football, fucking amazing. Mainly because I want to have sex with everyone on the field. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Those little tight pants, <laughs> loving it. <laughs> No, it's just it's just a field full of like thirty gigantic black guys. I mean, what? But more the can offensive I ask? linemen have big bellies, and yeah, yeah, maybe, but not not all of them. Mm. I'm a I'm a Dolphins fan. Um, I'm so, sorry. Like I follow yeah, them. I'm a sorry. Bit. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you well, can pick any uh, team you want, right? You don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have to care that much. Um, basketball, awesome, absolutely great. Again, good demographics for me. I yeah, can see uh, the yeah. Appeal. not a big yeah. hockey fan. I take it. <laughs> No, like I like a little bit of ice hockey, but only because it's really violent. Um, you know, you can get like you can you can kill somebody. I mean, I don't think I, I'm with Ann Coulter on this. I don't think it's a sport unless you can get seriously fucking injured. I don't think it's a sport unless you could, in theory, die. Nobody dies playing soccer. Nobody dies playing cricket. You know, it's not it's not really exciting unless there's some serious risk of of injury or death. You should check out MMA. Why, well, MMA is great. Uh, Formula One racing, at least we do have that in Europe, which that's exciting. You know, lots of big explosions and, you know, whatever. We had a guy die. Um, is it Ayrton Senna? Had a guy die like 10 years ago. That was good, like wank-bank material. Um, yeah. So, no, there's real, real sports involve, you know, serious risk. Of I agree with you 100%. I often come up with ways to tweak modern sports to make them more dangerous and therefore, in my opinion, more interesting. Um, yes. Baseball is a game that I find... If I if it's my team, I guess I can watch. If I particularly like a player and his skill set, mm -hmm. I, I can I can enjoy that. But um, for the most part, it's such a snooze fest. I feel like they need some pits out there in the field that are concealed. And so when you're running, trying to trying to leap and catch the ball, like every now leg. and then trap door, and, maybe, and you're in the pit with and maybe the like ball should be like the ball should have like a load of spikes on it, and like one of them is poisoned or something. Actually, uh, I was thinking that a they should use aluminum bats, which which hit the ball much faster back at the you know the fielders. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. kill a lot well, of pitchers you, if you change to that. You kill some pitchers if you change to aluminum bat, and I'm all for that. I also want at least once. Oh, although, as a, as a gay man, I need to look after my pitchers, so uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I need you to look after those guys. Well, the um, catchers got it rough too because I want the baseball to at random at least once per game explode. I just wanted yeah, to good, blow yeah, up at some point. Good, just yeah. blow up, and it could be midair, in which case all gravy. Um, but that's a home run. Yeah, if you <laughs> hit the ball. Up. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, Excellent. That's an extra point. Yeah, yeah. Good. You had I a couple good tips for basketball as well that everybody hated when you brought it up. Like, oh, they hated oh, so much because they so thought wrong. you were being serious. And they love like, basketball so much. They can't much. take out. You can't remove two players and have somebody who's. I think 
Kyle was making stuff up, and I said that there should be a designated hitter on each team. <laughs> all, and his only job was to shove and rough those those guys I, yeah, up. That's and really good. It. My point is the biggest change was he wanted to raise the rim by two feet, so that it I want to like raise 50s. the rim by two fucking yeah. feet, so that only like ten percent of the NBA players can actually dunk the thing. And my point was that this game was invented in Indiana with a bunch of white boys shooting at a peach peach basket with a hole in it. Now we've got these gigantic black guys with wingspans like jets out there. So get two of them off the court yeah. and play four on four. Every once in a while, they get some guy from like, uh, I don't know, Kenya named like Umbugu. And he's like <laughs> seven foot nine. And you'll see him and he's terrible. He weighs 68 pounds, catches the ball, and then we'll just reach up and drop it in. And it's like there's all the skill, all the potential skill has been removed. Yeah, The like, four player four thing? I think in, like, the in one soccer, thing... they should take the goal really narrow so that there's a, a, rel a very high chance that the goalie will get like knocked out by the ball. You know, because it's a huge thing. Like You can't defend the whole thing. So just take the goal really, like make it like two-thirds smaller so that people are all like – so there's a, it's basically a bottleneck, and they're, they're, there's at least the potential for injury. In ice hockey, okay, they've started the taking smaller. players off of the court – or I'm sorry, off of the ice, and it's really made for – like some of the best moments in ice hockey – are when there's fewer players. So the fewer mm -hmm. players thing in basketball, like I feel like it deserves some sort of preseason experiment to see well, how start, that rolls. You start to develop that sort of um, the thing that you normally only get in one-on-one -on -one sports like tennis, where you can like you know somebody's eyes lock onto somebody else, and it becomes like a battle of wills, and it's you know the ultimate showdown with one man, one man, one survivor. And I'll yeah. say something else that, that, that most people won't agree with. I would rather see three-on-three -three basketball than the current state of the NBA. I'd rather see the th like three amazing players th play against three amazing players than, than just th the way it is now. I don't care. I don't like basketball, though. So I, I feel like the fewer players, the more interesting it is. I just watch it with the sound off in slow motion while I'm touching myself. So Yeah, and mm. catch the replays on ESPN. That's the way to go. Bring the trampoline basketball back. Kyle, Oh, that was cool. Ad read, and then I have a new topic. Sweet. Sure. Let me just pull this up here. A new advertiser. It's a brand new advertiser. I'm very excited. We've all been there. You come home after a long, exhausting day at work, and all you want is a sip of is a sip is to sip a glass of wine and relax. But unless you've planned ahead, you probably don't even have a bottle in your house. You already spend enough time wandering around the grocery store. Don't get lost in the wine aisle. You'll just end up picking out a bottle based on a label that you don't really understand. Get home to open it and realize you don't like Chardonnay as much as you thought you did. Well, with, with Club W, you never have to worry about uh, being wine-free again. Club W is a revolutionary new wine club that sends you wine directly to your door, saving you all those trips to the grocery store. Not only does Club W send you the wine, they send you the wine that you'll love drinking. Club, w, club W's easy six-question quiz figures out your palate, so every bottle you receive is perfectly tailored to your taste. Club W is also a leading, excuse me, Club W is leading the uh, grape-to-glass wine revolution. They work directly with vineyards to cut out the middleman, which saves you money. Club W even offers a no-risk guarantee that you'll love what they send you. And right now, Club W is offering our listeners 50% off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash pka50. There's a link down below. That's 50% off. Uh, usually when we have sponsors, you, you get 10% off, 15 maybe 20 This is a big deal. Uh, Club W, check them out. 50% off your first order. Woody, didn't you use them? Didn't you uh, order did. some wine? So, dude, I've got... I'm not typically, people know I don't drink alcohol very much and I don't know anything about wine. I, I went to a friend's house years ago and he was like, he's really into wine. He makes his own. He has a wine cellar, stuff like that. And, uh, 
I'm sitting here thinking that I don't like wine. And then he goes through and he's like, dude, do you like this one? It's dry. I don't even know what dry means. Like it's obviously a liquid. And, <laughs> right. and uh, I still don't know what dry means. I don't really get it either, honestly. <laughs> and and uh, But he eventually gives me one and it's like, like a, a fruity kind of tasty wine. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it, but I do like wine. I just like a particular kind of wine. And um, with Club W, they, I, I just relearned this word with Taylor's help. They're your sommelier. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. And they ask you questions like, hey, you know, how do you like your coffee? And if you say, oh, you know, fill it with cream and sugar, they'll recommend a different wine to you than if you had said, I drink my coffee black. They'll ask you, you know, what your meal is or how you, you know, do you want onions on your steak? And these kinds of things guide them, like uh, based on your tastes on other things that you may know something about, like coffee or steak or pizza or whatever, they'll guide you towards the wine that they think that you like. That's a really interesting way to do it. Like when I, you said the six uh, question quiz, I was imagining it to be like, you know, do you prefer red or white? Do you like yeah. it to be a sweet, earthy body with, uh, you know, oak <laughs> aftertastes? Which, and I'd be like, well, fuck, I don't know. What, if I knew what this shit meant, I'd be able to pick out a fucking bottle of wine. Uh, but the whole like, do you like onions on your steak and shit? That actually sounds helpful. It, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're... I'll figure it out because I can't find wine that I like now. Like, and I you do not want a dry wine. wine. Dry refers to it's like. Um... It's how much of the sugar in the in the the wine has been converted to alcohol. So a very it makes dry the back wine. Makes tongue feel like spongiform and gross. I hate it. And it makes oh, wine, have you ever been close to someone with red wine breath? Like maybe it's, two hours after they finished drinking, it's horrific. Nobody <laughs> likes. That. I, I also went to um, a wine tasting in Nice. We talked about this before the show, and. Uh, in there, I discovered that there are a couple of wines that I genuinely like as well. So, like, it, I don't know. Club W guides you towards the ones you actually like. Yeah, cool. it, it, wine is one of those things where once you find one you like, you can actually like it. But the vast majority of wines I don't care for. I definitely don't like most red wines. Um, I went to a, a, a wine tasting one time, and, uh, you know, I must have tasted, I got pretty fucking drunk, so maybe a dozen different <laughs> wines, I don't know. But I finally found one. Uh, Glass number ten tasted delicious, believe it or not. <laughs> and it happened to be Alternative. a uh, it happened to be a dessert wine. And right. uh, and, yeah. and in the same regard, that's that's not a dry wine at all. A lot that's of sugar like left. Really in sweet it. wine, huh? You all like both, sweet wine. Both he and I share this thing where we don't like alcohol. We don't like alcohol at all. The taste of alcohol, like a beer that's that you can we don't yeah, like beer very much. We both yeah. like uh, like I don't know, like a something with a flower stuck out of it and, and eight okay. straws. Like okay. a very so that, fruity. In the nineties, you would have been cosmopolitan drinkers. Um, it's oh no, that's that's much too strong for us. No, no. no, no. no, no. Oh, I think um, pina, yeah. pina colada. The last okay, here's a way yeah, to yeah, put yeah, this okay, into okay. perspective. Last time we had a drinking episode, uh, Kyle had his apple cider. I just had regular beer, and then Woody, being ridiculous, <laughs> filled a glass, like a juice glass, with like. 20% Baileys, and all the rest was just half and half. It was Kahlua so and it was cream. Just... Yeah, that sounds absolutely yeah. disgusting. Okay. Kahlua um, and cream, so ugh. Yeah. I, now I'm on my new workout regime. I have been taken off all of the alcohol I love, which is the high-calorie alcohol, like brandy and uh, white wines. It's very sweet. Uh, it's terrible and awful hangovers if you drink too much of it. Um, uh, champagne, awful. So now I'm on a hideous, like literally the worst thing in the world, um, vodka soda. And it is you. It is your collective idea of hell because it's all you can taste is the alcohol. Yeah. It's literally that's, just like you like a smell of drink. Too. You need more lime in it. Vodka no, it's too sweet. Lime. Calories, nope. Bullshit. There's no calories in a fucking lime. You're you not getting a fat off a fucking lime. 
Fruits, no, no, no. Fruits, fruits really bad for you. You shouldn't have too much fruit. Like it, so just, just, just rust your teeth in full of sugar. Put some fucking lime juice in there. You'll like it. You think your trainer would get that pissed off if he finds out that with your vodka soda you had a slice of lime? I think he probably the whole day fucking down the drain. <laughs> God damn what it! Am I, what am I wasting my time for with you? Oh, oh, gotta have a lime slice in his drink, doesn't he? <laughs> Gay guy needs a lime in his drink. Like, See, if, you, if you guys were my trainer, I would never work out. I've actually got a really sweet young guy who's like very encouraging, and he's got this lovely way of sort of semi scolding me, but like not in a not in a nasty way because I don't respond well to like I respond well to scolding in the bedroom, but not in the rest of my life. So you know, if if somebody's like kind of like having a go at me and telling me I'm useless and I'm a useless sack of shit, like I wouldn't deal well in like marine basic training, you know, because um, I'd just be like, bitch, what? <laughs> you know, like, if the guy's gonna be... call you a cocksucker, you want him to mean it. <laughs> no, it's like, no, you shut. <laughs> you know, like I don't. I, I have a nat naturally contrarian disposition, so I wouldn't deal well with that. But um, he's very, like, very nice, very encouraging. And he'll say, for example, if I forget to put the food that I've eaten in the app, in the tracking app, he'll just be like, um, "Oh, did you did you happen to get around to?" Um, and and it's sort of like it's. And somehow he does it in a way that's not passive aggressive. He's just genuinely being nice and sweet. But he still reminds me that I haven't done it. So yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's a very sort of gentle, constructive thing. And, and because he's so sweet about it, I've started to feel guilty when I don't comply. So it's very clever and it's very brilliant. I'm actually an amateur personal trainer. I oh, had a, yes, we had a we had a, a whole video series. <laughs> what a at my house. I, I did not know where you were going with that. You sneak at me. That's not what that means. Okay. The fact that you invited someone who's overweight to your house for a month and made them do weird YouTube videos. And dragged themselves by rope on the floor. Does not that your personal trainer? Okay. So what I did, and fast forward, was um, we have a friend who weighs f about 440 pounds, and uh, we're always struggling with this weight loss thing. And I'm always saying, like, look, dude, calories in, calories out, basic workout program, and you'll, and two years from now, you'll be a normal human being. And he's like, no, no, can't do it, can't do it, excuse, excuse, excuse. And I'm like, come to my house, and I'll make you do it. So he comes and lives at my house with me for a fucking month. And uh, and we, we trained every day, and I put him on a diet. And he lost somewhere in the nature of 40 pounds in 30 wow. days or something like that, which he'd never done before without the help of uh, uh, speed, basically, as some sort of a fed What is that in kilos? Like 40 pounds? Um, how many pounds are in a kilo? Like 2.7 or something like that? So he lost a lot of fucking weight. He lost a lot of weight. Um, yeah. 18 kilos. That's, yeah. in a month, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that qualifies me as an amateur personal trainer. Plus, I was very innovative with my workout technique. You're dealing with a guy who has joint pain, a guy whose hips can come out of joint, a guy who knee, whose knees and back are bad. He weighs 440 pounds. So I thought, what kind of workout are we going to do for cardio? So I, I had him sit on the floor, and he's got a rope in his hands, and that rope is attached to my friend who's also on the floor, and I call, his, my friend's name is Jeremy, and I called this workout Jeremy Pulls. He has to pull the rope and drag my friend across the floor. So he's just sitting there. Good, just that's good. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's was, good. And so, yeah, so I, presum I presumably a, to support rather than humiliate, you documented this on film. Both? Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why there was no funny business Both. like uh, dressing up Jeremy in mascot costumes. In, uh, <laughs> A subtle form of mockery. There were lots of, of costumes. Not. There were uh, lots of uh, lots of silliness. Uh, I always came up with silly workout programs, and his workout partner is always like, one day he's a priest, one day he's a gorilla mask, like like he's doing boxing drills, but the guy with the mitts is dressed as a gorilla, like full gorilla suit, like stuff like that. So we made so kind of a know, comedy weight loss series. Yeah. Do you know that one of the biggest lies that is told in the media today 
um, is that fat shaming doesn't work. Uh, actually, actually, it's more complex than that. Fat shaming does work, but only if your friends are hot. Ah. So if if you this is the, what what the what the studies actually show, which nobody ever really reports because it's too subtle and it's not interesting and it's not you know it doesn't fit the stop being mean to fat people narrative. Um, what the studies actually show is that if you are a large person and you are surrounded by or you have you know a couple of close friends who are all very attractive, successful, good looking, like you know alpha alpha male types, um, fat shaming works. Fat shaming doesn't work if you're surrounded by other fat people. Um, now there are various psychological reasons why you might be able to imagine that's the case. Nobody really knows, but um, your friend being with you probably did respond well to the kind of ritual humiliation that you put him through. <laughs> so you may have been doing, in fact, the best thing for him. Well, he's—it's two years down the road, and he's up to four fifty right about now. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know, I did the best. Short I could. term, you were a great trainer. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I thought so. Uh, I, I th that was that was a great time. I, and you did I do some remodeling that. for your facilities, and so technically, I guess you are. But he wasn't going to fit in my shower, so we we installed a very large shower so that he could are live. You and no, you actually installed a shower for him. Yeah, it was a really nice, uh, pretty kind act. That's a lovely thing to do, aside from the public ritual humiliation. See, oh, and you're a lovely person. About that, I, I produced, so I produced the video, I was the camera, you know, I'm the voice behind the camera, I'm holding the camera, I'm t mm -hmm. I'm, I edited the videos, I mixed mm -hmm. the videos, I gave him pointers on what to do for the videos, then I gave them to him to upload on his channel so that he could get, take all the monetary gains. I see, so you're the victim, really, on the, in all this. I try, I don't, I'm certainly not a victim, different. but I, I was, yeah, so, alright, I am. Straight I, I white guy, this circles back around to Milo's whole thing, from the beginning. <laughs> I felt oh, like yeah, what no, I did there was Everything selfless. comes back to my, uh, <laughs> What do they call it in science? A grand unifying theory. My that grand unifying yeah. theory is uh, all all about victimhood. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like what I did there was kind of selfless, but but you know, I, I wanted to help him. And, I and feel I like still you do. have a similar yeah. definition of altruism to me. You know, and I'm barking at people for being disgusting fat hogs because I've read somewhere that fat shaming actually does work, and I'm feeling like I'm a good person. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get you. Well, it no, works. we do. Well, you have to. Be we do tons to of fat shaming. -shame. Yeah, self shaming is the most important kind of like. Well, when darling, you, I'm Catholic, you know that feeling, but like you, you have to be fat shaming yourself every day. You know, as long every day, I every shame, like my, I shame myself all day, every day. The problem I've got is I've got a perverse set of incentives to get healthy because the kind of guys I go for quite like the big booty. So, um, you know, and Watson and, and Kegels. <laughs> so, um, because I've, I was a horse rider from a young age, like even though I'm very I'm big around the back, it's very firm and muscly. And they really like that, so I don't really have much of an incentive to like get rid of it. So I've ha I've had to really force myself into like you know believing that I need to get in better shape. Um, I find that fat. I feel like fat shaming uh, works. Uh, I've had people look at watch my videos and be like, ah, oh, he looks like he's getting fat, and I and my I'm like, looks like I am getting fat. All right, God damn it. All right, time to do some sit ups and not eat for uh, a month now. When I go on a when I I go on crash diets like. I cut my calories down to like 400 a day, 600 a day, and wow. I'll do shitloads of cardio. Uh, so you're like and, a binger, basically. You just yeah, I can I can lose a lot of weight really, really quickly. In a month, I can if I want to, I can drop a pound a day, like no problem. And like like fat, not water. Like over the course of a month, I'll I'll drop a shitload of weight. Um, I routinely drop 15 pounds in like three week periods. Like it I, takes a huge amount of discipline to be. Uh, the thing for me is just is not so much the exercise because once you once you're actually in it, 
once you're actually doing it, it's kind of fun and your endorphins start going and like you're kind of like, no, no, I don't want to stop. It's great. But um, it's the not eating. That I'm, I'm a Mediterranean. I'm, I'm Greek. So we have a, like, a I, culture of just stuffing our faces all day and all night. And, I stay and away from – I don't eat meals with like my friends or family anymore. I, I all, I, I, all my meals at that point have to be by, by myself. And what I'll usually do because – I, I'll get fast food, but I'll go to a place that has like grilled chicken sandwiches and I'll get, I'll literally buy three grilled chicken sandwiches and throw the bread and everything away and just, just, I'm driving down the road eating grilled chicken breast. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go on a diet, I go on a diet because I, because I hate diets and I love eating. So I want to get as much done in a small period as possible. You I fluctuate see. so wildly between all of it though, because you'll even text me with just some nasty health thing you're eating once in a while where it's like, hey, here's my daily. 75 calorie tiny little green shake and it's like yeah. all right well i guess kyle's another kick and then you'll send me a weird buffet of taco bell like four days later sixty thousand calories <laughs> so you're kind of like you're kind of like oprah in that respect i don't get that fat uh my my cutoff my cutoff weight is about 187 when i get to there it's time to lose and i'm happy when i uh, i'll usually drop about 10 pounds to like 177 178 and then i'll eat like a pig again for another month or two i eat enormous amounts of food when i'm not on a diet i eat 4 or 5000 calories a day and big it's meals just, usually i'll i'll go to taco bell and 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 get 20 dollars worth of tacos I and love burritos i taco bell so much yeah we have 3 in this country, we have three Taco Bells in all of England, and only two of them within driving distance. But I have done pilgrimages to all three of them. <laughs> um, I, I have, like, you know, I've got a Saturday, and I'm like, I have nothing really to do today. I'm going to drive to Taco Bell, and it can take three hours, you know, for like 20 minutes of oh god. That's some and real commitment, a, since they no, only no, really technically is, have five ingredients. There is, I know, right? I could do it at home, but there is a store. There's no, it's a, it's a, it's a shopping center. It's a mall. And they have Taco Bell on the top floor. And on the way out, on the way to the car park, there's a Cinnabon. Mm. So it's like you start off with like a few nuggets from McDonald's and then you go up to Taco Bell and you just like, you know, like everyone has their own little Taco Bell routine. Like everyone has their own kind of like combination of shit they like. So I have my own combination that I know that I like now. I just get that. Then sometimes go back for that again. And then Cinnabon on the way out. Our Taco Bell actually has Cinnabon. So I don't. I, it's one-stop shopping. They have these cinnamon, cinnabon bites that are that have like cream filling on the inside. It's, it's oh, a very homoerotic experience eating one actually because it just oh because it's sort of mm. yeah yeah it blows its load all in your mouth immediately. But it's delicious. So you you know you're just trying to it's wipe. Not, it's cream not like salty it. like the other. <laughs> no, it's it's just delicious. Just 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 absolutely salt delicious. and sugar are good yeah. together. You do you do learn to like it <laughs> eventually. <laughs> New topic. Uh, yeah. All right, I was liking where out. that was going. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so um, this was actually on the Painkiller Already subreddit, and uh, well, I'll kick right into it. I was having trouble coming up with what I should do, and I have no idea where to get some advice. So I thought some of the PKA fucknards, that's our um, the collective group for our fans, uh, could help me get I some advice. <laughs> Maybe if I'm lucky, the host themselves. So to set this premise, I'm a 16-year-old male who's still a virgin, and I'm 70% sure that I'm bi. I have a male friend who's been going out with some chick for a couple of weeks, and they have invited me to a threesome. My problem is I still haven't lost my virginity. I'm not sure if I should wait till I have lost it properly with one person in a committed relationship before I have a threesome, or just do it and get a cool story, losing my virginity in a threesome. I've been racking my brain over this, and help is appreciated. Who wants to go first? Mm, Taylor does. I say go for it, dude. Like you're, as a long as they're threesome? your age. Oh, it's a devil's threesome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But he, but oh. he's, but he's bi, so he's into that. Oh. What's the devil's oh, reason? When there's devil's two guys, two, two guys two and a girl, and one woman, as opposed oh. to two girls, it should just. I didn't know there were names for them. What's the other one called? Just a threesome, I think. Just a threesome. Or menage a trois, maybe, or devil's threesome. Yeah. Or if yeah, you're yeah, using acronyms, two woods. If he's bi, then yeah, go for it, dude. Like at the worst case scenario, is it's the one chick that you're both going to be worried about predominantly pleasing. So if you guys fail. You're only shouldering 50% of that burden. Also, you're 16. Nobody's expecting you to be a fucking, you know, Don Juan in there figuring that shit out right away. Like, it's kind of an understood thing that you're going to be new. Like, it's not like you're 25 and this is your problem. You're 16. Get in there. Try it. I do have a perspective on this. I lost my virginity at, I think, 13 in an interracial fivesome with two drag queens. And Is that story true? Heard yes. that before. No, 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 that's true. That's true. Go on. Page, wow. one, page one of the autobiography. Um, <laughs> and as, as crazy and preposterous and absurd as that was, and it was, um, and I'm a terrible Christian, I'm sorry, Jesus, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, thing that, the thing that I've taken away... <laughs> I like that. Um, the thing that I've taken away from it and the, the sex afterwards is basically like the first time really doesn't matter that much. And you're going to put so much like ludicrous emphasis. I'm such a bad Christian. You're going to put so much ludicrous emphasis on this. The best advice I can give you is to start and don't stop for like for the next four years. Just like have so much sex. Like just, just fuck everything that moves. And don't like try to forget that it's your first time. Just like blaze through it. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Chill. Don't get like fucking head up about it because it is just the one instance of hundreds of future instances and you're going to enjoy loads of them and you're going to really not enjoy loads of them. So just blaze through it and don't like treat it as this big, huge life moment because it isn't. Um, you're going to have like incredible, like mind altering, life defining sexual experiences in your life. But the first time you have sex is unlikely to be one of them. So just get through it. And then once you basically know where the sort of once you know the sort of anatomical mechanics of it, um, then you're good to go. You know, you can start exploring what you really want. I just rubbed chili powder in my eyes, so I'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> don't go to the bathroom by accident or anything. I did so that like you, I did that two weeks ago. There, right? uh, I'm sorry, I had an yeah, opinion what, on the topic. No, no, no. On that guy's uh, advice question, the way you that, that you kind of handed it out to us first, I figured that you might have a different opinion on it. Uh, you know, I, I really struggle with it, actually. Like, it, it, I'm a parent, and part of me feels like, huh, you know, I, I, also, I have a 16-year-old. It's a girl, not a guy. But, you know, if, if she went to some minor league internet celebrity asking for advice, and he said, you know what, sweetie, I think you should fuck everything that moves, I would be like, dude, that's not the advice I want you giving me. I probably wouldn't have given that advice to a 16-year-old girl, though. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it is different. Uh, so, you know, going to this guy, my gut says, do this. I, I don't predict that he'll have a lot of uh, regrets over his first experience being with two friends. You know, I, I, he's, you know he wants to be in a committed relationship with someone whom he feels deep love with. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I want him to be in a safe space. You know, when he does this, I don't really like Mila's first experience, you know, but if, if it's with two friends, I did, <laughs> well, maybe I'm Wait, wrong, did, you know, be I, serious. Did you really like your first experience? Like, yes, yes, I did. But I appreciate that pretty much anybody else in my position might not have. 
Okay. I was a little. I was a little sexually precocious, so I would. I would not advocate the interracial five sim with two drag queens for just anybody. So you were asking for it, begging at various okay. points, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how, did, how did that? Like, were they older? Yeah. How did that go? How did that start? Because yeah, you're 13, I feel like you shouldn't be having sex with 13 year olds. Yeah. Good rule of thumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> um. No, I mean, no, they were they were a little older, yes, but I was I, I was very sexually. But they weren't twenty eight. Well, not they, quite twenty eight. But wow, um, so they were grown ups. How old were they? Older. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't tell you. To but be they honest. were grown ups. Yeah, but um, I, I think as I was very sexually precocious and and definitely the instigator of that situation. There was there was, there was no kind of like exploitation going on there. There, Did there you are plenty of, into a situation, or there are plenty of um, there are plenty of thirteen-year-olds who would not be able to deal with that, and would probably get swept up in it, and not really be able to consent to that kind of activity. They just sort of feel pressured into it. I was completely and totally aware of what was going on. Was the primary instigator behind it, and was very happy with it. Do you think that's impacted your current sexuality at all? Anything to do with that event? Um, no, I, I'm gay because it annoys my mother. I'm not gay because I have lost virginity. You're like, I hate it, but my mother hates it even more. <laughs> no, this is, this, is, this is it. You know, like, I'm sure God hates fags, but he hates feminists the most. Uh, you know, so like the, the, more, the, more, the more of That's them the I beat down. Huh? But on, That's on in the this... Bible. There's a lot more in the Bible of women being abused and put down than there is of uh, homosexuals being being taken being I don't think God I don't think God actually cares that much about gays. I mean it's I, in there a couple of times, but not really. Before I don't think there's a God, but if there were topic, one, he doesn't care at all. Oh, I feel like there might be some now. people who care about my opinion on this topic because that's like sort of my role. When you lose your virginity, I would recommend you do it in a safe space, a place where you're not going to be interrupted by somebody else, a place where you don't fear for your safety, a place where you you know, you even if it's like in this case it's with friends, that doesn't completely turn me off, you know. So long, like friends care about each other too. Uh, it, it, it might not be a terrible experience. Yeah, go for it. Sorry yeah, to cut in, everyone man. off. Go for it. I wanted to get that out there. I Maybe it turns out that you're all the way um, I think it's good advice and a good, uh, nice avuncular way to finish it. But yeah, bottom line is four out of four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. I, I saw that earlier in the week, too. And in my head, it's like, yeah, dude, go for it. Fucking do it. You know, if that's what you're into, you like that? Yeah, absolutely. Make it happen. It sounds like a, a real opportunity. I don't remember being invited to many three-ways when I was in high school. I've so. never had a How many 16-year-olds yeah. get invited into a threesome? Lucky little bastard. Like yeah. none. <laughs> none. I've never met a single 16-year-old who would take me up on my offers. Every threesome <laughs> I... Every, Every threesome I've ever had, I had to be the architect. That's a really right? dirty smile you have on your face. <laughs> You're really pleased with yourself about that one. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> Every yeah. threesome I've ever had, I had to be the architect of this thing. I had to See, be. Yeah. I had See, to be putting yeah. things together. I, I there was a lot of forethought. I'm, you know, I'm 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 imagining Legos in my head and how things are going to stack together. Like, yeah, this will work. This will work. This is the great thing about men because they tessellate. You can you can fit end, an endless line together, you know. Yeah. And you can make around. a circle out of it. No, and exactly. I think, like, like, I think that's how you create cold fusion. Yeah, you get the circle <laughs> of. Just, you have to get the rhythm right, though. You can't be all uncoordinated with it. Or, Haldrin you Collider. Save, you could have saved money on that sex. big reactor thing in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this is the thing about men. They tessellate. It's I great. feel like women do too. Am I missing something? Just keep putting them together forever, like Lego. No, men and women like. You eventually run out of orifices, 
and it gets all awkward. They don't tile, you know, like men oh, tile. I was going to say men, men and women don't tile. You can't just sort of fit an endless number together because it just gets like very awkward and lim limsy. Whereas men just fit together endlessly. You're uh, yeah. Uh, That's a it's a good argument, pro, good pro gay argument. More efficient sex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting mental image as well. When you imagine you could make like, a, you like could you make, ever like, seen like, human yeah. centipede? No, oh. like the human centipede is actually yeah, just like a gay orgy that went a bit wrong. But, but uh, yeah. with girls, you could go gurgle gurgle girl, right? Right, like you know, mouth. Booty, mouth, booty, mouth, booty, all the way through, right? No, it's he's talking sex. about like like a plug-in, like a, I, I hear sex. you. Stream of flesh. Oh, that's sex. not sex. No, mouth, booty's not sex. Oh, I, it totally is. No, 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 no. We're no. talking about as nature intended. Oh my yeah, god! Now we're going men. as nature intended yeah. argument. <laughs> nature, nature <laughs> I don't think you can use that one. Up the bottom. That's as nature intended. No, 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 no. All sex is sex. Hand jobs are sex. Blowjobs are sex. No, next you'll be telling me lesbians are real. <laughs> nope. Les <laughs> lesbians are always flexible. They come and go uh, in and out of their lesbianism. I'm so glad you said that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought. Somehow. I had one uh, for Milo. So I I did do my due diligence, I think, before we had you on the show, watching a lot of your shit. Um, really enjoyed a lot of it. Like you're, I've noticed a lot of the similarities in the rants that you've had on tonight here with like your feminism shit. Down I've tried path. to just bring the best of it for you. Oh, you know? I've, tried to, I've tried to just, yeah. just give you the, the distilled excellence. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to like refute a lot of those points because they're so tight-knit and Because cogent. they're the truth. <laughs> yes, because they're the truth. I, and the only time that I see that you get a little like flustered is when mm -hmm. religion is brought up. And it's, it's a little mm -hmm. odd because like, I'm so confused and fascinated by your, your current you know, Catholicism, your Catholic beliefs and how you reconcile that with being gay and, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you're so rational and straightforward with so many of these, like, you know, the liberals are saying this and that, or the progressives are getting out of hand and these are the X, Y, and Z reasons why it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. for religion, that same rationality, you seem to, to misfire a bit. Like, could you go into that more? Well, it's assuming that it's impossible to arrive at religious conclusions with reason. I mean, you're, you're suggesting that there's a bit of my brain that shuts off where religion is concerned. Um, and I'm no longer capable of, of, of um, understanding reason or following arguments. You're suggesting that I could only be religious if I, if I put, set aside reason for that time. I don't accept that premise. Um, yeah. I think you can arrive at religious conclusions using reason. I think religion can be a product of reason. Obviously, there's a point at which it's a leap of faith, but there's nothing illogical about um, uh, about faith. You can make arguments about the existence of God, but you can disagree on the conclusions of those arguments. Every argument, you know, has. A, um, I, I think to, more to your point, and what people are always really, really interested in, what they're really getting at when they say that, um, is the gay Catholic thing. Now, modern progressivism demands a particular sort of um, boring superficial conformity from people in the way that they construct their identities. You can't be gay and Catholic, you must be self-loathing. Um, you know, we're all very messy and complicated and um, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say I don't know the answers to all these questions but my head moves one way, my heart moves another um, and I don't know and I may never know. I find it weird that people demand they demand of you a resolution to this apparent contradiction, and we are all full of dozens of them, um, to satisfy their own, uh, you know, their own need to put down one or the other half of that equation. And very often the people who are doing it um, 
don't turn that lens on themselves and have their sort of complex gender queer you know non-binary blah 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 kind of identities but they don't allow you the same complexity in um, you know they don't give you the same courtesy um, fact is that lots of people grow up with faith feeling as though they ought to behave in a certain way and falling short um, and that can be the case uh, you know whether it's how you treat your family or where you put your penis, right? There are lots of different ways in which to fall short. Um, I think um, an, an additional dimension to this is, you know, if you think that homosexuality and Catholicism are incompatible, you don't know anything about either. Because the Catholic Church has been a haven for gay people since it has existed. You know, gay people who were at risk of... Um, well, that's, that, that's simply not true. They've well, look, gay, gay, people, people. gay people who have been at risk of, you know, of either social censure or worse, um, you know, have joined the clergy for thousands of years, right? The church has harbored gay men when the rest of society would prosecute them or worse. The church uh, would but, also prosecute those gay men. Mm -hmm. Well, um, even to this day. Well, you know, it's it's it prosecutes the sin, not the sinner, right? And the way to the way to get the, the way to to I get around that in the eyes of the church. Sorry. I mean, I, I feel like it prosecute the sin, not the sinner, is their way of saying it's okay to hate the way I do. It's double speak. No, it's yeah, not. It's, it's not. It's, it's uh, not double. It's not. It's not double speak because you're very because you're not condemning the the person. You are saying that the acts are are you know not what God probably wants you to do. Um, it's but it's a perfectly reasonable distinction. It's not double speaking in any, in any respect. I mean, we don't want to get into a whole like you know atheist cul-de-sac because I did that with drunken peasants. And it, just <laughs> never, it never really goes anywhere. Um, but I think the people who sort of demand that I pick between one or the other are not affording me the same degree of indulgent complexity that they de that they demand for themselves. And they're also misunderstanding both homosexuality and Catholicism when they suggest that these two things simply well, it, it wasn't exist. even so much the, the gay and Catholic that I was curious about as much as like, because you are so reasoned and measured in everything you approach. And I was just surprised that you, like with your seemingly analytical brain, you'd be willing to accept faith and you know, use faith to, to believe well, in something. Find, you'll find that very often, you know, um, I mean, the number of mathematicians and physicists and, you know, particularly biologists who late in their careers find Christianity is extraordinary. Late yeah. in their careers because they're studying for finals. They... They want to get into heaven right before. No atheists in foxholes <laughs> or old people's homes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. They're just, they're just hedging their bets. Exactly. Their bets. Yeah, yeah, just in case. They're craving you know, I mean, for I think finals. If, you, if, you, if, you, I, if I think the guillotine's about to come down, I'm going to say a few Hail Marys myself. Uh, I'm going to throw it around to every potential god it. just in case. Like come on, to... Buddha. I'll rub that belly. <laughs> you have Whatever it. it takes. You have to mean it. I'll pray to Z I'll pray to Zenu. I'll get some of that Scientology help if, it, if, it'll, <laughs> if it'll get me out of a bind. It's you know? very expensive, you know. They charge you hundreds of thousands, of hundreds of thousands of dollars if you want. Hundreds of thousands of dollars before. And I need my OT level to be at least fifteen if, if I'm going to get into there. That's that's six hundred thousand dollars. I, I just can't make that investment. I'd rather go to the you know just the Church of God and put my ten bucks in the plate every week. I think that's a better way to go. <laughs> cheaper, much cheaper. Not as much literature and, and not as much blackmail either. Yeah. yeah, or manual Same book every week. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sneak up on you. There's not very many edits. There's no new chapters, no new editions. Have you ever yeah. read the Bible, Taylor? Yeah, I've read it through a couple times. I read it through once. 
I reckon I understood a great deal of it. <laughs> sling blade. I could resist. Sling blade. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what it, I mean, it was, when you get to the New, because I went to church growing up all the time, and, like, the New Testament's what they focused on so much, and it was so much easier to palette all the New Testament stuff. And then Certainly. when I started reading it, like, getting into, like, Leviticus and, like, that old Bronze Age stuff, it's like, at certain points, it's like, is this even the same story? Like, when does all this get to, you know, the I'm, Jesus part? It's so out of whack. I whip out Leviticus 19.19 around my parents all the time. And I, I don't have the exact thing right, but that's the one where you can't mix clothing. It's the one where you can't sow different things in your fields. It's the one, like, there's a whole bunch of mixing sins. So whenever they're like, you know, aren't you going to have your peas? I'm like, no, nah, Leviticus 19.19. Like, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't put these together. I can't eat fried rice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I, think, um, I think a lot of, of the sort of people I'm, I was talking about, the, sort of the scientists, um, at least there are people like Stephen Jay Gould who has the intellectual honesty to call himself an agnostic. You know, now he's, you know, he's, you know, he's not somebody at the... Oh, know. I'm certainly an agnostic. I'm certainly not an atheist. I, I, right. find athe I find atheists to be some of the worst human beings. I'd rather be a feminist than an atheist. It's a very because, pompous culture. Because if, if you think you're so fucking smart that you got the whole goddamn, all of existence in the gal and the universe figured out, you're a douchebag. Like, like done, for I've all done... I know, there is a there is a god, and he and he's a guy with a gray beard, and, and the whole thing's the truth. I don't know. I just think it's a atheism. Atheism is a is a is a symptom of uh, of autism. It's uh, it's effectively it's effectively <laughs> just, it's effectively just a brain disease. I mean, it's a symptom of a brain disease. You know, um, the the coincidence of autism and atheism. Is... Carry on. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> the the coincidence uh, of of autism and atheism is like they they go in locks step you know and people who can't <laughs> understand the world around them who can't relate uh -huh. to other people incapable of love studies. well of course they end up atheists uh -huh. they don't they don't have any a, a purchase or access into the greatest highest most ineffable um, let me explain you know, my atheism um huh? I, I said let me explain my atheism may I, can i just you we're gonna, you, we're gonna do, do you consider now, yourself an atheist now. you believe there's absolutely nothing for sure just it, to, i'm just trying to clarify yeah and sometimes people will tell me like no you know, based on what I know of you, I'm defining you as an agnostic. But the thing is, I used to identify that way. And I felt like it was a certain dishonesty with myself. Like I, I wasn't, I felt like I was, you know, perhaps if you asked me, I'd say agnostic because it was more socially acceptable. They're like, oh yeah, well, he's still kind of on our team, you know, regardless of what side that they're playing on. And in the end, I was like, no, nah, I guess I got to say atheist because I'm applying the same standard of proof to God that I apply to everything else in my world. You know, if my transmission's not working, I don't suspect gremlins or gods or wizards are causing this problem. I look for actual causes that can be seen and felt and, and touched. When I look at my universe, it just seems like magical men with long white beards and robes never enter into the reasonable explanations. I disagree on that one. You're trying to interrogate a metaphysical world with tools that are not designed to, you know, to accomplish that task. You can't speak about faith and God and the world beyond, you know, our empirical understanding with the tools that you use to navigate the world you do see around you. You're using completely the wrong instruments to do it. Well, aren't um, those the only tools we have by which to 
discover the world around us ideas. Well, no, because if that were true, there would be no organized religion, because obviously lots of people do have other tools, spirituality and faith, um, that they come to understand the metaphysical world through. Now, those tools are um, not <laughs> not um, like other tools, and they, um, you know, you can't interrogate them with, you know, categorical syllogisms. You can't interrogate them with, you know, empiricism. You can't interrogate them with any of the normal standards and methods of reason that you. That's would very convenient. That's, yeah, yeah, it is convenient, and faith should be earned, right? Like, if someone tells me that when he's not on the show, Taylor's murdering children, I say no, based on all the things I know about Taylor. That's probably not true, and. You know, when it comes to God, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I offer you nothing in terms of earned faith. You just have to give it to me. And really, if there is any offering, it's social acceptance. No, I don't think that's true. And there are plenty of inferential arguments, you know, for the sorts of uh, the kind of argument you were leaning towards. Then there are plenty of inferential arguments for the existence of God, too. Um, look, I mean, ultimately, you can't, like I say, you can't, um, you can't apply, you know, your... You can't apply any burden of proof for what is a really fantastic theory, you know, that this whole God experiment. But it isn't, it isn't a theory, and it makes no claim to theories in the sense of, you know, being a... It's not, it's not, I mean, it's not, um, it's not false, it's not falsifiable it's in the sense... It's absolutely a theory. It's, well, it, it's not it's falsifiable not... only in the sense that it is so very difficult to prove a negative, right? It, it is so very difficult to prove the lack of something happening for which there is no proof for or against. But if you apply that level of, you know, that, that burden of proof to it, it falls short so often. It doesn't fall short. It's simply not. It's like trying to. Um, it's like trying to listen to a painting. You're just using the wrong thing for the wrong thing. Um, you know. Uh, it just. You, you know. You talk about sort of like you know scientific falsifiability. You're just using the wrong language to talk about it, and you are never going to make sense of it that way. I, I, I think you could. So 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 I I find that so technology is uh, isn't discernible from magic if you're if you're from a different uh, from a lower uh, from a less civilized culture so you know the, uh, when we first came over to, to North America you know they, they see guns and horses and they think we're uh, centaurs riding around shooting fire out of our hands I if, if there's a God if there's a if there's outside this is my personal belief this is why I think of myself as agnostic I think it's much more likely that an asteroid hit our planet with some life on it or that some sort of that aliens came and planted some seeds of life on this planet. Those things, to me, you in are my a opinion, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I, I think that those things are much more um, plausible to me than the idea of the the classical God, um, you know, God who made us in His own image. The you know the the gray-haired, um, sandal-wearing, all-knowing, all-seeing, omnis omniscient, omnipotent. I, I just find the idea of an omniscient, omnipotent being who needs having your money. Been have no uh, that that uh, an omniscient omnipotent being is behind this world and this existence because it's so flawed in so many ways mm -hmm. and uh, i just can't see him making some making such a broken toy but it's designed it, that way you know that you're smart enough to know that you know that's an easy that's oh, an easy i love that you're smart easy, enough to also, know that horse shit oh yes you can accept my compliment it. if you're smart then you'll agree with me oh fuck gosh you. you turned on me now we're on this subject oh the, come on this is so um, transparent you're way better than this milo no i'm hey, I'm milo you're better than this if you agree with me my implication was that he was being deliberately obtuse because he must of course know about the problem of evil and he must know about 
you know, uh, the imp imperfection in world nature, you know, the fact that it's here for people to see if, if the world if was good and evil without the, being as broken as the, it is. If yeah. the world were perfect, nobody could make good moral choices because there wouldn't be any difficult things to do. Yeah, but couldn't um, we like keep when I said, when I said you're smarter than that or whatever I was doing, I wasn't, um, I wasn't d engaging in some crass <laughs> sophistry. I was instead accusing you of being slightly disingenuous um, because I was uh, relatively sure that you did know that. I do. I, I do understand that. that, and that. And that makes a lot of sense, right? You can't enjoy the good stuff if, you, if there's no, no the bad stuff. You can't make good yeah, moral right? choices unless there's evil in the world. But I'm more talking. How do you enjoy a nice warm slice of apple pie if you don't know a bunch of kids didn't get raped the night before in Rwanda. Like oh, you need that. I mean, balance it out. You see, now Absolutely. we've now now you're <laughs> now, now I'm just we're doing like rape like, Congo lines in no, Germany. So now we're getting into these crass, crass atheist talking points. This is going to go nowhere. I'm certainly <laughs> not an atheist. I, I I think the idea of saying, I would never say, no, absolutely not. There is no God because I can't see him. I can't taste him. Uh, if you're into that, I can't touch him, any of those things. So he cannot exist. I'd never do that because there's a lot of things that I can't see, touch, taste, but they do exist. I've never seen a fucking electron. I, I don't know what an electron would look like because it's a subatomic fucking particle. But I know they exist. They're real. They're, they, they're a big part of what makes matter be matter. Um, so, so the idea that there's a God is no different, in my opinion, than the fact that there are electrons. It could be, and we just haven't figured it out yet. Maybe our if our technology advances for another thousand years, we'll be able to look at them. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's God right here, guys. This, this is it. This, this is what makes matter be matter. Yeah, this is God. Maybe we'll figure that out eventually. I don't think we'll right. ever know enough to be able to figure that out. Well, that's what they're trying to do with the Large Hadron Collider. You know, they're, they're trying to find that guard particle that makes matter matter. But in any case, I. There's a Star Trek Voyager episode about this. It's you real science. When, yeah. Yeah, you know when there's like the perfect molecule and seven and nine gets to see it for a second before it Yeah, starts. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I've seen every episode one? I've seen every episode twice. I had a big crush yeah, on I'm seven of nine. Those tits. Apparently she's really <laughs> kinky too. She had this politician like boyfriend or whatever. Jerry they Brian. were into like some swinger clubs and stuff. Yes, uh, I read this. Yeah, I read Jer this. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry Ryan. Ryan apparently she's a total fucking animal. Fuck yeah, she's so goddamn hot. Jerry Ryan, big time. Yes. And I would want her with the Borg shit still on. Like, I don't oh, want yeah, to see Jerry Ryan as Jerry Ryan. I even want seven. some down there, like just maybe like on the leg or something. Oh, I, am I imagined her pussy being framed with like jeweled metal or something like that. Yeah, like, I imagined. Yeah, exactly. You like, vajazzle. Shave so you don't get anything caught, but otherwise it would be perfect. That's what the Dollar Pro Shave Club's all about. <laughs> Sponsor time. That, that was great. You, yeah. should, you, have a, you have a career in this ahead of you. you, you that, was, that was very nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> a brief moment of silence. Mm. After. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward silences. Awkward silence. Kyle, what do you have an irrational hate for, hatred for? An irrational yeah. hatred for? Um, uh, yeah, I'm struggling yeah. with this too. Blacks. <laughs> oh, stop that. Um, uh, an irrational hatred. Um, uh, I guess yeah, I would have I, to say, um, if I see us, there's certain insects, bugs, that if I see, they're just getting a stomping. Like, uh, they don't have a place in my world. Uh, a scorpion, he's getting he, uh, scorpions and spiders and stuff like that. Um, 
an irrational hatred for this. See, that's see what I just said made no sense. That's not an irrational hatred. That's a very <laughs> rational hatred. It's ingrained in our genetics to fear and hate those things because our ancestors needed to know to stomp that thing out so it wouldn't kill like the kids. Like me and Muslims. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Well, that's not an irrational hatred either. No, no, because, no, that's what I'm saying. That's because, also rational. Yeah, it's a very rational hatred very to, rational. to hate the Muslims because they're the ones who, who want to destroy us. I saw us. this pompous TV show where they were interviewing these like surprisingly intelligent people like this bartender in Mensa and such. And um, <laughs> he said that if the IQ spread between you and the guy you're talking to is more than 30 points, you have a difficulty even communicating. You know, they just... Yes, yes. That's a, well, that's a very well established... It's, it's, a, it's a standard deviation. If somebody's more than a standard deviation in IQ away from you, um, you, you kind of talk past each other. So every so often I'll try to get help from like a Home Depot employee to help me choose a roofing nailer. And Are you calling yourself clever? Are you saying I, you're too clever to deal with him? I, I don't deal with it well. Why is it? Why is it so? <laughs> why is it so bad to admit that, that that you find yourself to be of at oh, least it's, some? It's, it's not. I, mean, it, I I consider it a statement of fact, but I just knew that I, it would make you squirm slightly. <laughs> no, it doesn't make you squirm because. You're a dick. because I, <laughs> I often I like have a hard you. time communicating with people. No, I think, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I maybe I'm the one. anybody because I'm that far up. <laughs> uh, I always just assumed I was a standard deviation below everyone, and that's what the issue was. No, there are certain uh, people that, that sure, I, I feel like every word that comes out of your mouth is just useless. Like you're just full of cliches and, and like, loaded up responses. Like you have no thought in your own head. You're just yeah, it takes what one to think. know one. Yeah, you're just trying to fill. You're just filling airtime like like some shitty radio DJ. Like I, I the guy that works for me, I, I keep like one of those talking. One of those shit I guess you're right. Six of one, half dozen of another. People just talk garbage. Let's leave in dogs lie. <laughs> no, go ahead, Kyle. Tell us about Josh again. I love All right, this. So, so 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 this Josh guy. Now let me preface this by saying, very good guy. Like at the core, is this the employee guy. Yes, it is. Look, yes, it is. It's a different um, he does manual labor for me, um, and. He's, a, he's genuinely a, a kind, nice guy, honest guy, um, all that stuff. But he's got to be at least one standard deviation below myself, um, which puts, I, I figure at least I got 100 IQ, right? I took an IQ test one time. I did fairly well, I, although it, I was get? a child. And apparently child IQ is... Facebook or a real one? A real one. I took a real one as a child. <laughs> but apparently child IQ and adult IQ is different. And the, and the test you take as a child is irrelevant. Yeah, it's because it, it changes after puberty. Yeah. The Weschler yeah. intelligence so, scale for children. But this guy, let, let's just say I'm a hundred, so we don't offend anyone. This guy's got to be seventy, right? Because I can't fucking. He's so dim. He's so dim that he doesn't have an original thought in his head, and it's nothing but cliches and preloaded responses. And his number one response to anything I say, whether it's interesting or not, is "Oh Lord," <laughs> like it's just <laughs> exasperation at whatever I say. That's. That, that, that's his, his response to it. And sometime it, sometimes what I say isn't even that interesting. Like, like maybe I said, yeah, there were 5,000 people that died yesterday. That'd be a good time for him to go, oh, Lord. But I'll say something like, yeah, I got some new sneakers, broke a shoelace. Oh, Lord. That's all he's got. He's just got no conversation. So like I one of those all... people where they're talking to buy themselves time to process what you're saying, but there's nothing really coming out. 
I, I have spent all day with this guy four days in a row now, three, I guess, three or four days in a row, and I haven't had an intelligent thought come out of this guy yet. He couldn't, he couldn't multiply 48 by 2.5 today when we needed to figure up how much I owed the gentleman for some, some stuff I bought. I, I bought 50 bales of hay, and they're $2.50 a piece, and we were too short, so it's 48 times 2.5, and I'm just like, it's $120, man. It's $120. Well, oh, Lord, let me figure this out. <laughs> Really? My abacus. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes um. Oh shit! These beads always confusing me. <laughs> I sometimes have trouble. Um, I in my job I come into contact with ridiculously smart people quite often. So when I talk about particularly the women in tech stuff, then sometimes I'll get like PhD students write to me, or I'll get uh, fam uh, very fam famous computer programmers or very famous, whatever, you know, they'll write to me privately and they'll say, I can't say anything in public, but I love you. Um, yes, yes, I know. Uh, and then we'll get into a conversation. I feel like the stupid one in these conversations. You know, I feel like, because they're, they're, they're analyzing and interpreting the world at a level of such kind of rapid, rapid and dense abstraction. You know, there are so many ideas in every sentence in that email that I kind of have to like just wait a minute let me unpack that and and then i just like by the time i've got like one paragraph into the email i'm kind of like Do you know what i'm actually not really equipped to communicate with you it's wonderful <laughs> speaking to someone who's more intelligent than you are i i went um but it's only it's only good if they're a bit more intelligent not if they're like standard deviation <laughs> intelligent because otherwise you just just it just too much work to try to meet in the middle. Every every time I, I find myself in that situation when I'm with someone who's just much, much more knowledgeable on me, if not on all topics, at least on one topic or another. I, I was hanging out with a chemist uh, uh, recently, and he just knew so much about chemistry. It was just fascinating to hear him talk about this stuff and to talk about, oh, yeah, you do this, and it's chlorate. You do this, and it's chloride, and now you're dead. You do this, and it's this, and you do that, and it's that, and you're dead again. And he's just like going through all this chemistry stuff, dealing with explosives and flammable stuff, and how to how to make you know gunpowder in the lab and all this stuff. And I was fascinated. I, I like I made a friend instantly. And one day I was like, me and you are going to be tight from now on. I want your number. Like like I, I love speaking to people who are. Let, let's just drop the more intelligent thing and say much more knowledgeable about uh, anything. I like hearing people talk who are experts in a field and, like, and trying to learn from them. I think I that's like a better doers. way to put it. I like doers. Yeah. I fucking love doers. Um, you can be smart, and that's pretty cool. Uh, I talk about smart. But um, like uh, the guys from HK, right? You know, um, help me with their names. So HK bad. Army, Mr. H, they, they call him. Okay. Big mustachioed motherfucker. Big mustachioed guy. If you were to meet him, you might think that he hadn't made much of himself, but he did. What, what is this? Um, so um, HK, so, they exist. Do you want to, why don't you explain it, Kyle? It'd probably do well. So uh, they're in the paintball industry, um, and they started out small with uh, building kind of a following. They kind, it was kind of, uh, and they, they got into merchandising, and uh, they film a lot of events, and now HK is a, is a paintball brand. It started out with stickers and okay. little, little, okay, hat, little uh, sweatbands and shit like that, and now it's a whole thing where they've got multiple products, and they're making tons of You can buy like, the guns and the shields, and they have their own products. Guns, shields, I, lots of clothing, hoppers they're getting into. Uh, like, it started with things that required very little engineering. And it's expanded into things that might be more complicated to make, like the feeding mechanism for paintballs and stuff. Okay. And, um, uh, and we don't have that brand here. Okay. Um, anyway, these guys are like doers. You know, they'll, they'll fly out to Vietnam and talk to clothing manufacturers. And, you know, they like, oh, this fabric needs to be durable in a way that you might not in, in, encounter every day. So, they, you know, who makes military clothing? And they just make it happen. And that kind of guy really, really blows me away. Like, that is neat to me. 
Yeah, I'm so always impressed hustle. by your little hustle. Uh, I'm always of... impressed because I, I live, um, I live and work in a world of talking mm. and thinking and writing, and I'm always impressed by people who are like actually building something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've talked about this before, but I really have a hard time putting a finger on how smart I am. There's a, there's some evidence that I'm above average, right? Like I, I have. Um, it's a douchebaggery. Forgive me for this. Uh, I have three degrees. I have two business undergrads and a master's in engineering. Um, multimillionaire, if that means anything. Um, I don't know. Dancing champion. Like there are some things that would indicate that I'm kind of cool. And then That's there's the natural third. Dancing champion <laughs> in that YouTube contest. It's, it's I prefer award-winning dancer. Yeah, yeah. award-winning dancer. Thank you. Because then it sounds exactly like you want a Tony or something. <laughs> award-winning dancer. And then there's other stuff. Like I, I will just not remember why I banned someone on my Minecraft server yesterday. And, and like my staff, they all remember. They all know. And I'll be like, hey, this guy, you know, like I'll, I'll list off an IGN. Like, what do I know him for? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, he's the guy you had this experience with. Uh, actors' names, I am dreadful. Dreadful. It's like Arguably a, the worst person I've ever met. It's, it's I, I'm not convinced that it's not a bit. I'm honestly not. I'm, I'm convinced that you pretend to not know people's names for a bit. I'm arguably retarded wrong. with regards to people's names. Um there, I mean, I, I could point to say like, hey, I'm probably a standard deviation above average and I could make a compelling case for the opposite. There's this, but there's a thing, isn't there? Um, lots of smart people like, you know, have those various different, you know, there's face blindness and there's name blindness and that's actually a thing. And lots of very smart people have the name blindness. Directions. So you'll often find, sorry? It directions. It, it, if, if you gave me driving directions that involve more than two or three turns, I'd probably stop one. paying attention. And, I think you know. I think it's yeah. a smart person thing because I, I mean I know um, I know a, um, an astro no not astro no theoretical physicist who's doing a PhD. I have to remind him who I am every time we meet, and he's known me for six years. He cannot find his way anywhere. He like struggles to wash himself, um, like or just to remember, like to bother to do it. Um, totally useless. Can't remember anything, but. He absolutely, is on the autism spectrum. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah that seems maybe that's just maybe you just have like a, a slightly less severe version of that. Yeah, it could be. I don't could know. Be. Which would be an I indicator. I just know tool. that next episode of this podcast, he's going to refer back to how good the episode with Marco Yellow Cloud was. <laughs> no one's going to know who, what the fuck we're talking about. They <laughs> like, have no idea. <laughs> Completely forget it. Yeah, your last name, for example, I. I would look at it, get maybe three letters in, and then freestyle the rest. <laughs> you know, just like, yeah, yeah Milo, I mean, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing the same thing for 30 years. You know? Okay. <laughs> He'll make you know, it sound find... like a French, uh, French baked good or something. Like, yeah, Napoli, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I am. Um, well, you know, when you're on the phone to the water company, like, can you spell your surname? Nope. <laughs> 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 I have to get a credit card out, you know, and read it out. <laughs> Not yeah. quite that bad, but almost. Just a lot of vowels. Just put it together. Yeah, no, that, that, that. And then if I'm drunk, I, I put like two P's where there's only one P and two L's where there's only one L and I miss a U. <laughs> I, I spell it wrong all the time. I'm logging into stuff online. I'm locking myself out of accounts. I'm not going to give you shit anymore, Woody. This guy can't spell his fucking name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not easy, but it is yours. Do you know it's <laughs> There were always stories in the um, there were all these stories in the British press, and I don't know if this was ever true, but you know, like British, the, the Brits love kind of like oh, Americans are stupid news stories, um, and there, there was this rash of um, Florida man. of stories in the British press about how you 
you got points on an American exam paper for writing your own name correctly. And I was sitting there thinking, ain't that easy? <laughs> <laughs> that's Especially the SAT, some of the African Americans. Those names. Oh, like Very and and some of the certain. I mean, some of the surnames are just. You know, you, I mean, how the fuck do you spell that? The on the SAT, it's an American standardized test. You probably know of it. Uh, yeah. If you get questions wrong, they they take away points. So to get you to, I guess, never having a negative score, they start you at two hundred. And then in theory, if you got every question wrong, you'd get a zero. So that's what happened. Like some idiot British journalist just made this shit up. It's what it sounds um, like to me. Because yeah. he didn't understand how the SATs work. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, you get two hundred right. points, like just for showing up." That happens um, a lot. You, but, do you remember the old the old story they always tell about how the um, NASA spent a couple million dollars building building the pen that would work in zero gravity? Meanwhile, mm -hmm. the Russians used a pencil. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not so sure. I guess I got some clarification that, on that from Reddit the other day, and apparently the reason that the that NASA didn't use a pencil was because the graphite shavings in zero gravity float around, get in the systems, which and it's a pure oxygen environment, and start fucking O2 fires in space. Wow. So, so we so and the guy who developed the pen spent a million of his own money, not federal money, to create this pen, and then the Russians switched to a similar pen very soon after. That so. is so interesting. I always knew that little stories like that are horseshit, but I never put in the three seconds of googling to figure <laughs> out. <how. laughs> My dad and I were discussing today how Google is just the entire wealth of human knowledge just compiled <sighs> right there. We were working on a car. And, uh, and he, he was like, you know, there's mechanics out there with 50 years of experience, and I've got it right here. I'm now their equal because, you know, they, they at some point figured out why the, the heat isn't working on this 2002 Nissan Altima. And they know it, and they wrote it down, and now I know it instantly. And, uh, and, and that is pretty cool. I, I, In the post-car talk era, it's a good, a good alternative. <laughs> I Dude, love I, that show. So I love like, things like Google, that accumulation of it. I, I started coding again for my Minecraft server. And uh, I'll take some code that I probably am not capable of writing myself and make it better. And it's like this thing becomes a collection of everybody's best moments, right? You know, like it, it, I have some flash of brilliance that I get to add to this code base and whoever sees it might think, oh, damn, I wouldn't have thought of that. And it's like, yeah, well, I wouldn't have thought of the other 99.5% of this thing. Mm -hmm. And like it, it, the windows operating system there is no one person capable of recreating that that is the, the accumulation of brilliance from the 80s and it just gets you know i don't know if it always gets better but it, it you know it 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 gets more it it linux I, all these things that are great pieces of software it doesn't exist in some other things right like you know if you paint something and then i'm like oh here i'll add my own little addition to it Oftentimes, those are not positives. But in software, they typically are. They typically become these creations of things that no one guy is smart enough to do on his own. And I think it's neat. It's, yeah. it's great, actually. And it's one, of the, it, it's one of the few remaining pure meritocracies, you know, sort of open source software, um, mm -hmm. where, you know, because it's kind of like a hacker What's mantra. a meritocracy for people who don't know it? Oh, uh, where, where you're judged strictly on ability, performance, achievement, and um, the goods, basically. Uh, so you strike out uh, identity. You know, Nobody cares what you look like, where you come from. Um, you're judged solely on the quality of your code, whether it works. You know, Does it compile, and does it do the job that it's supposed to do? And does it work with all the other code? Um, I wrote a story, actually, 
Jeff published it this morning about the open source software community. About we, we don't want to get back into social justice warriors and all that kind of stuff because we've moved on from that. But um, they're they're trying to like the one of their most unsuccessful incursions, aside from the gaming stuff, is when they tried to move in on open source software, which is this world where like nobody cares who you are. They don't care what you do outside. You could be a nice sweet granny, you know, from Wisconsin, or you could be like some racist, you know, you could be weave. Um, you know, uh, as long as your code works, they'll take it. You know, and you get judged solely on the product of your work, not your beliefs, not what you do outside, you do elsewhere, who you are, what you are, what you believe in, skin color, nothing. Um, and you have this kind of like totally pure environment where you get to contribute to the sum total of what has come before you, um, and you're judged solely on what you can bring. And I, it's just. It's it's very much the way that things ought to work. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I swear, whenever I say, well, that filter applies to some other things, if in particular white men succeed there, they say, no, there's some other bias that makes it happen. You know, if I say, you know what, I feel like the American Olympic sprinting team doesn't have enough white people on it. They say... <laughs> It's merit-based. Well, you never hear people complaining there aren't enough heterosexual men on fragrance counters, do you? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> there are plenty of things we don't complain about when it's not, you know. <laughs> Sports are a, such a wonderful example, right? Like, you know, there aren't enough white guys in, in uh, the NBA. No, the, that sounds that sounds like a Milo satire column. I should really write that. <laughs> There's except the exact would, except, correct amount of white guys in the except NBA. nobody would believe that I wanted fewer black people in anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but but you know when I when I apply that same thing to like CEO level positions, like why aren't there more women? Why aren't there more? I don't know, black guys or whatever. There aren't enough of. Uh, it's like ah, you know, I I feel like in a lot of times they're choosing their ceo not based on some sort of politics yeah. but based on what they think they'll do for the stock price and the way that they try and like inject people in almost against their will like put a bunch of white guys in the nba or pressure as, as if they do that <laughs> uh, put a bunch of black guys in the nhl they don't want to go put a woman ceo it's like it's like the soft bigotry of low expectations from yeah. progressives where it's like and oh you you know we we know we're all equal here, you know, but when we're being honest, you need a lot of extra help. Like, give me pat you on the head, a little condescending. We know you could never actually make it without our help. Uh, you're equal, though. You know, two thumbs up. Just always be concerned that you didn't make it here based on merit and that you're a pity case. Like, it's condescending. That. And Yeah, it is. And tokenism also hurts the minorities it's supposed to help um, the most because when those token hires inevitably fail... Uh, Marissa Mayer mm -hmm. at Yahoo being a possible example. That all seems to be imploding And then now. that's ammunition for actual sexists and racists. Exactly. Not only is it discouraging to women who see all of their role models like falling like dominoes, failing, you know? It's like, well, I want to be a female CEO, except wait, who are my female role models? The fraud at Theranos or the failure at Yahoo or whatever. Or the, and or many of these things happen because nobody dared to stand, you know, to, to say, hang on a minute, Elizabeth. These what machines Carly? don't do that, you know? Like, what about no Carly Fiorina? Like, she's got a great track record, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. Um, you know, but, but, you know, and many of these disasters, you know, happen because nobody is, no, nobody is brave enough to say, I think the woman got it wrong, <laughs> you know? And in many cases, that's why they have the job in the first place. Um, Hmm. I think in there, Meg Whitman seems to be an exception to this rule. She seems to be pretty fucking smart and pretty much there on merit. And does she still run eBay? I don't even know. I think she does. Wasn't no wait? Isn't just she on IBM? No, that's that's the other I one. Think Meg um, Whitman is eBay. Gina. This this is an Italian sounding name that runs IBM. Gina Rometty, something like that. Uh, that one I'm not sure of. Yeah, Margherita. <laughs> 
Hey, you'll be Yemma. I love the idea of her giving like the annual like AGM keynote. <laughs> it's like, okay, are we here to speak oh, about oh. the AGM now? <laughs> <Yeah. Meg Whitman's, laughs> she stopped running eBay in 2007. I didn't realize it happened so long ago. What's she doing now? She's running something. Um, I should know this. <laughs> Uh, she was named most underachieving CEO along with Apple's Tim Cook. Ah, well. Oh, there you go. There's another one. Uh, yeah. is she <laughs> Packard, right? Oh, did, she's on the HP board of directors, and she was named CEO in 2011. So, HP, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize HP's she was not doing too hot, are they? Yeah, you know, sometimes I f it, it's difficult to judge everyone in a vacuum. Like you, you brought up the, the who's the Yahoo Melissa something? Uh, Marissa, Marissa Mayer. Marissa Mayer. I'll know that for ten seconds. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a really tough job to turn around Yahoo. Like, how do you like? It's a it's a like a popularity contest. No, but I mean, she's particularly bad. I mean, her she was such an inappropriate choice. Her CV could only have come from a Yahoo search. I mean, um, you know, she, she it's like. Oh, so we got a token. We got a token female CEO in, and what does she do? She goes on like a a huge spending spree. <laughs> oh, so, oh, surprise! She made great um, investments. She bought. <laughs> is it Alibaba? Is that what the the Chinese Amazon is? Oh, that's a um, gargantuan company, right? Yeah. If you yeah, look at the yeah. net worth of Yahoo, the Yahoo portion Alibaba, of it is yeah. is kind of stable, and but the uh, the total has gone up huge because she quite cleverly invested in the um, the Chinese Amazon. Which I think yeah. is called Alibaba. I, yeah. That rings a bell to me. I'm no expert on it, certainly, but aren't they one of the biggest, if not the biggest, company in the world, or something? That uh, that uh, that Chinese company you're talking about? They're it's enormous, right? It's up. It's up there. And Yahoo's stake in that is know. what's keeping Yahoo afloat. The problem is that the core business is fucked. Um, so there comes a point at which Yahoo solely exists to be a shareholder of another company in which uh, in whose operations it has no say and really has nothing to do. So the actual the actual um, purposeful, meaningful operations of Yahoo like collapse, shrink, ossify, and fuck up to the point where Yahoo only exists to own some shares in something else. You know, and but it may—it's my understanding she stopped the downward spiral, leveled it out, and then the Alibaba investment turned out to be fantastic. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, you know, has she turned? It's actually, Alibaba. Is it? <laughs> um, and I don't know. I just don't see her as so horrible. But um, uh, was I going to say what? They, it seems like the expectation of Yahoo. Yahoo at the time, at one time, was bigger than Google. They were the predominant place where you'd go to find other websites, and they also had kind of a media arm of their own. Now I was an Ask Jeeves kind of guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. AJ.com. I was an Alta Vista guy, but uh, oh, that predates me. I, Alta Vista was the best for a long time. It's just that they're... Um, I don't think we were alive then. You were. <laughs> <laughs> like at the time, Ash Jeeves was reasonable or Yahoo was We didn't get no internet down here until uh, okay. 2004. The, uh, Alta didn't Vista, get electricity until 98. <laughs> the amazing part of Google is their like natural language recognition. You can be like, what's that song that goes da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? And it'll find it. And Alta Vista, on the other hand, was all kinds of like... You know, plus plus minus minus. You know, to to narrow and increase your search. But I'm getting off topic. I actually only use Wolfram Alpha. Wolfram Alpha. Oh my God! Can you can try to be more pompous? I bet you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. No, <laughs> you reached the, you reached the cap. Uh, uh, anyway, I think I'm taking us down a 
Not fun. Is that thing still going, that wolf from Alpha? I remember like three years ago I saw something on Reddit about it that made me believe that it was going to be the next big boom in information uh, spreading. Well, and it still exists and you can do sort of like, you can do calculations with it, like, but I only ever use it for like unit conversions, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, even Google does that, frankly. I literally thought its purpose was to cheat on your homework. Like, well, <laughs> like that's what it's for. Like you can type. Yeah, because it doesn't just give you the answers. It gives you the working. It, it gives you the so, working and it accepts yeah. things that, that you might find, I would find more difficult to input into other formats, right? Like if you have some ridiculous algebra equation with divisions and pies. Those and, big like backward S things. Yeah, deltas and shit. Yeah. Then like, I don't <laughs> even know. All that shit yeah, is. I don't even know how to put that in my calculator, especially now that I'm all rusty. But uh, Wolfgram Alpha is just designed to solve your homework problems for you. Right, okay, yeah. It's head. not, it's, I mean, the, the only thing I ever really need the internet for is like thesaurus.com, so. Would, would you mind saying <laughs> the word, would you mind saying the word calculator again? Calculator? Do I say it funny? You, How's it, when, is he saying calculator, you, it's fine. Mm -mm. Uh, no. what, is he, it, what is he saying? It, it, I'm it, saying calculator in a way that Kyle doesn't like cal. Oh, so calculator. I, oh, I love it. I love it. But the first time you said it, you said calculator. Calculator. Oh. That's what you always say. I don't think that's what I always say. If you're not prompted, <laughs> and that's you, what say, matters, you say calculator. Because you were watching yourself the second time you didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't hear it the first time. I'm sorry. I, calculator. I mean, I trip over a word now and then. I think I might have just done it there. I, I, cal I, don't, I say some things wrong. I say lots of things wrong, but I don't think calculator... Oh my god. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Oh my god. Oh, look at that I was smug just face. about to that's say I don't think calculator is one of them <laughs> and I said it wrong. Wow. Um uh you do the nu the nuclear thing, the George Bush that. mistake nuclear. on that word. I'm nuclear. nuclear. I think it's nuclear. It's nuclear. No, that's, that's not it either. It is. It, it, it for Americans it is. It's, it's in the right direction. Nuclear. It's nuclear. There you go. Yeah, sure. That it's works not too. It's nuclear. It's nuclear. It's three syllables. This that changes from from, from from our uh, from our dialect to yours, though. You say nuclear, but we could say nu nuclear. Will you stop that? I've I've. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, you are so sexually appealing, except for that. <laughs> Basically, racism. Can you do an American accent? <laughs> Wait, that's it's a hate crime because you're gay. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Under normal circumstances. Now, if I were doing a flamboyant accent, that would be that would be uh, a hate what would crime. A, okay, what would a flamboyant accent sound like? Uh, you're not. Uh, uh, oh, well, it would it would be really silly, and you know, a little bit of California guy mixed in there, and I'd be telling you how I like your hair, and this this tips are frosted, and that really you know that does it for me. I like it a lot. <laughs> if, I, if I were an American, I would probably talk like that. <laughs> Could you do an American accent? Yeah, no, I, I have to like, I don't know if I can do it on demand, but I do an, I do a world-class Valley Girl because I get the vocal fry just right, you know? Like, that's, that's the thing everyone gets wrong. British and, uh, and Australian actors are particularly good, it seems, at doing American accents. You see them make that transition so easily. Guys like Mel Gibson and... Uh, it's because uh, we grow up watching your shows, like, from age two, yeah, you know? Makes sense. A lot more it's influence like of it, us over there. Yeah, if you guys could just be a little more entertaining, I could, I could, I could... Get right. the, the nuances oh, of a Suffolk accent, but, stop but it. Oh, stop <laughs> it. I watched all, I watched a lot of Doctor Who, but I just can't get it. Uh, I don't think there's very much good British TV. There's like three incredible shows, and then just all the rest of it's all shit. Uh, you've got the like only Doctor shit that Who. I see like uh, previews for when I'm on Hulu is this ridiculous show 
What's it? It's it's like uh, a reality. And it's like the only way is Essex, and it's oh, a God. bunch Never of watch like horrors bumbling about wherever Essex Never is. Never watch it. It's like it's kind of like Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. It's kind <laughs> of like Jersey Shore, but but Jersey Shore is is like high quality programming compared to this. Uh, compared <laughs> is Essex to anyway, kind of known as a shit area? I find yeah. low class British people to be very entertaining, much more so than low class Americans. Well, you're in Georgia. That's an everyday thing. Like you. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to rednecks, but when I meet like, uh, like, like, when I see people who are basically pikies, um, I, I love that. I love to see low class British people in their in their own element. I would I would love to watch a reality show about that. I don't know why there aren't any. It, it doesn't see. It seems there like are some. I'm going to send you some recommendations. Americans I'm just recommendations. put that awful shit right up on the airwaves, things like Honey Boo Boo and... I will and take you to... Yeah, so I will... If you ever come to England, I will take you on safari to a place called Butlins. And Butlins is where the people that you like can go at the weekends. Oh, I thought uh, safari and, you would be going to get a little dick or something. I, <laughs> oh, no. no, no. <laughs> Africans. I get that at no, home. We got it. We got it. Oh, I did it. Oh, my God. It took me so oh long. And it wasn't yeah, until I'm he said sorry. Africans that I was like, all right. It, 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 there's black dick there. Go Put on. Put the pieces together. Yeah. Safari tonight. I love that he hates it. Don't stop. You look just like my portal I had on my last safari. Come no, on. No, now you're getting Wait. close to Australian. Yeah, it's just yeah, going to keep morphing, and I'm, I'm just trying to make it as annoying as possible. Just keep bouncing around from Cockney to a little... Well, Milo, can you do a good weird, southern like, accent? Thing. No, no. You'd have to talk me through it. Mm, it's really twangy, and uh, we don't pronounce the I-N-G part of words. Uh, uh, that'll get you most of the way there. There's so many different southern accents. Give me a sentence to, like... Give me a there sentence to... Dozens. Give me, give me like a, a little phrase or a little sentence to try to imitate. Man, there's a lot of Jews in this restaurant. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't open if you just leave your mouth closed a little bit. You ain't got to open it too much at all. It all comes from oh, back And there's there. no space between words. Every word starts as soon as the previous one's done. It's just very sexy. To do this accent right here, it's got to come from a place deep inside, a place of hate. Prejudice. <laughs> lovely. I want you to say mission accomplished, just like that. I love that Milo gets turned on by hate and prejudice. You are Republican. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Tur. Yeah, I loved when George W. would talk about Tur. That was my favorite. Tur. 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 We got war tur. on Tur. A war tur. on Tur. Guy was from Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Educated at Harvard in Boston, and then suddenly he's the most southern guy in politics. But he, but he, he's out there playing his banjo or something like I he's a good old boy. I'm a huge fan of W. I find You're it to be ridiculous. Very... <laughs> I find it... I'll, say, I'll say this about this anymore. I, find I, the... I met him, I had a private audience with him uh, uh -huh. last year. Um, I went to see him at his uh, presidential library. Um, As you do. Yeah, I did. We we chatted for like an hour and a half because I was there with a friend of mine who's an MP from England. Um, what kind of vibe did you get from him? I was just totally intoxicated by him. I literally came out with a semi. Like he's the sexiest man alive. Like, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't really like. He's He's quite small in real life, but like I can't really explain. Like he's just got this incredible magnetism. Like he's when he smiles, you just know the world's gonna be all right. Um, like <laughs> I you know, he just Clinton. I, I, people have described meeting Clinton, and, and, and the, he, he, it was G. Gordon Liddy, actually, the guy who was part of the whole Watergate scandal back in the day. He's one of the guys who broke in, uh, but he's also a radio 
talk show host, or at least he was back in the day, and he was talking about meeting Clinton and how intoxicating it was and how Clinton, when he shakes your hand, he doesn't just shake your hand, he takes your hand in both hands and pulls you in close and really gets in there and he's, he's just smiling. Yeah, pl- plenty, of, plenty of women can uh, attest to that. <laughs> well, with the women, he pulls them in close and he doesn't let them fucking go. <laughs> it turns them around. Come here, Paula. She <laughs> knows, bitch. Don't tell anybody about this. Where's my cigar? I couldn't help but find him quite Monica, cool. Hold the camera. Yeah, he was quite cool, wasn't he, Clinton? Clinton was I very. I think Clinton yes. and George W. both seem like guys that would be fun to hang out with now that they're not president oh, anymore. W. would be so fun to hang out with. Um, Dude, I mean, he was. Bales but... Coke. Stop it! Stop it! What? Dude, I hope you're talking to him. <laughs> never, <laughs> never proven. Yeah, oh, oh wait on. a minute! I, I thought he admitted he it. He admitted that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't, even care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't care either. I mean, Obama talks about doing blow. I don't care if a president does drugs at all. I mean, as long as he's not like shooting fucking heroin with his hand on the on the button, I don't care. As long like, as he's not like he doesn't turn into like a meth head in the overall. I mean, hey, if if the if the if you're gonna be the highest guy in the land and you're gonna be perhaps making some decisions about drug li- drug uh, legislation, then maybe it would kill you to have a few lines. Be yeah. good if you tried some drugs before. You know, Don't I've legislating heard, about uh, coke if you've never done any. I've heard about World War II, like like an actual Although, like, documentary. Although, the same argument doesn't hold for murder and rape. Being like, uh, oh, <laughs> you, you know, part of the reason that. that they won World War II over there with Churchill is because he was so blackout so often making decisions like, just fucking do it! And like it <laughs> caught people off guard. Like the Germans weren't expecting a drunk fat smoker oh what is that quote from churchill where the woman called him like a drunk bastard or something and he said oh, yes yeah, so, you know you may be, uh, i may be ugly but you are drunk and in the morning i'll be sober yep yeah yep, yeah. something like I that yeah. love that line i love yeah, that it's great. Uh, it's great. churchill um I, i'm a big fan of churchill uh, i find him to be a very interesting figure uh him and uh i find I, to, in my eyes i'm not I'm, a, I'm certainly not a historian but he seems to be cut from the same cloth as a guy like um uh, Teddy Roosevelt, just kind of a, a, a take no shit, real man's man, cigar chomping, bourbon drinking, Bear flawed counted. individual, who, but but someone who was incredibly charismatic and an amazing leader and accomplished so many great things. They they seem cut from a similar cloth. I, I admire both of those uh, guys. I always like that story about Calvin Coolidge because um, he was always said to be very laconic and um, it was very difficult to get him to talk to, talk to anyone about anything kind of just wanted to be left alone um, and, and never really said much. But when he said something, it really mattered. Um, and uh, I don't know if this story is, uh, this story is probably apocryphal, but it, it, it's in at least one biography of him. Um, uh, he, this is a, some event at the White House. Uh, and a woman walks up to him and says, um, says Mr. President, I, uh, um, you know, I have a bet with my friend. Uh, she says that, you know, I'll never get you to say like three words to me. And he just turned around to her and goes, you lose. You lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love that stuff. Um, I, I'm really interested in the presidents. Uh, uh, I, I like. Uh, I watched the History Channel ton, a ton growing up, and uh, I formed my own opinion about about several of the presidents. I feel like Lincoln was our worst president. He's the guy who let. Yeah, Wait, where's absolutely. That uh, let me let me go right through it. All right, think I, about I it this way. This. Lincoln allowed the fucking country to fall apart. He couldn't find a resolution to this major states' rights issue without killing half a million Americans in the process. That's a massive failure. That's a huge failure. Think about it. Like, like, like he got into a states' rights issue. Where He's he, the it, Saddam Hussein of the 1800s, right? Sure, it was a civil sure. war that he put down violently. 
How many of it? I mean, we, we talk about Saddam gassing 50,000 Kurds. Uh, it's a when it's all said and done, Lincoln. 550 something thousand Americans died in that war. You know, it, it, it was it was a horrible thing. Uh, I feel like Lincoln's way down there on the list of presidents. I, I'm a big Washington fan because there was a guy where they said, would you like to be king of America, Mr. Wa General Washington? And he said, no, absolutely fucking not. That's not what we came here for. And they said, well, how about you just serve a third and fourth and fifth term and we just see how it goes? And he's like, no, we said it was going to be fucking two terms. I'm out. Like, that's, that's, that's what we just fought and died and bled for. No, I won't be the king of America. And no one else has done that. Every politician since, at least in some regard, has wanted more power. And there you had a guy who, who was willing to, to give the power away. He didn't want the throne. I, he wanted the best for his people, the best for his country. I'll miss this. And mine. I, although I lo love FDR. FDR is hardcore. I was uh, a historian had met with Bill Clinton while he was still in office. And Clinton asked him, like, you know, how Reagan. am I doing? How am I st stacking up in terms of all the great presidents? And he's like, you're doing all right. You're top third. But you know, not top tier. And he's like, hmm, that's pretty good. It seems like if you really want to be top tier, you need to be a wartime president. And I'm quite happy being a peacetime president. Mm. And uh, it impacted my views on presidential rankings. You know, when you hear about the greatest ones, you're typically hearing about World War II presidents, Civil War presidents, or American Revolution presidents. I don't I mind a peace and prosperity reign. I think I've heard that Clinton quote before, and it's a pretty fucking cool quote. <laughs> you know, like I'm sure I slaughtered it, but that's the intent there. You know, I, I got it about right. And uh, um, like, so yeah, you know, when I think about Obama's term right now, he's of course very, very polarizing. But I think that people who view history in the way that I do, you know, in that he turned around the Great Recession, if you give him any credit for that, and brought us into an era that has been mostly peace and prosperity as much but as people like to You mean slowest recovery in history and kick-starting a race war by not standing up to race hustlers? I don't think he was <laughs> talking about that. I don't that's, think that's, he that's, actually kick-started a race war. That, that is Obama's real legacy, man. Like and, the first like, president comes in and he leaves America a race-torn country. It depends how you, you know, certainly if you, if you look at stock market prices, it wasn't the slowest recovery in history. You have to look at, um, at hiring. And even now that like, you know, our um, jobless rates are at historic lows, they want to ditch the measure that we've been using for like 150 years and be like, no, 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 let's not talk about unemployment rate. Let's use this other fucking metric that no one's ever used before, the, the labor participation rate. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I wonder if you could apply that shifting metric to everybody else. That's and, some Sean Hannity math right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. So, uh, um, you know, is Obama perfect? No. Uh, you know, could he have done better with the economy recovering? I'm not even sure. Um, I think Sean Hannity is a really great entertainer. I watch his show. I listen to his show. I find him a very interesting guy and really intelligent. And he and he makes strong arguments. But sometimes his his logic is just flawed. He, it's it. He's sometimes it's he's clearly. Sometimes I feel like he's just pandering to his audience. And sure, why not? It's it's made him a multi multi millionaire. Mm -hmm. The one thing I always like to to bring up though is when he. He said that waterboarding wasn't torture, and that he would undergo it to show to to prove mm -hmm. it. And I have been waterboarded under controlled situations. I, they didn't black bag me and drag me to Gitmo or anything. Uh, but it's torture. It's so unpleasant. It's it's horrifying. And uh, it, you get a you hyperventilate, but that doesn't work. You feel like you're drowning. It, it, it it's the it's a fear of death kind of thing. It, it's kind of a primal fear that comes up in you from being unable to get your breath and having water pour down your nose and mouth and everything and it's it's awful it's torture in my Hitchens opinion. did it didn't a they? little piece of me wants to I try waterboarding 
Um, I can hook you right up. I, 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 but uh, I, I want to have defined success too, right? Like obviously at some point I'm going to tap out. No one just yeah. endures hours of waterboarding and says, did I win yet? I but, lasted 22 seconds. 22 yeah, if you can make it like five minutes, I'd say success. Oh, that's longer than I thought. Like the other people that I've seen waterboarded don't make it a minute. They don't even make it 30 seconds. Some of them I know, make but it, I wouldn't say they succeeded. Some of them don't I, make it five or seven Hitchens seconds. I think Hitchens only lasted like half a minute, right? Christopher Hitchens, Hitchens lasted like no time at all. Like as soon as he got under there, they poured it on him and he like almost immediately was like season up like fuck this. I wanted to like, struggle against it. So what we did, we did this for a, for a video that we filmed. And, and this is filmed. So I, I should try to dig up the footage. We ended up not using the footage because it was so just quote unquote disturbing. Um, and, and instead we tortured me by having a live chicken placed on my lap and like pecking feet in my crotch. We thought that was a funnier torture that would play a little better online than actual fucking waterboarding. <laughs> But they get me in a chair, like a, it's, it's an office chair, but it's been fitted with, with like a rocker, uh, rocking chair bottom, kind of a custom made thing. We just made it our, our, our shop. But uh, anyway, I get in this thing, we t they zip tie my arms to the, the hand rest and they zip tie my feet together and, uh, and they tilt the chair all the way back till my head is de-elevated, I guess. You know, it's, it's at a negative mm -hmm. and uh, they... One guy pulls a, uh, a rag like a, over my face really tight that covers up like this much of my face. And the other guy just starts pouring a gallon of water just straight, you know, into my nose mouth area. And you can't and I'm just coughing and wheezing and trying to spit it up because in my head I was thinking maybe you can like blow it all out and then get a breath. But no, no, you do that. You might actually suck some water in and go unconscious the whole time. It's just a fight to get the water that is in your throat out so that you can get like half a breath. And it's it's excruciatingly awful. I, I lasted 22 seconds, and then I was just like, "All right, I'm I'm tapping out. This What's is this is good." Freaky about it is like it doesn't look like it would be horrible at all. Like when you watch someone and they're the laying getting waterboarded, the, the, the like, footage doesn't look that bad, does it? Yeah, it's like it's you've like, got a cloth oh, well, you on know, your face and someone poured some water. Like what the fuck? And there's no injury uh -huh. involved, right? Of course, it's psychological terror, but you know, after a. a good waterboard session you don't have any limps you don't need any stitches you don't have any broken bones <laughs> yeah yeah you know, it, it's very efficient that uh there was a guy i can't remember the the terrorist name whatever the fuck the the guy they caught out of iraq i just remember the pictures of him all bedraggled and bearded in his whitey tidies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um they waterboarded him for like tw uh, it was multiple days before he gave up all that information i'm thinking like what a hardcore motherfucker if he could put up with more than an hour of this shit, knowing that there must be 20 more hours to follow. Uh, yeah, there's no I, end. Like, that there's no is end. one of the worst parts of it. Like I, you know, yeah, keep fighting. We got plenty of water. We did that survival <laughs> trip knowing that on Friday we're going out for steak. You know, that's a much easier thing when you know there's an end coming. The outcome, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the same regard, you know, when I did the waterboarding thing, I knew that if I, you know, if I scream loud enough, they're going to let me go. If I, if I move my hand like this, they're going to let me go. Like, they know that to let me go. But, you know, if they've got you and they're really doing it, they're not going to let you go. Yeah, they go. just keep going until you break. So it's like, yeah. why not break now? You're I not going to outlast. That kind of torture to, like, the Saw three you know, shards under your fingernails and prying them out. You don't need to go to that level. That's it, not necessary. Uh, for most people, I would imagine, I've never tortured anybody and I've only been tortured, you know, I mean, I've been in a couple of relationships that were, <laughs> but, it, you know, if you un, if you unrolled that, that kit of tools like they do in the James Bond movies, you know, there's knives and pliers and hammers and shit and, 
you don't even have to unroll it. Just let me know you've got one of those bags and I'll spill my fucking guts. I, I just, I know that I wouldn't respond well to torture uh, under virtually any circumstance. I can't think of what it is that I would not tell you under torture. I don't have any secrets that, that, that dark or deep. Oh, or yeah. deep I would anything. sell out both of you so fucking fast. I'd be so fast. To like, I'd be immediately like, hey, you know what? I, I, I know two guys who know just as much, nay, more than me. I'll, yeah. I'll help you torture Tell you man. what, like, just let me let's out. go get them. Yeah, you know what? I'm on, I'm on your team, you know? <laughs> you want a gun? Let's go get Woody. Fuck Woody. <laughs> I'll spill my guts right then and there. I just can't put up with torture. Yeah, like, uh, to I've told negotiate. my cousin that before, and, and he agreed. I was like, man, if they got me, and, you know, they're cutting on me, wanting to know where you are, I'm, I'm giving you up. Uh, I'm giving you up right then and there. Uh, I'm not going to be able to hold up under torture, and I just know I couldn't. Uh, and and I, I watched Carlos Hath I read Carlos Hathcock's book. Uh, oh, it's um, a good book. Yeah, really good book. And, right. he, and he tells the story, Sniper, yeah. And he talks about um, they're on one side of the line or the fence or whatever, the, and, and out in the jungle they can hear this Vietnamese uh, woman uh, who's like a sergeant in the Viet, Viet Cong or some shit like that, torturing an American. And, and she, he gives great detail about the torture. Cuts the guy's eyelids out, um, either pulls his fingernails or shoves bamboo under them. Um, oh. You should, yeah. Uh, and, and as the coup de gras, you know, cuts his dick and balls off and then turns him loose to only to like run back toward the American lines where he goes in the barbed wire and just is screaming and, and there's nothing they could do. Later on, he, he's, he, he caught that woman pissing in the jungle and shot her in the fucking head, though. So there's a bright spot. Yeah, it's a good ending. Hathcock's well, a badass guy. He, uh, he had the record for the longest sniper book. kill uh, at one point. It, did he what like his name? I don't know this book. Carlos Hathcock, he was a, I believe he was a Marine Corps sniper in Vietnam. Did, okay. Oh. Maybe yeah, it's a That sounds book like a Marvel book. I'll read that. Yeah, badass guy. Killed a lot of people. Uh, very talented shot with, based on the equipment he was using and the shots he was making. Interesting guy. And good read. Good book. Milo, what is your biggest shit my parents were right moment? Ooh. Um... Oh, uh, yeah, so as I've got to 30, mm -hmm. and I've recently arrived at 30, I've realized that all of the things that my parents were telling me my whole life are true, and not just, you know, stuff about being responsible with money and how much weight I would put on if I didn't work out and eat properly, <laughs> but also things like, you know, sort of planning for the future, making good life choices, being self-sufficient, um, and the pride that comes from being completely independent and having like throughout a lot of my 20s um, I was happy for my like boyfriend to you know take the reins financially and it didn't bother me too much to have somebody else kind of you know picking up the check and it only really got to 30 when both of my parents advised that at some point I'm going to want, I would, I would want for my own self-respect and independence and uh, security to stand on my own two feet. And I, and want, and, and that I would want to kind of like, I would want to be the kind of person that I would admire, you know? And it only really kicked in for me at 30 when I sort of thought, you know what, actually, like, I want to look good. I want a career I can be proud of, like writing for people who don't um, have anybody else to speak for them, like a career that I'm actually like, I feel good about, like I feel like I'm doing good in the world. I, I, I shouldn't be relying on other people for anything whatsoever, like that's gone on far too long. 
it's kind of like a gay thing, I think, for a lot of gay men to like sort of slip into a dependent rock. Because it's interesting, gay relationships, they um, they very often um, operate along with sort of, you know, the sort of um, mythical 1950s perfect household, you know. Traditional got, gender roles. Exactly. Um, and lots of lots of gay relationships, ironically, fall into those very stereotypical relationships. And, and I did, just on the sort of like wifey kind of side of things. And I had my Perhaps journalism. Perhaps it's only natural. Yeah, maybe. And I had my kind of journalism career, but it wasn't like the household didn't depend on me, you know. Um, and in the last, it's been in the last two years where I realized that all the stuff my parents said about like going out and making your way in the world properly and doing it in a way where like if you lose everybody else, like your life doesn't fall apart because you have some security and some stability and you're proud of the person you are and you're looking after your body and looking after you. all of that kind of shit that my parents were telling me for 20 years only really hit me probably two years ago. Um, and I'm making very good progress on uh, <laughs> on uh, on getting getting all of that sorted. Very a very a lot of progress in a very short space of time. Um, but I would say it wasn't about one specific thing. It was more like a time in my life, and it was my 30th birthday, and I suddenly realized that they were right about all that shit. That's so wonderful, Taylor Woody. Have you ever had a woman pick up the check? Um, on like a date or like any time at all? Because I've been like out with girlfriends where suddenly they'll like surprise me and they'll buy it but i've never been out on a date and had them suddenly be like you know what on me like that's never happened mm -mm. wow no i've had never. it at work like you know my boss's boss will pay for me in like an employer employee capacity yeah that's different that's 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 not that's that, that then you got a difference in you know roles and everything but right. i'm talking about romantic situation uh, i've never I had a female don't want women to pay for things you know i, I don't i don't either i i I like to take that role. Um, like, like I would like. I, I don't think I. I wouldn't feel comfortable if she did pick up the check because it's like, hey, that's what I'm bringing to the table here. Like, like you look pretty, and I buy the food. <laughs> that's, that's how it works, right? If you take me buying the food away, then I, I got to go do my makeup or something. Like, like, like what you taking? You're taking away what I'm bringing to the table. I'm the prov Like, I, I do those silly dog voices for my girlfriend's dog, and one of the thing. You know, I'll be speaking for the dog about myself as if there's just no more conceited thing. Because I'm really just talking about myself from my own point of view. <laughs> but I refer to myself as the provider. Mm -hmm. so, so, so the dog's like, y'all, number one, he's the provider. He brings the food for us. Because I'm always coming home with like a sack full of food. And why I always is, make why sure is your dog Korean? Oh, she's not Korean, but... She's got no lips. She got uh, jaws. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> because because I figured I figured all dogs would naturally have a speech impediment because they don't have lips. They have jowls, so they can't form the the mm. form words as well. They can't enunciate as well. So they sound Asian. Uh, a, a a little bit, but it's 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 it's, it's more of a like a baby talk kind of thing. You sound like you're about to swallow your tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta keep because dogs have their tongue always flat in their mouth, so you don't use your tongue. Mm. Yeah, that's that's how I imagine the dog talks. So yeah, the dog You've calls. You've thought me. about this, like you have of put some course. thought into <laughs> how a dog would talk if a dog talked. My that's dad's dog. Dogs. My dad's dog has a totally different voice because he's like 14 years old, like a jack rat terrier, this big, and he's all shaky, you know, because he's like skin and bones. So any like a wind blows through the house, and he's like, hey, I'll trembly. He's always trembling and shaky. So I imagine that he's like, hey. It's so cold out here in the bar. You gotta keep me on the east side. Wrap me up. Come on, the bar. <sighs> Swaddle me up in that cold. You know, I, so I imagine that's how he sounds. Got it. Good yeah, to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got more. If you'd, if you'd like to hear the. No, I'd, I'd love. I'd love that. I'd love that. <laughs> do you do, do you do other animals? 
Like, do, um, do you have a cat voice? Like, well, how do cats talk? Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Phoebe! <laughs> cats would be very curt. Peace, and, and then they just leave. Like, cats are such cunts. If I had my way, there'd be no more cats. I want an outdoor cat. I want a cat that I just barely care for. You know, maybe a dog house with food in it that I resupply monthly. And it just, like, handles mice and like a, Like a farm cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically farm looks after cat. itself and knows where home is, so it's around most of the time. But it disappears for two days and no big deal. Fuck that. Yeah. I want a raccoon. I, I've been looking into this. They're illegal in my state, but I'm looking into getting a zoo license. I don't think it's that expensive. I want a fucking raccoon. They got people hands, goddammit. <laughs> I saw this thing one time, and they were talking about, well, it was one of those what-if shows, and it's like, what if people, you know, human beings got wiped off the face of the earth? What's the next species to step up, right? The next one to evolve into a planet-controlling species. It's the raccoon. Because they are smart, they've got teamwork, and they got people hands. You ever so seen none what? of the monkeys that are smarter no. with better people hands can be raccoons. <laughs> Think about I, it. If those monkeys were going to make it, they'd have made it by now. There's a reason. They're still fucking monkeys. You They're might be right because all of the animals that are traditionally said to be intelligent are actually really dumb. Dolphins, stupid. Like, you know, like the, the, the absolute, I, mean, I don't know what the big deal is about dolphins are supposedly so intelligent. They're just dumb. They're just floating around. Huh? I just can't do anything. Oh. They can't do anything. They never built anything. Like, when did the when did you last see like you know to go, like the, the, the dolphins? Why do these arguments for success, like if monkeys were going to be any good, they'd be good by now, not apply yeah. to raccoons? Because the, the the raccoon the raccoon's been held back mm. by other species. The raccoon the has been oppressed by. Oh my God, by... Kyle's a raccoon social justice warrior. Yes, you are. You are. <laughs> you believe, you believe that raccoons are an oppressed class who have been um, who have been held back by the evils of cis heteropatriarchal. I wish humanity. raccoons would just buckle up and succeed instead of they making excuses. Pull themselves excuses. By their bootstraps. <laughs> you, know, you know what you call what you call meritocracy and evolution is actually just the enforcement of a disgusting, you know, heteropatriarchal <laughs> privilege system. <laughs> You would regret getting a raccoon so quickly. That thing would wreak havoc in your home. They are so hyper intelligent. It's madness. I've seen videos of pet ones, and they they, they seem to be on another level. Like nothing like a dog. They seem like they got so what much can personality. You, what can you train them to do? Because there's only really a point getting one if you can make it do amazing tricks. So what can you? Train I them have to seen do? them do amazing. I've seen them operate locking mechanisms and stuff like that, and like break. Like into... they can do like multi combination padlocks and things. Yes, yes, they'll watch you. Memorize the combination and then repeat it. I yeah. have seen crows do such amazing things that I thought it was fake. That was next on my list. You want crows yeah. as well? I, I have seen crows. Some of the they'll be like, are, they'll, they'll put floating food in, an, in a U-shaped tube. So then they put like rocks in the other side so that the water floats the food to the top of the other U. They were solving puzzles that I was like... Okay, I, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like level twenty in Portal. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Did you see the little girl who had been feeding the crows for years? Yes. So this little girl's been feeding the crows in her backyard for say three years. She started at two, and now she's five. I'm these are at something like that. They had a picture of all the gifts that the crows bring her in return in like a tackle box, and it's full of little shiny pieces of glass and marbles and rocks and stones and like hair clips, inch tall toys. When I saw, I was You're not like, smart oh. enough to see what's valuable and what's just shiny trash. Shiny so. trash is valuable to them. So That's I'm going to start feeding they, the crows around here. They, I want some shiny they're shit. They're not giving her sticks and nuts. They're finding shiny trash and saying, oh, chicks dig shiny trash, which they do. And they're pretty much keeping the food flowing. 
Yeah, I, I find crows are apparently you can teach them to to talk like you can parrots. Um, they're supposedly one of the, if not the most intelligent bird, and I think they're one of the most intelligent animals out there. Um, but uh, the raccoon, quite beautiful I, as well. They're like they're, they're sort of attractive, but also a bit dark and sinister. You know, they're, you're they're my the favorite. black guys, Milo. You can't get past that. <laughs> Shit, that's what was happening in my head, isn't it? Right, like yeah, you're not picking out cockatoos, right? These white, flowing, beautiful birds. You're like, you know I'm what? I dig crows. Sister. I want a cockatoo. <laughs> And I feel a little bit bad about this, but my favorite thing to hunt, the favorite thing to go shoot is crows because they're such an elusive. Because they're smart. They're so smart. You use a collar, which sounds like crows fighting with a hawk or a crow that's wounded. It you do an impression of that? Yeah. Which one do you want? The crows fighting the hawk or the wounded crow? Well, crows both. fighting a hawk. Do, do the crows fighting the hawk first. The high pitch one is the hawk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and if you play, if you were to play a tape on YouTube right now of crows fighting a hawk, it's pretty close to that. Dude, but the the wounded God. crow is. <laughs> like he sounds this, this like, one I feel might not be quite as true to life. Watch this shit. I, I'm gonna play the video right now. Hang on. I'll, let me While you it. search for it, I, and I've told this before on the show, but when I have birds, like I'll have like a woodpecker sitting in a dead tree, or just like crows sitting on top of my roof line and I don't like it, I do the hawk thing just as loud as I can like and and I, my, my objective is to be a red-tailed hawk and it makes them run my I've been missing thinking. all of this my whole life <laughs> I try Internet's to make a habit not screaming it. at birds outside <laughs> like some sort of crazed vagabond <laughs> I, should I should have been getting up on my roof like flapping my arms and going ah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't very... even do it. Like, my throat doesn't even produce those sounds. But... <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> but uh, we would go hunt those things. I've been told that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get your panties off. You ever see Deliverance? Yes. Yeah. 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 We've been there. For me, that was a very uncomfortable movie. But for you, it must you must have been like, oh. Go on. Favorite scene like... coming up. It was sort of a mixture of like titillation and nostalgia. <laughs> like, go on then. Now write Mr. Voy. Yeah. Right. I love how much you detest your British accent. <laughs> I hate it so much. Why? What is going through your head? Why would, why would they write Ned Bitey? Oh, it just makes my flesh crawl. It just, it just, like, it's like teeth chattering kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I don't get I like it. it. Right. I, it's just British it is, dudes. It's very difficult to successfully troll me, and you are managing it. So Thank congratulations. You. Yeah. <laughs> I just try to make it as a very grating, annoying version of the accent. It's not exactly. Well, and you're succeeding in that. Like, I pride myself on being the most obnoxious the person on the noises. internet, and you are successfully like getting to me. So congratulations. I appreciate that very much. But yeah, crow hunting is very fun because it's a real challenge because they're so smart. Something that'll happen is um, the, fir the first crow who comes to respond to your caller is the alpha crow. He's in charge of the whole group. The murder is what they're referring to. The murder, yes. I, know, I knew that. And, and does he determine whether the others come and join you or not? Like he'll come yes. check it out and then he'll yes. signal to the others. Yeah. That's why you have to kill him immediately. Like when he comes, you're, you kill him, and if you miss him, this if you miss this guy, he'll turn around, go back, and he'll be like, "Cocksuckers, cocksuckers, there's humans, gun, or whatever crows say, and the the others won't come. 
they just won't come at all. But if, as long as you kill him, uh, the, the, the others will keep coming. You can murder the whole murder. Yeah. Excellent. Hmm. Good times. Good times. a little sad for him, though, especially the time that Dad tortured that crow to make it talk to bring the others in. That was a sad day, but yeah. I was like five, so I didn't care. He had like a cloth over its face, pouring water on it, you yeah. know, like just, 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 just shaking it, you know, just shaking it a little. You can talk. They put it in one of the, made a tiny little rocking chair for it. <laughs> but yeah, the crows are really intelligent, and but I think raccoons would take over. I, I saw a gift. Did you, maybe you guys saw it on Reddit where the rac, they give the raccoon uh, cotton candy, and he tastes it first. He goes. And he, you can tell, he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, cotton candy. And a thing that raccoons do is they wash their food in the water with their little hands. Um, oh, before no. they, as, So he puts the in the water, and he, and he does this, and it immediately disappears. And the look on the raccoon's face, <laughs> you, can, he's so, you, can, you can just sense the intelligence, because he's like, hmm, this is tasty. Let me do my, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> it just instantly just disappears in the water. It, it was this great. Is, this is what we call candy floss, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds The very fluffy cool. spun mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cotton candy. Yeah, I, I, I did know that. Yeah. And you think that animal is going to be the next human being that tried to yeah. wash a bunch of cotton candy in a street? I mean, yeah. look you think an, <laughs> you think an animal so stupid that it puts cotton candy in a river is gonna is gonna take over when we're gone? Yeah, we've got uh, pretty we're, big boots we were to fill. People humans. with leeches like a hundred years ago. I, that raccoon could step up. You give him enough time and take humans out of the equation. Yeah, if you give a guy in 1704 a bunch of cotton candy, he's not going to go and scrub it hurriedly <laughs> under the closest stream like some sort of invalid retard. He's not going to do that. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think anything would ever get up to us. Nothing's getting up to us. Uh, you suddenly woke up, didn't you? <laughs> you take us out of the equation, they might. I think we're holding Again, the back. Again, with the oppression. I don't know. Yeah, it's the oppression. I don't feel like I'm holding down raccoons at all. They, 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 what they get yeah, but that's, is what that's they the, That's the whole thing you see. That's the thing about um, white oppression. You don't realize you're doing it. Uh, that's, that's, doing that's, it. Where, that's, where, that's where microaggressions comes from, you see. We're, we're microaggressing against the raccoons. We're, uh, we have like an entrenched privilege that, we, that we're not even conscious of. Mm, that People argument is just as much horseshit when applied to raccoons as it is to everything else. People hunt Absolutely, sir. <laughs> and it and is the way just as bullshit today in this conversation as in every other application. People hunt raccoons. The other one I love the most is the um uh, is the internalized misogyny and the internalized homophobia. This is what the this is what the progressive left will say to you if you um like if you're a woman and you don't agree with the excesses of modern feminism, they'll say, ah, you have internalized misogyny, which means you know, the only explanation for you being thinking independently is that you must have internalized some of the misogyny that we're fighting against. So yeah, you basically so are Tom. Just, as, just as bad as the oppressor. Yep. And the same thing, like if you're, if you are, um, if you're a gay guy and for whatever reason you don't agree with the sort of progressive consensus about anything, it's like, ah, oh, yes, this, is, this of course, is, um, is, uh, is, is homophobia that you have internalized and you're now regurgitating and you are, you are part of the problem. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. They're such fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the new wave of Uncle Tom's, like, you know. Right. It's just a new, it's a new word for Uncle Tom, exactly, yeah. And just as patronizing and preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> What time is it over there? Like 5.42? It is exactly 5.42, yes. Should we call it a wrap? I think so. All I right. think that was an excellent show. I enjoyed I've enjoy it. I've really That's enjoyed it. interesting. Guest. Yeah. So much fun. I hope you've, I hope you've uh, had fun with me, with me here because I've had a... Certainly. I've yeah. Had a, 
uh, meeting you all. So thank you very much yes. for having me. I'd love to have you again someday. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It was it was very fun. I enjoyed everything from the gender politics to to hearing about the black dick. Uh, I, I I really had a fun time with you. And Glad I you came now on. know what a crow fighting uh, was it a kestrel? I don't a know. hawk. Yeah, hawk. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. I now know what a crow fighting a hawk sounds like, and what a dog would sound like if it talked, and what that other like nervous tick dog sounds like in its yep. own head. Um, yeah. And guns were good. And we talked a bit about coding. I had a wonderful time. I'm going to campaign Pornhub for a section on high T women. Oh yes. yeah, <laughs> they're called <And> transsexuals. <laughs> well, all you really got to do is switch section. on Fox News because every Fox News presenter is a high T woman. They shape, they've wow, all got so all fucking hot. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. perfect, perfect hair, beautiful makeup, MSNBC needs to get Rachel Maddow to show a little skin and maybe their ratings would go up. Or she could just get thrown off a roof. I mean, oh, you she's know. so fucking hot. She's like, wonderful. Like, she's, I, don't, I don't agree with uh, all of her viewpoints, but she's beautiful and she's intelligent. And I think she's and, not beautiful. And she, something, what? her mannerisms. Wait, just, no, she is not beautiful. She's what not beautiful. Are, she is objectively beautiful. She's. A beautiful I find her person. to be high. She really turns me on. Really, something oh, about that face. I know Woody's being the sincere. Short hair. I feel like you're trolling me. No, we I swear already to God. know. I find we already. I we already know that the, Woody likes trannies. So I, like I disagree on the hair face. thing. I think a longer hairstyle might flatter her more. No, I like short hair. No, I, I like the short no hair. Woman on looks, her. No woman looks better with shorter hair. I, it has I never happened in the history of the species. Even yeah. people like Halle Berry. When you look at Halle Berry with a full head of hair, she even looks better than than you think she does with the crop top. No woman in history has ever looked better with short hair. Yeah, I I, I agree with I like you. That, it's a pretty so broad better. statement, but I agree in general that the you know, women look better with longer hair. I think it would work on Rachel Maddow, but she's one of those one. I remember when Natalie Portman shaved her hair for V for Vengeance? Still hot. Everyone was like, "Oh my God, still beautiful, still beautiful." <laughs> right? She almost she as beautiful. Like a boy. Almost as beautiful as when she had hair. You can't get on board with that. What's your problem? Yeah, what what is it? if I know anything about you, <laughs> wrong, wrong age, direction, wrong race, wrong everything. I'm the boy. I like men. <laughs> <laughs> well, in any case, I think Rachel Maddow is really fucking hot. I like her jawline. I like her mannerisms, the way her face moves when she speaks, when she's making a point, I the just, way I just, her I, eyes, the whole I thing. I just whole sexually excited by somebody that evil and stupid. I really value someone who's smart. And I, I she's, I mean, she's heck, even if you don't like her. Thanks. She's passionate and she's incredibly well-spoken. You can't deny her that. Oh yeah, God! She's wrong. God, this was going so well. We were <laughs> having like a lovely, tender goodbye. We were, we were like <laughs> recapping all the stuff we'd enjoy talking about with one another. You know, like oh, come on again another time. And I was like, yeah, that would be lovely. Thanks, guys. This has been amazing. I made three new friends, and now you have to finish with this shit. There's a reason her ratings are the lowest out of anyone's. MS, MSNBC's in the tank, way behind Fox and CNN, and and. <laughs> I'm right, and you're all wrong. I bet Conan O'Brien gets better uh, ratings than her. Stephen Colbert gets better ratings than her. But Kelly's left pinky is more attractive than fucking. They need to get Megan Kelly in some shorter skirts. Megan Kelly is stunning. Very. She's got that lovely pinched nose, and like that sort of like it's a smirk and a scowl, and you don't know whether she's just gonna like laugh at you or eat you. Um, You know, she's like the ultimate predator. Um, I, I love her. I love her. I think she'd she's be like some kind of like recently. beautiful bird of prey, you know, or maybe like a gigantic 
like lizard with like a beautiful snout and lovely kind of like you know like one of those archaeopteryx things like the dinosaur bird hybrids where like kind of like they're sinister yeah. and dangerous because they're lizards but they've also got like beautiful plumage like feathered things like that's what she is five years ago she wasn't as good at her job as she is now five years ago She's... i felt like she was a bubblehead i felt like she just kind of agreed with things she was a fox news puppet or whatever now she, she seems to up. have independent she opinions she's almost the john stewart of fox news in that you know she can go toe to toe with her guests where typically yeah. i feel like you know the guest on a news show like that are such domain experts that it's hard for a newscaster to keep up with them she's fantastic mm, yeah. i don't she agree really, with her she really does nail it, it. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly handles his guests. You can't. You can't. Oh, it's First hilarious of all, watching him scream people down. Yeah, I was. I was about to say, if Bill O'Reilly can't outthink you and he can't outtalk you, he will outshout you. He will talk you <laughs> down, and you will shut the fuck up while he finishes your opinion. And I'll give you the last word. Well, you see, Bill, and we're all out of time. <laughs> <laughs> that you last donate your money thing. and fuck off. If you're inexperienced oh. at that, that would be. A, like, he's so, he's yeah. so great though. He's, he's like, all right, do something clever. Go. If you can't, then you suck. It's the unspoken part of it. I'll give you the last word. Right? As he sits there like disapprovingly judging what your last word is. And you know, while I suspect Milo would do really well on it, most people, like, they're, like, hey, here's the mic. Be smart. It's a tough one to... It's a tough yeah, thing. but that's your job your and the reason you're there. You should be prepared for something like that. Like Especially, you don't go into Bill O'Reilly like, oh, it's going to be real fair. I'm sure he'll let me get my two cents in. Like, no, you got to go in. He'd assertive. love me though, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a hard time with him. He'd love me. He'd be like, you're kind of a fag. It's all right to like. So <laughs> he like, might. You're a good fag. He might. I. Uh, you know, if if it was a topic in which you didn't agree, I I don't know which one it would be. Then uh, I still you just do well with the last word. You, you, He's Catholic as well, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, we'd agree on everything. Hmm. Uh, well, yeah. I think that's a show. Okay. Um, there we go. I upset you back, so now we're equal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that was PKA episode 264. Milo, do you have anything you're looking to pimp? Um, no. Uh, I have a big tour in the U.S., as, as I think uh, we mentioned. So if you want to um, head over to one of the universities I'm going to be at, you can go to yunopolis.net slash tour. And if you're struggling on how to spell Yunopolis, you could start by going to twitter.com slash Nero, N-E-R-O, like the Roman emperor, who was awesome, apart from the burning Christians thing. Otherwise, great. Um, and you can find it somehow from there. Uh, and yeah, come along. Most of the tour dates are open to the public. Uh, you can check with the little red buttons next to it. So if you have enjoyed my rambling, meandering, uh, provocative nonsense, then uh, come, come and see me in America. Thanks, guys. Very good.